it's your boy PSA Sitch here with another Sunday Sunday live stream with everyone's favorite Adam friend and forever and today today we're actually two minutes early oh my god it's an atheist miracle praise whoever or no one it doesn't matter anyways today we're joined by our friends Sargon of Akkad and Dark Matter 2525. How are you gentlemen doing today? Am I the only one who can hear the echo? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't hear an echo. Sorry. Yeah, I don't hear it. It's all you. It must be me the boomer in the background. Now, Sargon. Yeah, right. You're the boomer now. Sorry, I must have left it playing in the background. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh my god. Boomer moment. Anyways. Um, I'm sure everyone's familiar with Sargon. We've had you on the stream a million times, but in case, in case anyone's living under a rock and is not familiar with you, Dark Matter, why don't you give a brief introduction of who you are and what you're all about? Um, I have a, a, a decent-sized YouTube channel that I've been running for about 12 years now. A million years. Uh, yeah, and the internet years, that's a pretty long time to, to, to be around. And I post pretty consistently about once a month. Um, takes me so long because I all my videos are animations, uh, and they're pretty much usually critiques on religion and um, mostly Christianity because that's what I've have experience with. But I've also done um, Islam too. Pretty much all of the Abrahamic religions is what I focus on, and it's um, just you know and. Typical atheistic type arguments, and um, so occasionally I'll get into politics too, more so from a, a left-leaning perspective. Cool. Can I advertise your channel? Because I feel that I won't undersell it. Because I feel oh, you're sorry, underselling yourself there. Like, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Because seriously, John John's videos are amazing, right? Because most people will just lay out their argument but john effectively writes like atheist parables you know where you you tell a story and there's a there's a really interesting lesson and critique in the story and it's always a pleasure to watch i i, I haven't uh, i haven't watched the most recent ones but i i used to watch loads of them man i used to absolutely adore them oh i appreciate it thank you very much yeah, John so puts a lot of effort into his videos. Our hype man. That's what we learned today. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm, was teasing. I'm up stuff I like. <laughs> uh, I was teasing Sargon that uh, before we started that I look just like his icon now, so I could uh, I could sabotage him if I wanted to, but uh, but now but now I'm I now I don't think I'll do that since he complimented my videos. So. Ah, he was all it was all manipulation on Sargon's part. It was a ruse. He got into your mind. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, Adam, tell us what exactly are we going to be talking about today? Well, we, uh, John and I had done a discussion recently that was uh, pretty interesting, and Sargon had listened to it and responded to it on his channel, and he just wanted to maybe go a little bit deeper into that conversation. I think the the crux of the the argument that's kind of going around on our side is a question on whether or not religion uh, can be replaced by some sort of secular alternative. And a lot of us feel, a, lo a lot of us got into YouTube early on. We, you know, we were part of the, the anti-theist movement. You know, we realized religion was untrue and that bothered us and we started responding. Uh, religion is a bit, uh, uh, was a bit 
anti-LGBT. I think that bothered a lot of us. Uh, so we started um, critiquing religion. But now it seems that we've won, and we're kind of wondering <laughs> if this new woke stuff, which has a lot of uh, religious overtones to it, has kind of come in and replaced Christianity in not the most beneficial way. So I think we're really uh, interested, a lot of us that are making videos and talking about this stuff are interested in whether or not there can be some sort of secular alternative to religion. So does that sum it up uh, pretty well, Sargon? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there is, I think wokeness is the secular alternative to religion. Okay. Uh, I, th I think, um, at least philosophically, it's quite easily demonstrable, actually. So um, go ahead, John. Uh, I do have a, a little bit of a problem with the premise, though, in that we've essentially won, you know, like I, I, I recently looked at a Pew study that showed um, about a third of Americans don't believe that human beings evolved. So they're creationists, basically. That's that's a hundred million people. That's crazy. I, yeah, I don't think that we won by any stretch of the imagination. I think what we did was we created a bubble online that makes it look like we won. Well, I mean, another way of looking at that is that two-thirds of people do believe we evolved. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, true. That's, but you know, I, if, I, if, I were, if I were an evangelical, I'd be like, holy shit, we've been crushed, you know? Um, but I just, I think that that's such a huge number that it's, it's very, it's still very concerning because they can have a tremendous effect on on our politics, on what they 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 can far more easily spread their ideas than than say secular atheists can, or like what three percent, maybe three to five percent of the population. Um, although you know, there's probably a lot of more a lot more people who are just nuns who maybe they believe in a god, but they just they're just not religious. Yeah. Um, and another th thing that I want to kind of lock down before we go much farther is is to is to clearly define what we mean by woke because I see I see it used in so many different ways that I don't know if everyone's on board with the same thing you know what what they're mm -hmm. talking about. Uh, well, I, I would define it as someone who promotes intersectional social justice. So. What okay, so I think you have to define that term now. <laughs> uh, oh, um, sure, it's uh, the the politics of group power relations based on identity categories that I'm sure you are all familiar with, and pushing back on these identity categories is called racism, homophobia, sexism, etc. etc. This idea of um, intersectionality is, as far as I'm aware is that it's it's the idea that if you have like multiple like minority statuses for yeah. instance if you're black and you're a lesbian then you're going to have two different um ways in which you're discriminated against and that could have like a uh compounding factor where you're um you don't only have to worry about racism but you also have to worry about you know, um, anti-gay um, bigotry. So, so okay. So I, I think it's worth um, really hammering this out because th this is insufferably um, 
difficult because essentially the terms racism, etc. I'll just use racism as the stock one, but you know what I mean when I'm saying this, right? Yeah. Um, the the there it's essentially a Martin Bailey argument that's being used, and it's really annoying because they the like for example, I'm I'm doing a study on white fragility at the moment, the book by Robin D'Angelo, which is essentially a codification of all of these things. And racism has two definitions to her the first is what i'll just call um intrinsic racism which is racism that happens inside a person's head it's what they think uh, and mm -hmm. that informs how they act uh, the second kind of racism is the political economic and social structures that have been created by white people uh, so that would be constitutional republicanism common law uh, you know, any anything that you think uh, that can be described as invented for and by white, uh, by and for white people can be considered to be a form of racism. And that's the nefariousness of wokeism. That's why they hate the United States. And that's why mm. everything about the United States is just evil in their view. Um, I don't so, agree with this uh, because I think that this essentially is the Richard Spencer view of races. Uh, it the the premise that essentially underpins both robin d'angelo and richard spencer is and i i'm I, I don't really know how to say this in a polite way because it's essentially that the non-white people can't be like the white people you know that's mm. basically what she's getting at and what he's getting at and i really disagree with this as someone of like a mixed race heritage uh whose grandfather came here from st helena and who absolutely adored england when he came here and you know totally integrated i think they're just completely wrong um and so it... i i always define racism as procedural the intrinsic racism rather than the extrinsic objective systems of structural oppression things that happen outside of the person is it that they 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 that is she saying that they can't be like white people or that they're ex they're expected to be and they uh, don't want the, to the, be yeah that that's basically it. i i it basically boils down to can't because she believes that these cultures don't value the same things that we value and therefore mm. we're being racist when we expect them to value the things that we value well she's saying they can't like biologically or that She's kind of taking she a cultural relativism in, in biological race. Uh, right. She's saying like in, they shouldn't have to because their culture is, you know, there's no such thing as a better culture. Is what she's she never uses the word culture. She always uses mm. the word race. Uh, oh, I, really? I think that there's, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I personally find that really disgusting because I think that race is biological. I mean, that's how we get different skin color and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think that culture is um, tied directly and like, i don't think it's deterministic i think that uh you, no, of you raise not. a you know you raise a, a european in japan they're going to speak japanese think japanese act japanese right, right they're going to be japanese right um mm -hmm. so i i disagree with her view on race i do think it's biological but i mean I, that doesn't matter you know i don't i don't give a shit i'm not a biological determinist or anything like that um but that's how she views the world and that's essentially what wokeism is it's, it's looking at the world through the lens of racial power politics and assuming that the white people are on top because they're somehow better and their culture is innately oppressive because it requires certain kind of uh, behaviors and attitudes and standards that other cultures don't have you know and it's not that they can't i think but i don't know why i mean she's not very clear on why uh we can't just expect them to to act like 
Europeans, you know, and on, I, don't, I don't really, you know, she's not clear on it, but then this whole thing's a goddamn giant muddle that's ruining everything. Mm. Um, mm. I, I think, is that clear enough? Um, I guess. I, I'm not familiar with her her work. Um, I do, I just recently talked to two of my friends who read her book, who are both mm. pretty left-leaning, and they both did not like the book. Um, and so I'm, I'm in, I'm in just as somebody who is ignorant about it, I'm inclined to, to be biased against it just because I, I usually agree with these two friends quite a bit. And, um, so I probably wouldn't like it either, but, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine you view racism as something people do, right? Yeah. 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 I think that, uh, as far as culture goes, like if, if the the premise, if, you know, if the premise is that you know a, a culture that's predominantly white, is, you know, is built and um, that therefore it cannot um, benefit uh, people who aren't white, I, I think that's a flawed premise. I think that just the the race of someone who who builds something um, doesn't speak to whether or not it can or cannot work for somebody who isn't white. I think that we have to still take care that it isn't um just that it isn't biased in favor of white people but also that it can work for um people who aren't white yeah yeah but the but the there's a you know you believe that it can work for people who aren't white yeah. and and she yeah. she pretty much doesn't she doesn't really believe that they they can't they, they can work for non-white people uh, that's why it's called a white supremacy even though it can have a black president even though it can have you know various cities that are just like stuffed top to bottom with black people who are running the show that it's the structure of the system was designed by white people theoretically for white people and therefore that's what makes it white supremacy now i do think that um it's possible for somebody who isn't white to to like i, I think it's possible for a black person to be racist against other black people I, I think that's entirely possible yeah um yeah but you you see racism as a belief that can manifest as an action so it's intrinsic yeah, uh, yeah and i agree through, through that definition anyone could be a racist right and a lot of right. people are you know it doesn't but through the the idea of systemic structures of institutional oppression uh that means that i mean she literally says only white people are in a position to deny black people their human rights and I, i'm thinking of some of the videos i've seen going around you know whether there's like 20 black kids jumping on the head of this one white kid and i'm like oh good thing that you know they can't be racist to you buddy good thing they're not denying you your human rights institutionally or else you might be in trouble you know what i mean it's like it's, it's yeah, awful. I mean, it's it's uh, there's uh, it's like um, different kinds of racism that people are talking about. You know, people yeah. are talking about racism on a personal level versus on an yeah. institutional yeah. level, and they kind of get conflated sometimes. Yeah, I uh, I have a question because it sounds like we're all kind of in agreement on being against woke culture, not enthusiastic about woke culture especially the Robin D'Angelo stuff, which is promising. Mm. I hope a lot of people feel that way. My question really is, is just because we're not a part of that culture, we very much can see that culture affecting the world around us in the way that we might have once seen Christianity affecting the world around us. And my big question is, you know, uh, 
we uh, have tried, well, the anti-theists in particular, I consider myself a pro-theist, atheist, but the, the anti-theists in particular have tried to minimize the impact of religion. And my question is, is like the woke stuff coming in to replace that need people have for belonging to a community, for moralizing, for condemning outsiders, all that stuff that we didn't like in Christianity, is the woke stuff coming in and kind of replacing that urge that people have as an untested religion, it's some religion that hasn't been through this evolutionary cycle that Christianity has been through? I, I would say yes to this. And I think that the way I would uh, approach it is by looking at imperatives, moral imperatives, uh, because that's really, I think the, the real value of religion is, is in, you know, helping people who may not be the brightest tools in the box, uh, sharpest tools in the box, sorry, um, to figure out what they should do. Because I think it all comes down to, you know, what should you do? Um, and, the alternative, like religions are a useful tool in this regard, because it effectively puts the, the author of the imperative in an unassailable position. God said this, therefore you shut up and do it. You know, you don't need to think about this, but um, for a lot of people, I think that's useful and might be necessary. Um, whereas with the, the sort of woke social justice uh, view of um, just morality, uh, you can see that every single one of them is what we could call uh, a moral legislator, someone who gets to set a morality using uh, whatever whatever axioms for the culture that's being expressed. In this case, it's wokeism. But you can you can start from the woke position and look at what's happening, look at the sort of logical structure of it, and then advance an argument from that position which this is why you get such a tendency towards the sort of circular firing squad in the woke culture you know it's very easy because if someone deviates from what could be considered to be moral perfection then it's very easy for someone to say well i'm superior to you i'm a better person than you because i can see that you should have x when you instead y um and therefore that person loses their moral authority and other people can agree with it and you know the you know how the mob goes um so that's that's the the sort of different paradigms that you're operating with whereas before you'd get only priests who'd be the interpreters of the moral authority of god uh now anyone can be the moral authority of the new religion um yeah but i mean i think that um the notion of of god in the the bible carries with it a much much more um a much more authoritarian, uh, strict, like this is, this is, it's written, you know, you, it's, this is the dogma. Yeah. Uh, I think that with, with so-called, you know, wokeism or what, or whatever, that it's not, it's not as set in stone. It's not, it's not like, like this woman's book, uh, what is her name? Robin D'Angelo. Um, yeah. I don't see that as like an, a, a Bible. I, I see a lot of people disagreeing with it. I, I see. Um, I, I I just see much less of a chance for for advantage being taken, like um, of of just using using this as like a an avenue toward authoritarianism. I I don't think it's as prevalent as religion. I think what 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 it often seems to me is that 
um, the worst of the worst is is highlighted and made to seem like the norm, like made to seem like it's like people are extrapolating this to the rest of society and thinking that the world's going to hell. When I think that if you just went out and, and, and talked to regular people about this stuff, they would have most of them would probably have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, that that is it. It is true that most people wouldn't know what you're talking about because it's uh, it is quite a like fringe cult, you know. Um, yeah. But but I don't think it's any less authoritarian or totalitarian. Uh, I think in fact it um, allows almost anyone to be a totalitarian. Uh, it gives anyone access to the tools that are required to order people around and feel justified in doing it, which I think why the SJW spaces end up looking like they do, you know, they're, they're very intolerant. Um, and in, in and it really does look a lot like, as you say, you know, and I'm not trying to downplay the potential um, oppressive nature of religion in this. I, I actually think it's a, a secular version of the same impulse that's going on. Um, mm. And it's kind of democratized the tools of oppression. Hmm. Um, we're okay. But what I, I don't really see that, um, what, what are we assuming that all of these, these people that are replacing religion with this secular religion are actually even non-believers themselves? I mean, are they, are they actually, did they actually ever give up their, their belief in God or how, how are we determining that they're all atheists? Um, well, it's generally the correlation with the left at the moment. The, the left is generally quite irreligious because of the prevalence of communism on it, I would say. Uh, and because of the lack of moral authority that religion has had for the past, say, 20 or so years, I, I don't think very many left-wingers who are preaching this new gospel are actually believers in God. Although they, do, they don't, I, I wouldn't call them anti-theists. I think that they can accept that some people do believe in God, but this approaches morality from a kind of lateral direction. Uh, so it, it kind of compartmentalizes everything. It's like, well, yeah, okay, the Muslims can believe in God and they can do whatever they want, but they're just one part of a much wider tapestry of um of various different cultures and I, I guess the way they consider them is to kind of be racist to be honest that's why they think you can be racist to muslims because they think anything that can be defined as a as a discrete group that's separate from other groups is essentially racialized and uh, th this idea comes from a book called towards a political philosophy of race by falguni chef um, which was an absolute nightmare to read but effectively she views the world as kind of a chessboard of um competing interest groups and the position she takes is that of the board and it's like they're trying to set up the board so everything is equalized before the beginning of a game you know so they want everything to be the same or at least you know as balanced as possible um mm. and so it's it's a really peculiar perspective that they've got uh, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter whether God exists or not. What matters is what people do and everything is subjective to the group. So if a bunch of people believe in, you know, a, a cave ogre that lives in the mountains and that's the, their God, then that is just as valid as your scientific perspective on the universe, you know, because it's, it's what you believe it's, it's, it, and this is what lived experience is all about. You know, it's all subjectivity like that. Um, 
because and they'll say well humans can't be truly objective so uh, nothing's objective and there's no point even trying to be objective and things like this so it, it it's it's very very new and it's very different to what's come before i would say mm -hmm. and i i just i just see a big disparity between um our perspectives in in how much of a threat this is i i just don't see it as a, as a big threat. I mean, I see occasionally I see people who uh, I never, I never stumble upon these people on my own. They're always highlighted by somebody who's uh, making fun of it or, or arguing about it, but someone who thinks that, you know, objectivity is, doesn't exist or, you know, that's, that science is, that is, is, you know, they're anti-science and, you know, that all, all this stuff. And, and I I, I just think that that is destined to fail and is destined to just be a fad and not, not even, even a popular one at that. Like I just, science, science is, has such a, a predictive ability and has such a profound effect on our actual real world and in and, and our lives and, and what works and what doesn't work and, it's it's the the process itself. I mean, it speaks for itself. I, the the results speak for themselves, and and I don't I don't think that's something that is so easily, you know, dismissed. Well, I, I agree. I agree with you um, in principle, um, but the the way that the ideology is framed, it, it's it's kind of entwined with essentially a kind of revolutionary fervor, which I'm, we've seen plenty. And this, this comes from fundamentally like a Marxist-Leninist point of view. Um, I don't even know if the Marxist-Leninists really know whether they're, that they're being used as useful idiots, because fundamentally they, they don't agree with the, prem the, the, the basic, the bottom premise of wokeism, uh, which is that everything is subjective. You know, they don't agree. They, they are materialists. They are objectivists. You know, they believe that there is an objective reality. Um, mm -hmm. But they also agree in that everything should be made equal, like made equal. And that's what uh, the wokists also agree with. And the wokists can make very good arguments for inequality being everywhere because, I mean, obviously, we're all different. Of course, we're unequal. And, uh, right. and this is why I think it, it meshes so well with communism. But the actual Marxist, I mean, there are lots of communities of like, you know, raging Bolsheviks who despise wokeism. And I've, I've actually had quite good conversations with them because, you know, I'm a, I'm a property owning liberal, so they, they don't like me either. Uh, but mm -hmm. I'm not insidious in the way that wokeism is. Um, wokeism is, is very, very good at subversion. Uh, and I, I, I'm not sure I can fully explain why, to be honest, but I think it's something to do with the, uh, again, the sort of tangential attack that they're, they're, they're going for. It's difficult to defend against, right? Because the fact that they're using two different definitions for the word racism. Uh, I mean, in their definition of an extrinsic uh, systematic racism, there's no point calling an individual a racist, right? It doesn't mean anything. You're saying I am a system of structural oppression. That doesn't make sense. You know, it, but they know that you care about the word racism. They know you have a different definition of racism and you react to being called a racist. No one wants to be a racist. You know, literally no one wants to be a racist. So even even the racists didn't start out wanting to be racists, you know. Um, 
so it's a very effective angle of attack and it's a very complex ideology that's taken decades in academia to be cooked up and so i i i'm not surprised that the regular person just goes okay well i don't want to be a racist i'll go along with whatever you say you know and this this has conquered corporations it's conquered governments now i think the issue going back to what you said uh john about how pervasive this is i think the issue is i mean i agree you you know you walk around the street you interact with the average person you know they don't know any of this woke crap or you know, i don't know what you're talking about but it's it seems like it's like a top-down uh influence like you look at the new york times you know they fire tom cotton i mean they fire the editorial uh, op-ed guy who's been there for 30 years because you know he published an op-ed or oversaw the publishing of an op-ed of a senator of a sitting senator you know because it was you know it wasn't it, the op-ed that tom cotton had was you know damaging and not politically mm -hmm. correct enough and you just see these institutions that we're supposed to trust like new york times or other publications washington post or a lot of universities and it seems like it's impossible for anyone in these institutions that I think hold a lot of sway in public opinion to to criticize a lot of the woke uh, narrative and the woke ideology. Yeah, a lot of times in the same way Christianity used to be the same way. Yeah. Like there, there was a time when you couldn't some... criticize uh, Christianity in, in the same way that you can't criticize these uh, social justice institutions without fear of uh, backlash or or some sort of social ramification. It kind of seems like that's the same thing that's going on now with the woke culture. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And the, what what makes you think that won't happen again if Christianity had a revival that would get rid of all this wokeism? And wouldn't we just be returning to a different form of of um, political correctness? Where you where if you yes. say anything against the religion, then Perhaps, yes. perhaps it's yes. something that we yeah. <laughs> like. Just, just I, I part think of human I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, me and Adam argue about this. I am not a hundred percent not in favor of replacing wokeness with religion because, yeah, I agree. That would just go right back to the way things used to be. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, it would absolutely be the the sort of you know institutional political correctness of Christianity versus wokeism. Um, I don't think we necessarily want to go back to anything. We need to, or, you know, we can't go back to anything. So you progressive. Think, look at you. <laughs> oh, well, no, my God. Linear time. I don't know. It's <laughs> you know, really one of those is. things, you know. But uh, and, and the thing is, if we went back, we'd probably end up back where we were in five years' time anyway. Um, but the, the, the question, I guess, wouldn't be... Uh, well, well I, th I think it would be something more along the lines of what is more damaging and more dangerous because i agree that the christians are not good uh in in like the evangelical hardcore you know bible thumping your gays are going to hell christians and that, that's not good right that is an oppressive mm -hmm. form of theocracy um but it's not a revolutionary form of theocracy it's it's something that you can actually deal with in argument uh because they they accept a bunch of secular premises um and the wokists don't accept any of your wait, premises wait, who from personal agency arguments well they'll, they'll say yeah constitutional mon uh, democracies are good oh uh, okay seriously they you do know, they'll say that hey, you, they, of course they'll say that. you know they'll, they'll be constitutionalists they won't want to you know overthrow the republic or anything but the wokists will <laughs> Some I've encountered plenty of religious people that that would prefer a theocracy, like Christians that would want a theocracy. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, Catholic I'm not grapers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I don't think they're going to get one. Uh, whereas I think the wokeists are 
getting really quite powerful. And despite all of the trouble that they've caused, we don't see any significant pushback in public life. I mean, Barry Weiss was bu bullied out of the New York Times. And I mean, she's saying literally what, what she's saying just sounds like my channel in 2017. You know, like recently she was... She, she went on a podcast with, who was it? And said, uh, oh, well, this is like social murder. And it's like, I've been saying that <laughs> for years. You know, they, they're all singing from my hymn sheet now. So it, it, it is something I think is going to get to the very top of the biggest institutions in society. And I think it's already there. And I think the, the problem is because anyone can be like a moral legislator in it, uh, a tool like Twitter allows millions of these hyped up, you know dopamine addicted moral legislators to find someone that has made a moral infraction by the the most pure reading of the the, the correct politics from the woke perspective and jump on that person and then suddenly oh my god everyone's calling that person a racist and everyone agrees that that person's a racist for x y and z reasons even if that's not necessarily true you know or even whatever definition you're using and therefore they have to move they have to take action because they feel like something's going to happen you know it's it's like pressure chamber feeling um even though these people barely represent anything in society at all and you see every corporation bowing down to it now because they just don't know you know the, the people running these corporations are afraid they don't know what to do McDonald's is this? putting out like trans propaganda it's like dude sell me the fucking burger you know <laughs> i don't want to be lectured well what is what what is your take on why this would happen in a in a capitalistic society where people vote with their dollars and if you have major corporations who are trying to control um the, the you know what like if if they if they have an issue with their, what the employees are saying or what articles are being published and they think that it's going to uh cause a lot of backlash if they're, if they're worried about that uh, because i i'm i'm kind of cynical when it comes to corporations i i really don't believe that they have uh you know that they have uh, this moral foundation that you know where they're i i think that that, that the bottom line is what it's always been is, is, is about profits so when i, I, I when i, I see think, a, oh sorry go. i was just gonna say when i see a corporation making decisions I doubt that it's because of a moral reason. I think it's because of a of a profit motive. So um, when so they're from, when from they... the oh sorry no no go ahead sorry. <laughs> yeah I mean you you are right that a a capitalist businessman is concerned about those things um, but the thing is you've you've really got to think about the the individuals who are running the corporations right I mean if you listen to Tim Cook of Apple uh, a couple of years ago he did this speech and he honestly sounded like he was a bible thumping preacher he was i can't remember exactly what he said but he was going on about how we're going to fix the world we've got a moral duty a moral obligation and everyone around him applauding bravo bravo because i would love to go back to the idea that uh these corporations are just like you know what fuck it we're just here for the money fuck you because that at least means we've got a, a politically neutral society to operate in right uh, well really i don't i wouldn't think it's politically neutral though because um there, there are ways of influencing the politics that could benefit their bottom line, you know, like deregulation. Sure. You know. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there are. But I mean, in the sort of realm of social politics, then, should we say, um, in, because that's primarily what wokeness is attacking. 
Uh, they obviously have an economic dimension that runs along communist lines, but primarily most of what they do is social. You know, most of it's policing your behavior and your thoughts. Um, so I, it, it is. It would be nice, I think, if corporations would just talk about economics. That would be fine because it's a lot easier and it's it's a lot more difficult to tell someone that they're evil because they want deregulation or regulation. Right? These these are these rational positions. Um, but I think, I think the individ the individuals themselves who are running these corporations, and this isn't just at the top either. You can look at like the trust and safety teams and things like that. You have entire offices of people who are essentially and I get emails from people all the time going, Look, I, I can't say a fucking word about this. Like, but my own my mother works in a, a a mental health clinic in Cornwall in England, right? This is an area of the country that is literally ninety-eight percent white English. And they are sending her emails about Black Lives Matter, saying, oh, well, we support Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. And my mum is raging about this because she's full on all lives matter. You know, she's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having any of this race stuff. You know, I'm, I'm going to treat people as individuals, et cetera, et cetera. You know, just, just like we're saying, basically. And, uh, and so I think that it's Twitter that has really facilitated this because it gets the media personalities and the journalists are addicted to Twitter. They've got dopamine addiction to Twitter, the reinforcement of it, and the, the power that comes with being a moral legislator, right? This is why priests get corrupt really easily, isn't it? Right, it's because it's a, so much power because people believe you're telling them the right thing to do. And so when you've got gangs of these people working on Twitter, and then they publish things that are widely read by the public, you know, millions of people read it, you, you get an awful lot of influence over... The, the the what we'll just call the sort of great and good the elite in society it gives you a lot of influence over those people even if the majority of people hate what you're doing you know and then they get they get on this kind of moral crusade and they just don't stop what about when people when people actually are legitimately racist and, and sexist and uh, even you agree you know that hey that's pretty racist i mean what kind of consequences should they should they be facing? Well, I think that it should be up to the individual to decide. I mean, for example, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't watch like. I mean, I'm just, I keep using Richard Spencer as the sort of default. He's a, he's a stock racist, uh, mm -hmm. but I don't watch any content by him or follow him on social media or anything like that because I personally don't want to be watching loads of racist content. Uh, and I think that it should be down to the individual to decide. I don't think these people should be deplatformed because I don't think that makes anyone less racist. And which in, they, sorry, but which individual, though? You say it should you, be down you, to the individual. You, yeah, you, you, the person who's listening to this, you know, you, the so thinking person. If enough individuals, though, agree this is racist, we need to, you know, do what? Like, I mean, it, it doesn't that, isn't that kind of indistinguishable from the woke mob that people what that people would typically complain about and call it a woke mob i mean um no I, maybe I, what, maybe it's I'm just people who are fed up with this person and sure but at the end of the day what right do they have to remove their paypal account what right do they have to i mean where does that end as well you know it should a woke mob there, be I, able to cancel your bank account you know why should think, a racist be able to live in a house well, I think there's um, there's an argument to be made there, definitely. But what we have right now is this is this society where we have to balance rights. Which which rights do we do we uh, take take priority because they're in conflict? Well, it, like you have uh, 
free free speech versus you know like property rights who 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 really owns your youtube channel is it do you have legally youtube right do you really do you have a do you really have a right to it like if you if you invent something if you start up a company and and you have these servers online and and you know a bunch of people start making accounts i mean are you obligated to supply them and um with 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 your with your property essentially sure like like i said legally no technically no but i think there Mm -hmm. is a spirit of the thing here if you're gonna if you're gonna open your platform for anyone to sign up to well you're gonna have to expect quite a wide range of people Um, right and I, i i really think that uh, just self-association, you know, you, you, and, and I don't think racism is a popular position. I don't think people want to watch racism. You know, I don't like actual racism, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think they want to support that either. Um, but I also conversely don't think that we should be as a society, just ostracizing people for opinions we don't like, because at the end of the day, like this, it goes against the very the, the grain the, the the sort of core premise of the the sort of common law system that the that the English speaking world is built on that judges based on actions and not beliefs. I mean, in, in English common law, there's just nothing about what you think written into it, but it's everything about what you do. So it really right. doesn't matter if a racist stands there yelling the n word on a street corner. I mean, you isn't know, that an action though? No, that's free speech. That's speech. Uh, action that infringes someone's rights and you don't have a right to not hear something. You know, you can right. walk away, blah, 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 you know. Um, but if so, they scream, if, they, if they're screaming racist stuff at their place of work, you know, oh, sure. obviously they should you be can, yeah, fired. Sure. I mean, you... Um, that, yeah, that's the boss's choice. You know, if, if someone's just standing in the middle of the office screaming it, you know, N-word at people, obviously... Right. That's inappropriate behavior for the workplace. You can fire them. I mean, you could fire someone for just, you know, pouring water on the floor every day or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, it's a kind of behavior you're doing. But um, but I don't think we should be as a society collectively persecuting these people and then ostracizing them because I mean, look at where it's led us. You know, it's it's really screwing things Is up. It, well, I mean, people this, people with. It, I was, I was say, isn't this kind of the, the problem is that no one can agree on the criteria of what it what is racist anymore. So we it's mm. kind of like forcing us down this road of trying to create like a situation where you have to either be a free speech absolutist or people can just fire you and society can go after you. When before it was like, I don't think most people I don't think before the woke stuff, I don't think most people were free speech absolutists. Most people would look at like the Westboro Church, you know, they're protesting outside of soldiers funerals and telling the families that their children died because you know the military allows gays you know and and it's all like craziness but then once the lines start blurring further about like you know criticizing the black lives matter protests gets you fired from your job Hmm. because people say that that's racist it's like where do we how do we draw the line between what's what's racist and what's not without having a completely like 100% absolutist position on speech. Well, I think there's a, as far as the BLM thing goes, that's kind of like born of a misconception because you have BLM people who associate it with, you know, black people, the black lives matter, you know, meaning, meaning exactly what the words say they mean. And then you have the other group, which is in more of an organization 
with which you can disagree with their their agenda or, or whatever and not be against not be against black people but be against what the organization is saying and i think people get those two mixed up all the time mm-hmm. yeah you're 100 percent right yes yeah totally so the, the the point is if we didn't have a culture that persecuted people for their opinions um i mean I, i'm just thinking back to like the 90s man the early 2000s when we didn't have cancel culture i didn't see any racists you know that there were just no racists around. I went to school. I didn't meet any racists. I went to my job. I didn't meet any racists. I watched TV. I didn't meet any racists. You well, know, maybe it, that's just because they, I mean, because you're white and you, maybe if you were black, you would have seen more of them. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. But why, why wouldn't I see white people abusing black people? Like, why wouldn't I be able to see that? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it necessarily has to happen to me, but I mean, you know, I, yeah. I knew people who weren't white. I've been, you know, I'm friends with people who weren't white. I've got people in my family who aren't white. You know, my right. father isn't white. So it's, but I just never, you know, going around the, going the shops with my dad, no one was ever racist to him. You know, no one ever did anything. No one ever said anything. People just acted normally. And so going on this like giant racist witch hunt is like, I, I just think it's really counterproductive. I think it makes people afraid of something that isn't very prevalent. And when it is, when it, when, you know, when there's something is a problem, people are definitely less inclined to believe it. I mean, I'm always due, like Chris Reagan, man, when, uh, when um, Richard Spencer first sort of came on the scene, like in his, in his video in like 2016 or whatever it was, he's like, well, I mean, this guy kind of sounds bad, but I mean, I don't want to just assume, but Richard Spencer is obviously a massive racist. So it's just like, mm-hmm. You know, this was a great example of the boy who's cried wolf and has allowed people to, well, not allowed, but like facilitate an environment where people are dubious when you get called a racist. I mean, it's a term that has a huge amount of weight, or it should do, because it, it is bad. You know, it is a horrible thing. But I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think we should be persecuting anyone for their opinions, even if we really hate them. You know, it should be their I mean, I, it should be their behavior. I somewhat disagree with that because some opinions are awful enough that people deserve to be ostracized for them. Look at pedophilia, for instance. Like that is a taboo for a good reason, and we. Oh yeah, yeah. but you, I mean, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but what? I mean, would would you want a pedophile's bank account to be closed? It depends on what they're doing with it. But that's not about their opinion, then, right? That's about their behavior. If it facilitates the dissemination of their opinion, maybe. I mean, I, I don't want. I mean, there's a there's a fine line. I mean, when you're when you're promoting stuff that is um, genuinely harmful, or you know. Well, I mean, if like I, I mean, pedophilia, I think is probably a bit of a unique case, isn't it? Because it's pretty horrible. But um, I and I can understand a platform not allowing the promotion of pedophilia in the same way I can allow, I can understand a platform not allowing the promotion of pornography, right? Um, yeah, but I, I don't I don't know if I I mean as, as horrible as pedophilia is I don't think a bank account is it's not a platform like yeah. I don't think you can cut out even the most it's horrible people's ability to just exist in society. Yeah, yeah true, but I mean I I, th- I don't know if I would equate uh, equate a PayPal account to a to a bank account right I mean, right you know that's like, uh cool. castrate and kill all pedophiles i just want to get my position out there <laughs> so you guys know okay in the realm of the internet a paypal account is a lot like a bank account mm-hmm. i what i i think a, a big issue 
that that we're we're having now is we're existing in a transitional period from from an offline world to an online world and we're trying to understand how to convert these concepts that have existed in the offline world to the online world because you know in the offline world it was your right to go on a corner and 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 preach and say whatever you want and everyone agrees that you know you should have that right hmm. in the online world the spaces are controlled by you know corporations and stuff all of a sudden that right doesn't exactly translate on a, you know one to one you know there's 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 a lot more going on there's uh, there's people with other rights who interfere with that and um we're trying to work out what's reasonable in terms of you know like um how much what are you entitled to you know when you go online and you start up a, a social media account um when i like for instance when i started in 2008 um i expected nothing but resistance because that was the world that i grew up in for my views as an atheist i was wrong about all of this i expected nothing but resistance and uh wasn't sure if i was going to get kicked off or what uh and i was always just very grateful to youtube that they allowed me to stay and that they actually ended up giving me money i never expected to make a dime off of youtube so i i've always come from this place of being grateful for the platform and i never ever felt entitled to it like if youtube shut down my account tomorrow i would try to talk to them talk them out of it whatever but at the end of the day it's not like something i would take to court because i understand that's their right you know they can kick me out if they want sure but it seems to be um essentially <clears throat> monopolistic at this point doesn't it uh, the size of the platform i think does have practical effects on society that i mean like what was it robert epstein uh, a hillary clinton associate testified before congress that look they're swinging votes to the democrats millions of them you know that's political interference and that sort of power probably shouldn't just be left in the hands of people who have got a massive agenda and have no way of being held accountable. Like, can I, there are real concerns of this. Can I interject here for a second? Because I, I'm thinking, you know, if, if the woke crowd is controlling these platforms simply by allowing certain people to speak and deplatforming other people, they have tremendous power to affect the culture in the same way that the Catholic Church once had tre yeah. tremendous power over the culture. I don't know how it's any different. I think it's it's no mystery why some of the first people to speak out against the intersexual feminist woke stuff were atheists, because atheists, I think, saw the parallels there in mm. in the the power differential that's being created in our society isn't isn't that a bit of a a refutation then to um the dissipation of religion requiring a, a replacement like if the atheists are are the ones recognizing parallels then why would we assume that if religion goes away that it would be replaced by this this concept of wokeism like atheists were the first ones right as you say to to be critical of it well i do i think it's a a miscalculation on the atheist part because i think the atheists believe 
that we don't need religion because they don't need religion. Frankly, I think there's about uh, 15 to 20 percent of the population that just doesn't, they don't need religion in their lives. They're, they're loners. They're rebels. They're individuals. They're artists. They don't need religion. They perceive religion as some sort of authoritarian structure that they don't like. And they just assume mm -hmm. that everyone is like them and they don't need religion. But I think that that's a miscalculation. I think people do need something. I think they crave they crave moralizing. They like telling people they're wrong. They want to know what the rules are and they want to point out uh, people who don't follow those rules. I mean, as artists, I, we're strong enough to stand up against that. But I don't know that everyone is. I feel I feel like you're conflating need and want, though, because. Mm -hmm. I feel like we, we all need food and water and clothing and shelter. I don't feel like we all need religion. I think some of us get along better without it than with it and with it than without it. But I think that the fact that so many people can do fine without it is a pretty strong testament to the fact that that others can get there too. It's like, you know, I, I don't know that it is because there are some people who are just better at things. You know, I'm never going to be a superstar athlete, okay? If 20% mm -hmm. of the population who are excellent athletes uh, came to me and said, Adam, you know, you're just not trying hard enough. You know, you, you can be an athlete too. You should be an athlete. I, you know, I'm likely to give them the finger because it's just not my cup of tea. So I feel like we have that same sort of thing going on here uh, with the, the religious folk. And I just, I, I feel... I worry because we're talking about, you know, ethics packages. I like to think of it very scientifically. It's like it's an ethics package. And the woke religion has an ethics package, but it's very uh, short on details. Like I can give you, since I grew up in Christianity, I can tell you the Christian position on things like honesty and forgiveness. Uh, turning the other cheek is a great meme to have in an ethics package. And the woke warriors don't have turn the other cheek. They have uh, part of their ethics packages. Conservatives are dying out. There will one be a day. There will be a day uh, in the future when there are no more conservatives. All conservatives are racist. They're on the wrong side of history. This is this is their beliefs, and they are as untrue as a lot of the beliefs that you and I think are untrue in Christianity. But they don't have a a good effect on society. You you yourself said that the you didn't think the woke stuff uh, was that big a deal. Um, you, you're, you are, you talk a lot about politics and I know that you're not particularly fond of Trump. Don't you think that Trump's even being elected had something to do with a, a backlash to political correctness to the woke stuff? Um, the, the rhetoric, sure. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I differentiate between what actually exists and the rhetoric that exposes what actually exists. But like I think that um, Trump, the the Trump campaign was, and especially now, is based on a lot of fear mongering that is unsubstantiated. I don't, I don't. I so so yes, I do think that a lot of people are scared of it, but I I don't think that it's justified fear. I think it's fear born of rhetoric against wokeism, like. Uh, making it seem a lot worse than it really is and and i and i know we've talked about this before but where we do see religion uh you know 90 percent of the population 80 percent of the population christianity you, that you're talking about latin america there or or in, in islam you know in the middle east and uh, africa and asia we're talking about um societies 
that never um that were never secular and they're they they, they have problems that religion has never solved for them um where we're asked we we think that religion we think of religion as some kind of bulwark against all these problems but in the third world demonstrable reality shows us that it is not i mean we, we talk about like like venezuela is the common you know um, talking point as far as like socialism goes and that's a uh, you know like 80% of their country is is christian you know it's it was it was not a bulwark that that protected them um i think that's that's just a false idea that is not born by the facts it's not it's well, not reflected think, in reality I, I think it's important to note the the thing that christianity is protecting christianity is i mean it's it's deeply infused with secularism you know um it's it's meant to be a social moral guide a personal moral guide um and so politically you could get a lot of christian socialists and that's it probably fits very well with the kind of ethos jesus had to be honest um but then the problem i think we have is that the the actual the the social structures that were created by religion are breaking down and the reason these social structures survived and prof, um, proliferated is because they were good and healthy like the the nuclear family you know these are these are good things turning the other cheek is a good thing forgiving people is a good thing you know do you, produces... do you associate the nuclear family with religion though i mean well, I, I wouldn't do that without it it seems to be breaking apart you think that's yeah but is that, is that religion think... or is that money well yeah i don't think that's religion is the black community awash with money no, no, no. I'm set. Yeah, but that's a different issue altogether. Why? Because isn't the the, the argument with the with the lower income black community is that there's some sort of money welfare incentive to have children without a father, which I'm not sure that's true, but that's the argument. So yeah, I, it would I be think, money, right? I, I wouldn't say it's an incentive to have children, but what it is, it means that they don't have to take res you know, like financial responsibility for having children out of wedlock. Sure. You know, before before that, you would need social uh, social pressure in order to make men step up and be fathers and women step up and be mothers um, i think that, that the break breakup in particular of the family and in, in you know the black communities has a lot more to do with the the drug war the, the focus of the drug war on the black communities using that as a as a pretense to target their communities and historically that's i mean even been admitted to by uh, the administrations that have perpetuated it but i mean i think that well hang, hang on a second ha, ha, but that doesn't explain why 75 percent. i mean a 75 percent of black men incarcerated mm -hmm. oh, you know well, uh, for drugs I, I mean like oh it, no i mean it's just it's, it's not just problem. yeah it's not like a, a, a drug someone the, the drug war isn't, you know, when you get incarceration rates increased, it's not the the effect of the drug war is is going to increase the incarceration rates even of non-drug offenses because you're going to have assaults and murders that are drug-related that aren't going to be recorded as drug offenses, but they're still going to be motivated by the, the drugs. You know what I mean? 
Sure, but the, the reason I didn't get into all of this is because my dad would have kicked my ass, right? And he provides me a better example and a, of how to lead a better life and how to be a good man. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of kids who are born out of wedlock who never meet their dads. And it's not because of drugs. It's because of a lack of ethic in the community that would have normally been reinforced quite strongly by religion that is just being fallen by the wayside. Yeah, but is it well, in America, at least in the black community? I thought they were far more religious than white people are statistically. They statistically, are. Statistically, they probably are. But I mean, yeah, but so then how does the lack of religion have anything to do with the well, problems that they're facing? Well, th these, these kids aren't going to church, are they? I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> I doubt they are. I, I just pulled up, I found a Pew, a Pew Research poll that says in 2014, 73% of blacks believe in hell. And only 55% of whites believe in hell. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're observant Christians. Yeah, but it means that they have like the existential religious threat of hell over their heads. It, you know, if that's a, if the argument is that that religion's a motivator for positive behavior, I would think believing in hell would, you know, be a good factor. I, I get the feeling that they can just persuade themselves they're not going to hell and the other guy's going to hell, to be honest. Well, yeah, but anyone could do that about anything. Well, sure, but I think that that's, I don't, I don't, I don't think that uh, these, you know, in Chicago, when they're shooting each other in the streets, do you think any of them are thinking about hell? No, but I don't think if then, if they had more religion in their community, I don't think that would change, you know, gangs shooting I, each other in the streets. Like, I, I, as, somebody, as somebody who grew up in Chicago, I could tell you that they would believe that they could just ask for forgiveness from God. Well, there you go. <laughs> there we go. But, um, uh, but I mean, we're, we're not saying that they've had like, you know, strict religious upbringings or anything, are we? Because I mean, well, it, it it doesn't really matter whether they believe they're going to hell or not. What we're talking about is their habituated behavior, mm -hmm. and they're not habituated into, I guess, what we could just call civilized behavior. You know, like being a father, being a good person, going to work, getting a job, even getting educated. Right. I'm just my my contention is that if we look at the stats and it shows that the black community is more religious than the white community, and I don't think that you could say that religion somehow has an has a positive effect necessarily, or even a positive correlation with promoting you know pro-social behaviors that you're talking about i think it does right i think mm -hmm. that you when you have someone who you recognize to have moral authority uh berating you for not being uh for being a deadbeat dad uh, i think that matters i think that has an effect on the general even if like you know you've got one guy who's being berated other people are gonna look mm -hmm. around and think well shit i don't want everyone looking at me like i'm a piece of shit you know i may as well just go and you know <laughs> you know make 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 up with my baby mama and see if we can be a family or something right i mean well i think it's much much less a factor of being told not to be a deadbeat dad and societal factors that that caused people to to not be taking care of their kids because of other you know extenuating circumstances like they get caught up in 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 the uh, justice system you know in jail or they they uh, end up having to work uh, you know two two three jobs and they're not around for their kids or whatever I, and and I, I, I think that I if you just tell if you just tell people look you got to be a good dad and all that I I don't think that's enough I. No, you need moral authority to do it. You need to make them think, well, shit, if I don't do this, I'm going to suffer some severe penalties. You know, you have to. And it's it's not just that. The, the, I mean, it's not just fatherlessness, obviously. There's the other side of it, you know, with and, and I don't think we can say that black mothers are doing a great job either. Right. 
So it's, we can't just put all the blame on the fathers. And I mean, are the black mothers highly religious going to church every week? Are they, you know, I think well, there's been a general they... failure of ethics in that community. But but why are they different than the white community? What's going on? Like that does seem like evidence of some kind of systemic racism, unless you believe that they're biologically, uh, unless you think it's like you know, biological difference. You know, like if you're a race realist or whatever. If not, then you have to fall back on environmental differences. You have to fall back on, you know. Sure. I mean, one of the environmental differences is the fact that you've got a massive lobby in the U.S. that wants to blame the condition of the black community on racism that's not them taking responsibility for their actions so according to pew well, uh, the black community attends church more than the white community the, i let me step in here because i disagree i'm sure with it Sardon. does in the south i'm sure it does in the south L let me let oh, me so, step well, in here for a second because uh like there's an explanation for all of that uh mm -hmm. religion is a response to bad situations like the the worst situation you live in the more religiosity you're going yes, to have so the money true. comes that's first true. so if you're in a destitute situation you're going to be more religious religion is a way to cope with injustice and if you're surrounded by injustice you're going to become more religious this uh there's a book called Sacred and Secular where she completely maps this out in like 25 different countries. So my thing is just if it is a, res a response to those kinds of situations, it, aren't, you, aren't you doing a disservice to people by stripping them of something that they find useful who are in the most dire situations imaginable? I mean, it's no... it's. It's no mystery why people turn to religion as they get older and face uh, death and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, well, I agree 100%. Is it useful then for them to, to have religion, you know, to, to cope with rather than a way to solve their actual problems? Well, that, that's my question because I'm talking about some, some form of secular replacement for religion in the same way that... Uh, like Christmas has become a secular replacement for a holiday that was once religious about generosity. How do we infuse the good stuff of religion in a secular way? I'm not sure that we can. Oh, I, I no, no, you, you can, right? I think that I, I actually, I've been hammering the Aristotle drum for banging the Aristotle drum for a while, because it seems to me that in throwing out Christianity, you're kind of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Because one of the things about Christianity is it is individualistic. It expects you to take responsibility for your immortal soul. Obviously, I don't believe in an immortal soul, but the, the practical upside is that this has been heavily influenced by Aristotle. And Aristotle had a really great framework for per a person living a good and decent life and getting good results out of their life through their own habituation into good behavior. And that's something Christianity, I think, is good at doing. And I think that when you see the videos of what's coming out of some of these communities, you think, well, okay, they need anything, you know, anything at all. You know, I, I don't even care what it is, but they need to, they need to be thinking to themselves. I, I mean, I saw a video the other day, these, these guys just standing in this, you know, on the street, they're just watching and this guy just walks up, walks past and turns around, pulls out a gun and shoots two of them. And I'm like, how is this happening? You know, how there is, what ethical standards is that guy operating by? And I think the answer is just none. And so any ethical standard would be better. Having something inculcated into them would be better than just thinking it's okay to go and shoot someone because I don't like them. Like, come on.
it's, I mean, this is hell. This I'm looking at this, and this is absolute hell on earth. And there was another one where a guy and a woman holding a baby are just standing there. A car drives up, gets out, starts shooting. The woman holding the child dies. And I mean, there were a bunch of kids who were shot in Sakar, and I'm just thinking, fuck, man, bring on the theocracy. If it stops this, bring <laughs> oh on the God. fucking theocracy. So, no, so, seriously, so seriously you're... kids are dying, man. So you're if, ex- if that happened to my kid. I would go on a fucking crusade. You're on, you know enunciating I mean? the yeah. point. Like religion is an attempt to bring people in line. In secular society, yes. we have institutions that have taken over for religion to the point where we feel, you know, religion is this vesti- uh, vestigial tale that we no longer need. Uh, I wonder if that is actually the case. Well, the, the same things would happen on, in a theocracy, Sargon. I mean, no, I, people... don't, I don't. I don't agree, Matt. Sorry to interrupt, and, and there's a, very quickly. I think right. I think there's a difference between abstractly believing that there might be a hell and a god, right, and the day-to-day habit of doing things that are uh, requ- like recommended or demanded of by Christianity. Right. So, well, I mean, you have you have very religious people. Who, I mean, I, I I don't. The reason I don't bring up cases like this is because they're such outliers. And when you have people getting shot at random, I mean, that's an outlier too. But w- when I'm every day, it was a lot of people in the world, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think that that's a common thing that people have to worry about. You know, like walking down the street and I. I Oh, yeah. but, I think in some communities it, it literally is. I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe it, the statistics make it look worse than it is. But I mean, wasn't there like sixty shootings in Chicago the other week? In weekend? Yeah, well, that's but, but probably none of those were random. I mean, I'm, they're, they're, I'm, I'm guessing they're the most of them were motivated by, by you know, some kind of gang conflict grudge, that could yeah. be, yeah. that could be resolved by ending the drug war, but. I think that um hang on, hang on how how does the drug war mean that some guy just drives up and shoots a guy and he's or, or I don't even know what the Well they have they have um areas you know cordoned off this is your territory that's my territory and it's motivated by drug sales you know they want yeah, this like, area to sell their drugs and you're in, you're you're coming into their territory or 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 it's even just rival it's even revenge for all oh, you fucked my guy over i'm gonna fuck your guy over yeah, yeah. and that can be traced back to some kind of drug conflict like this stuff happened during alcohol prohibition yeah, too is, and that, is the is the onus not on the guy who wants to go and shoot someone to not shoot someone oh of course and what i'm what the the thing that i want to to elucidate is that while we focus so much on personal responsibility. I think we're forgetting about societal responsibility and figuring out how to preempt these problems so that people are motivated to behave the way we want them to and not do these things instead of creating a society that's conducive to, to, to um, causing people to want to do these things. Um, when you, when you have a society that, that makes certain things illegal and then uh, that probably shouldn't be illegal that are just, you know, victimless crimes, you know, like doing drugs. Sure. Yeah. And then you give, you give the criminals um, a monopoly, you know, uh, handed to them by, by, 
you know, the justice system. But anyway. Um, well, well, hang on. Can I, can I just address something you said there? Because I, I think this is important because I think that you can't really separate the societal level with the individual level, right? Because society is just the composite of individuals acting and the behavior of the individual gives the society the character that it has. And I, I really think that it can only change with personal ethics, uh, a change in personal ethics on the individual level. Like I really, we, I, I think we do things, of- at, we do things at a societal level though, through policy that's not that 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 affects you know everybody at once and well, i think the that government it would does, yeah but i mean i'm right. not talking about the government i'm talking about us as as the individuals in society what would be the best thing to do and i definitely think that the if if these people had some kind uh, you know some kind of moral framework because it seems to be totally absent at the moment then they wouldn't fall into gr- drugs and crime and gangs and shootings right and that's what well, they want to try and avoid people falling into and so you but, but hang on because what what they need to do is think about what they should be doing and if you're in a framework where you don't have any particular moral guidance about what you should do if some guy shoots your brother you'll think well fuck him i'm gonna go shoot him back you know because you should you know, but a, a, a different way of doing that would be you saying, well, I shouldn't go and murder someone because murder is wrong, you know, even if it would be it would feel satisfying as a, as a point of revenge, it would still be wrong to do that. And that's, uh, you know, there are legal avenues to get justice, not you know, justice is not revenge. And I think that that is how these cycles are broken. I don't see how we can just pretend we can legislate that away. Yeah, but don't material conditions come first for yeah, most people? I mean, I, I don't think the average American is a moral person. I think most people don't commit crimes because they're afraid they'll get caught, because they've kind of been socialized that there's other avenues for them to succeed in life. And I think that's the primary issue with the types of communities that you're talking about, is that it seems like success is so far out of reach through right standard avenues i think if, the three of us have... uh, i'm sorry just one second i think the three okay. of us are are talk are in favor of the material conditions driving the ship and sargon is advocating for ethical constraints some sort of ethical package uh dark matter yeah. and yep. sargon you're you're stepping on dark matter just a little bit sorry <laughs> like let him get let him no, get, no, a, get a thought out oh it's all right it's all right um um what i what i i see though is a um Oh, how was I going to put this? Um, if you if you have if you have like like as far as what Adam was saying about it, uh, d- driven by uh, your your material conditions, what I see is that people are are more prone to engage in, in risky behavior if they have nothing to lose. You know, if you have if you have a good life, if you have uh, a house and a car and belongings. And and and, and, a, and and you have a comfortable lifestyle, you're 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 going to be less likely to risk that lifestyle, engaging in in, in these petty behavior, you know, and and you're not going to have that incentive to to try to gain money, um, you know, by robbing people or, or or selling drugs or whatever. You're going to, you know, want to stay on the up and up. And the problem is that so many people have a hard time just making a basic living. You know, we're we're making it more and more difficult for people to just get by, you know, um, and I think that that's going to cause a lot of problems. I mean, and I don't think that an ethics like like appealing to their ethics is gonna is gonna fix that. 
I, I, I think there is no other fix, though. I don't. You can't just give someone prosperity, right? I mean, imagine if you went into no, these communities. No, you can make a society. Money. What, no, what you can make society there? more conducive to to producing more widespread prosperity. Like we, we people <laughs> talk about um, people talk about um, income uh, inequality, right? Um, what we're doing is we're we're driving much of the wealth to the few and away from the many you know so i okay so i i, I take objection to the characterization here because it seems to me that the the creation of wealth is something that the person has to do themselves through their own labor right um i don't think you can just i mean like one of one of the one of the strangest things about the national lottery in britain it started i think it was in the late 90s uh, we didn't have a lottery here um, but we started doing it, and then, then you'd get very, very poor people randomly winning millions of pounds, millions of dollars, and yeah. it would ruin their lives. Absolutely, <laughs> there are so many examples. No, no I'm not what, joking. I'm not joking. But, no, hang on. Look at, no, hang on. Let me let me explain because what it does is it it suddenly changes everything about their life. You know, suddenly all of their friends who don't have millions of pounds are looking at them with total envy. Suddenly their wives are like thinking, well, hang on, is this guy going to screw me? Blah, blah, And it ends up destroying everything about their life. And then they end up losing it. And so then they're left in a way worse position than if they'd just never won it in the first place. And so it's not like we can, I don't, I really don't think we can just give like, 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 say we want to, okay, if we, if we agree that material poverty is the problem that's causing the immorality of the black community, uh, which I don't agree with, but let's just assume this for the moment, um, we can't just solve it by giving them money because these people are probably going to end up blowing it on drugs, right? No, no, that, no, that's not, <laughs> oh my no, God. No, that's not, listen, the, that's listen, not the argument listen, though. Listen, that's not no, my no, argument. Hang on, hang on, let me finish, right? It's not because they're black, it's because they're poor. This is what poor people no, do. No, man, when they I come would blow it on drugs, and I'm white. Come on, I do the same thing. <laughs> no, so. I, under, I understand. No, no, listen, I understand what I, you no, mean. Because the same thing happens in Britain, which you know is mostly white, but with poor communities, mm -hmm. right? Because you've got to remember that poverty has its own problems, and it comes with things like a demonstrable knock on IQ, right? So, we, and there was a study done a few years ago that showed that people who grew up in poverty can lose up to 15 points of IQ. Well, that's important. You know, we we sit mm -hmm. here and sit. I'm sure we're all, you know, 130 IQers, but like, we don't know what it's like to be like 90 IQ because you grew up in poverty and we don't take into account impulse control and stuff like this. There's nothing to the race. It's to do with the social status and the social conditions they've grown up in. And then if you grow up in these social conditions that are fundamentally insecure, children are being shot in your community. You can't be sure about your life from day to day, let alone building wealth, let alone getting property, you know, the life is a massive gamble at that point. Mm -hmm. you, any amount of money that you sink into that is just going to get wasted. It's going to get blown away, you know, on on whatever you know, sports cars, Ferraris, amazing shoes, you know, women. It, but it's going to go right. These people are not going to be any healthier, or happier, or or more with it, more together. Well, the the, uh, the, the argument is not to give money though. That's not that was never the argument. The argument is to give them you know access to opportunities you know like like right now they're kind of cut off from from having these opportunities 
But how <laughs> is that done? Like, what does that well, look like? It's it's a, it's a it's not a process that that can just happen overnight. And and I think a lot of people have this misconception that there's just this switch you can flip that's automatically going to fix any, everything. When in, in actuality, it's a generational fix. Mm-hmm. It has to occur over. It's going to take a long period of time because you have to transform these places so that you know they do have access to good education access to a good education is going to you know open up more opportunities for them you know businesses are going to start you know opening up in their communities you're going to have you know people who know what they're doing now because they actually had a decent education um they're going to you know be more qualified for to get you know higher paying jobs uh and you, you're not basing you know the their 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 schools funding on their real estate taxes, which is all low income property. So that's like a vicious cycle that keeps their communities, uh, you know, with these terrible schools and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle that keeps these people in their, in these, in their, in these communities where they don't, where they don't have anything. And the, um, the prospects are, are grim because they're, I, and the cynical part of me is, believes that they're that they're designed that way on purpose because we kind of built a society where we rely on having a lower class to sustain upper classes we need those essential workers and if everybody was suddenly prosperous then it would it would be a lot more difficult to to fill that role so i think it's it's more of a feature not a bug of the system and i want to fundamentally alter the system to so that it's I, I, don't, I don't agree with that characterization, though, because the system you have is designed to protect your property rights. It's built on property rights. But mm-hmm. the thing is, let's say we go into these communities tomorrow and say, right, we're going to build you these amazing schools. We're going to give you all of the, uh, you know, we're not going to give you money, but we're going to build the institutions. Mm-hmm. Are they going to get used? You know, it, it, it requires a will, a desire on the part of the people who would be receiving them to engage with them, right? I mean, how how is that going to encourage black men to marry black women? You know, like why I how to describe it. So my, 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 my family grew up in tremendous poverty for, for the first like 10 years of my dad's off seven years of my dad's life. He lived in a caravan with like four other brothers, right? They're mm. utterly poor. But then, but now he lives in a four bedroom house that he owns and I, you know, have got a successful career and I'm the beneficiary of his hard work upwards, but it requires a certain kind of ethic. It requires a particular way of looking at the world, what your behaviors, your choices, you know, matter. And I don't think that you can blame the degeneration of the black community poorly, uh, purely on material conditions, because you can be poor but still not make bad choices, immoral choices. And, you know, that's what my father, his, his family, all, all my uncles and, and aunties have, have done the same thing. It's like come out of dire poverty, but work yeah. their way out of it because of good choices they made and hard work ethic. And I, I don't think that, we, you know, we're looking at the shootings in Chicago and thinking, right, okay, you know, these, these guys have got the hard work ethic. They're just poor. You know, I don't think that's the problem. I, I well, think the is they don't value human life. They don't value their own lives. They don't value property. They don't value rights. I right? think you're they, appealing they to outliers, though. I mean, most people who 
who start out poor end up poor. Most people who start out rich end up rich. Like there's very that's little upward true. mobility. That's, no? that's not true at all. Thomas Sowell shows this in uh, I think it's Wealth, Poverty and Politics that most people arrive in the upper 10% of society at some point in their lives. They start out poor and then end up in the upper 10%. And I mean, yes. if that, how, like how are society, like, I don't, why, is, why are there any poor people then? Because wealth is not something that you just sit on. It, I mean, for example, um, like multimillionaire families within three generations, 70% of them will lose all of their wealth, right? It's a, it's constant cycling and churning economically, right? And, you know, like three generations down the line, some spoiled rich brat loses all the money because he doesn't know how to do, deal with money because he's never been in a position where he had to worry about money. And suddenly he's fucked, you know, and so his children now have to work their way back out it's not some constant you know but at the end of the day i i really think it, i don't think what i'm talking about is an outlier i think what i'm talking about is a fundamental in how you live your life you know like you made good choices with what you did you did hard work and therefore that work has paid off and because you were entitled to keep the fruits of your labor you're protected by the government in various regards with the laws you, you don't you're not worried about someone just coming along and stealing it or taking it right unless you live in a high crime area obviously. um but and that's something that is missing from these communities. And without that, I don't think they can become prosperous. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna take the, the enlightened centrist position. I, you're both sort of right here. That um, I agree exactly what you're saying, Sargon. There needs to be this individual will to succeed. I, I think the issue or the salvation for that problem isn't isn't a religious one. I think it's you have to. And I don't know. I don't know how you do this, but I think it's that people in poor communities have to believe that success is possible for them. This is part of why I'm so against a lot of the woke ideology when it comes to the race stuff, because the woke ideology just sort of reinforces the idea that, you know, America's racist and you can't succeed if you're black. And it's sort of just killing the motivation for lots of people in lots of poor communities. But I don't, it, it's, it's both these things. People have to have access to, uh, material conditions that can help them, but also an internal belief that success is possible. I mean, I don't think people who are involved in, you know, gang warfare and shooting each other, which obviously this is, we're talking about a very small percent of, the, of these communities, but the, the kind of problem people that you're talking about, I don't think those people are lazy. I don't think it's lazy to have to shoot each other and, you know, sell drugs and all this stuff. I, I don't think that's like an easier life. And I, there's even been studies that show that people like the average drug dealer makes less money than they would like a minimum wage job. It's just sort of that there's an attitude and culture about, you know, what is a more honorable profession and what is a more likely avenue of success. The, there's two so it's ethics. it's not about of, the money. There's two ethics right. of, that we're contrasting. The, well, the, hang, on, hang on, Adam, sorry. Uh, but if it's not, if it's not about the money, then. No, it's it about, it's about success in, in, in climbing a hierarchy. Right. But, but what does success look like, right? Well, in America, generally, it looks like money. But to these communities, it and doesn't family. look like an office job. Well, I'm sorry, what did you say? To these communities, I don't think it looks like an office job. I don't think it looks like a nuclear family. It doesn't. No, you're no, you're yeah, it doesn't. That's I mean, that's a lot of the you know people talk about being you know car poor and things but like that, that. Sure. But that's a problem with their ethics. No, it's a right, well, it's not a problem. I won't say it's a problem with ethics. I'd say it's a problem with. 
with how you conceptualize the world and your place in it and where, you know, what is, what is valuable. It, it, it is a problem with How's the ethics. Ethical? Let me, let me I think one, the, the material conditions will, will follow. Like, like if the material conditions come, then people will see an avenue to success and believe in an avenue to success. If there, if there's investments in their community that, that, that give them opportunities to succeed. The, the, See, the investment talk. is a business saying, right, we're going to hire, and a bunch of gangsters come in with guns on the hip. You're not hiring a single one of them, are you? The, the, the... Well, it's, there's a multifaceted approach. You want to um, affect the conditions that, that create you know, criminal gangs and stuff like that. You sure, know, but and... the, the people who we're talking about have to be actively engaged with what the, you're doing. So what you're, you, what you're selling to them has to be appealing to them. And if you're mm -hmm. saying, hey, you can settle down, get a middle-class job and buy a house and get a retirement fund and then go, you know, retire on in Florida or something, they're going to look at you like you're a fucking idiot, right? They're going to be like, I don't care about it. I, I'm not sitting in an office. I'm not going to pay my taxes. You know, they, they don't value the same things because they have a different ethical framework to you. But isn't that ethic a response to the woke stuff? I mean, we're comparing two different ethics. You're right, uh, John, that the opportunity has to be there. But at the same time, you have two ethics. You have the woke ethic, which says, you know, if you're a minority, there's no way that you can get ahead. Society stacked against you like it's an uphill climb. That disincentivizes people to uh, seek success on in the Christian ethic you have success doesn't matter just work hard and serve the community which uh, isn't telling you you can be successful but it gives you the tools to be successful because hard work is the path to success can you can you describe the woke part again so the woke yeah. ethic is really about uh, you know, marginalized communities don't have a shot. We live in a white supremacist right. society. And, and the smart person will say, if I can't get ahead, if the system is stacked against me, what is the point of trying? You even yourself said these are high risk environments. That's why they're high risk environments. If right. society stacked against you, you know, live fast, die young is going to be my motto. Okay. Now the problem I'm seeing here is bl blaming people like if that if that actually is a problem if there isn't if these communities don't don't have the opportunities they need i think that you're blaming that you're you're, you're shooting the messenger saying look this is a problem they're you're you're these people aren't having the opportunities they should have and then what you're doing is you're shooting the messenger and saying, hey, you're disincentivizing them when all the messenger is really doing is pointing out this, that this problem exists and we should solve this problem. Right. So the question but really isn't is, are the, the opportunities? The problem? Go ahead. Isn't that so. the problem? Because you have to balance it. You have to be able to point out that, yes, there could be uh, racial or systemic problems that have existed for decades that still exist today. But at the same time, if you focus on them, focus on them too much, you're basically saying that you can't really succeed unless the entire system is dismantled in a way which doesn't seem possible or likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, dismantling everything and starting from scratch, I mean, I don't agree with that, but I do agree with recognizing problems in the system and addressing them and um, Discouraging, sure. discouraging people from pointing out problems in the system by saying that, well, that's just going to just think pe that people can't succeed. I think that that misses the mark. 
No, no. I mean, I, I agree. I, I agree with it. I think the problem that I've seen when I look through a lot of, uh, you know, race theory literature from the seventies onward is it seems like a lot of the uh, activists and a lot of their ideology stems from this idea that, you know, well, we tried a quality of opportunity because there was like a 10 year period after civil rights movement, you know, where there was a supposedly a quality of opportunity and that didn't work because there's still, you know, a huge wealth and income gap between white and black America. Therefore we have to just give up on quality of opportunity and now start focusing on a quality of outcome. And we have to redefine and kind of twist all our terms around to sort of promote this idea that if you're not for a quality of outcome, you're a racist and you, and we just have to like promote this idea. And I think that's where the issue is. Cause yeah, we do need to acknowledge that there are, there is racism in the country and there are systems that have, you know, held back uh, black people in America. But if that's all you focus on, that's detrimental to people, you know, motivation and trying to move up in society. Yeah. I, th I mean, I think there needs to, to, to come with it. Um, not just, you know, um, complaining about you know what's wrong but also solutions you know how to fix it i mean um well and now you continue oh that's okay that's I, was, I mean <laughs> sorry okay, so the, the question is how do we turn chicago gangsters into businessmen right well just you know a lot members of, of society a lot of people you know not a lot of i mean so Okay, I always go back to the drug war as being the main factor because that drives the the criminal activity, that drives the gang mm -hmm. relations. Uh, a lot of you know, a lot of people criticize me because they think that um, oh, making everybody high, you know, that's going to fix the problem. Well, no, there there there's a multifaceted approach where you know, with decriminalization of drugs, you know, you're also going to have um a lot of money that that comes not only from uh from drugs and, and taxation and all that but saved from you know the the uh the prison system where you know you no longer have to have all these prisoners and you reallocate and 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 take a, a new focus on rehabilitation like they did this in in portugal where they you know decriminalized all drugs i think it was the first country to decriminalize all drugs they actually saw a decrease in in like heroin usage and, and because they they focused on on rehab see like the way we do it now it actually exacerbates the problem because you send people to prison which is essentially a, a criminal college where they where they they come into contact with all these other criminals and then what they do is they network and learn from each other and then they get sent back out in the street with even fewer prospects now they're stigmatized as felons or or uh, ex-cons and um so now basically their 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 best options are to get back into you know the crime world um what we're doing just makes it worse so i want to fix that i want to you know focus on actually fixing the problem um decriminalize focus on actually getting people off of drugs by treating tra treating them medically i want to treat drug users medically rather than criminally and i think then you would actually start to see real world effects you would start mm -hmm. to see crime going down you would see less gang activity 
which means you would see less assault, less murder, even less rape, because like I said, people will have something to lose in life and they're going to engage and they're not going to be engaging in this risky behavior that they know that is going to cost them. Um, all of these things are related. So What's up, guys? I, you all fall asleep? No, no, no. I was I'm trying to get in about, like crazy a minute I'm, ago. Now everyone's I'm, gone. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way of uh, approaching this. I want to. Um, I want to say something about the drug, the drug war, because Sitch and I have talked about it. Yeah. A, a bunch. The I worry that like the the drug war seems like this elixir solution for the left but it seems like they're turning to those opportunities because they're high risk high reward opportunities and if those if you legalize drugs those opportunities are just going to go to corporate america and the gangs are going to go to the next high risk high reward uh, whether it be pornography or prostitution or any of those kinds of things, it's not. Well, really... I mean, I don't. I don't think they can make that's... money through porn, but yeah, that's legal though. I mean, yeah. well, sex trafficking, well, whatever uh... it is, you know. Yeah, maybe prostitution, but I don't. Could prostitution and sex trafficking fill the financial gap of drug sales? I'm not. I don't think it. Well, I mean, if these you're making, are making my argument on average in a minimum wage job, minimum wage job, you're, it's you're not making really my argument money, here. is it? I'm just saying that the they're going to that because that is the opportunity available to you. So maybe there is some opportunity deficit here that we can't just paper over. No, but but the the idea is like okay, so if if you made if you decriminalized you know all drugs, right? You're removing yeah, as you said, you're removing the opportunity to make money through drugs. Like, would that incentivize people to get normal jobs to work because for they Burger can't, King? No, I don't think to work so. for Burger King. Well, well, I, well they couldn't well, history... get money through the gang. History already or has already answered all this with alcohol prohibition. Like people back then would would say that it's unheard of that I could just go to the grocery store and get a bottle of bourbon. That would be insane. Right. But when we did that, what what we actually saw was the gangs and fall apart. There's no more Al Capones. You know that was a that was a Chicago gangster who was a very violent and very powerful. And that cannot exist anymore, but it can exist with with other illicit substances. Yes, I agree. Right. So, what what what's going to happen to the the current gangsters? Do you think if the drugs get taken over by corporations? Well, I don't think the current happen one at a time, guys. I I don't think the current gangsters are going to suddenly be reformed, but it's a generational thing. Maybe the next generation can't look to that lifestyle as you know a way to succeed right it's not going to happen overnight sure but i mean do we think that the fatherless children whose dads are either in jail or have been shot over gang over drug gang wars are going to be what running the depositories that, that sell uh maybe or something i mean some of them sure but if the I think I think the problem is that I don't think they view that as a, a glamorous or exciting life. I don't think they view that as success. Uh, I mean, you could be right, but the, I mean, this isn't a single. I don't think there's a single band aid solution to any of this. This has to be a multifaceted approach, right? Sure. I mean, I, I agree with you. Not offering I, them something that is enticing, right? Then they're not going to do it. No, and I agree with you that there has to be some internal process for individuals and even for communities. But I mean, you know, four, four white guys sitting around can't 
force an individual or a community to sort of self-reflect. Like we can only talk about things that the, you know, a law can change, right? Well, no, I think that you can force people to self-reflect, but I think that honestly in the United States, uh, a lot of things in the black community are blamed on, blamed on white people. Yeah, no, and I and I agree that there's an overblaming. Sure, L- literally everyone should say no. It's what you're doing. You know, it's you going out and doing what you're doing. White people have got nothing to do with this. You're making the choice to go out and then get revenge on some guy or do whatever it is you're doing. You made the well, choice to have sex with that woman without a condom and then become a single father. Yeah, but it's a, that's a little off. too. I think that's a little too simplistic. I mean, like this, like, we're gonna get back in the free world. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, guys. But but it. But I've, I've gotten in this argument. Can't allow them to think that someone else is responsible for their bad behavior. All right, so this essentially boils down to a, a taut- tautology because what, we're, what we want to get down to is why is this happening? And you're saying that, well, it happens because they're, they're, they're doing this because they're choosing to do this. And that's just tautological. No, I don't, a- I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying they're choosing to do this because they have the option of doing it and no one's going to stop them from, from like blaming right, well, someone he- else for their behavior. That's like ter- I, I would never accept. Like, if if it was any other community, if it was like a poor <clears throat> white community in Britain, and we have these right chav communities, uh, that the explosion of the welfare state obviously created an underclass of chavs. And I, I, if you don't know what chav is, just Google it. Uh, poorly educated, you know, fatherless, uh, state dependent people who end up doing drugs and crime. And my God, I would never say this is someone else's fault to one of them. I would be berating them to their faces, saying, no, you stop being a shit, right? But if I do that to, say, one of these gangsters in Chicago, well, I'm the racist, you know, but, I, but if I treat them differently to how I would treat a white person doing the same thing, I would think that was racist. I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, somebody, you know, committing murder in Chicago, you know, uh, you know, over some drug thing, you know, it's like, I don't think anyone's going to object if you call them, you know, a piece of shit, you know, they shouldn't have done that. And it's their fault. And, you know, everything else. What I do think, though, is that um, not everything can be boiled down to personal responsibility. And I think that you even agree with this, because you recognize Mm -hmm. that there are differences in different you know different cultures mm-hmm. there's there's clear differences between cultures and so you recognize that cultures affect people in different ways right so. and so it's not i, I it's it, there is personal responsibility involved yes but i think it's does us a, a serious uh, disservice to to being able to solve the problem if we ignore the 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 societal aspect and the societal responsibility because there is a societal responsibility that affects people's behaviors yeah but 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 the thing is if you've always got a massive political block who say no these people did nothing wrong it's whitey's fault uh, that this is happening then they're never going to take any personal responsibility but is i mean that seems like a characterization to me like is there anyone that says that it's not their fault you know like yeah robin d'angelo the left wing it's all a product of racism it's all a product of systemic racism so like um you know rapist murderer like she would be okay with this person walking free and that's not their fault at all 
she would i'm sure she would say i want i would like this person to be punished but she mm-hmm. would never blame that person because she would say well he grew up in a system of white supremacy that was designed to put him in a position where he was going to you know become a deadbeat dad and a drug dealer and shoot someone and therefore it's not his fault and that that it always comes down to it's not their fault and i'm sorry it is their fault that action is your fault you are a rational human being as you know as poorly with as poor ethics as you like but it is your choice it's your fault it's your behavior and if we don't treat them like that then we're saying that they're not like us and i i can't accept that are we are we focused too much on blame rather than actually how to solve the problem like how to prevent the problem from happening like yes um that's the point of blame that's the point of blame is to to hold the person who has committed the poor act responsible so other people can see well look if i do that thing everyone else is going to look at me and say well i'm responsible and then it's all on me Mm -hmm. and so i'm going to do i'm going to make the other choice that doesn't lead to that but but sargon what if we're blaming things that don't exist like white supremacy but it doesn't well it doesn't matter it, it, unless we're blaming the person who pulled the trigger then it doesn't matter what we blame because we're not going to be blaming the person who is actually right, responsible right. for the behavior yeah i think a lot it, of the blame is institutional blame though and they're blaming things like white supremacy that's what, why we have no opportunities so but i i completely agree with you uh, john though that you are right that it is it, it's very difficult there are different cultures obviously and economic situations make things very difficult and it incentivizes behavior in a certain way but i think that what i'm concerned with is the kind of the the kind of uh, foundations of what a healthy community is and in the foundation of a healthy community in a in a in a english speaking capitalistic society is the idea of personal responsibility that's the the bedrock of all of our societies and if we can't extend this idea to certain communities then we are saying that they are in some way inferior and can't be held to our own standards and i don't think that's not not that they're inferior but that they're treated differently that's the argument we would be the ones treating them differently no that we are treating them differently now but i want to treat them just like i would treat a white person i mean i i right like if it it was my cousin or something i'd probably go and punch him in the face i'm like the argument is that we're not treating them that way. That yeah, they're... we're not. We're not. We're, we're saying to them, no, it's someone else's fault that you are a drug dealing no, single father. You know. No, so no, that 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 they're being disadvantaged. Like that's the argument. That that not that they're less capable, but that they have to deal with more bullshit. Dude, everyone's got to deal with bullshit. You know, like. But more we, we that they have to do with more though. Well, I don't so, know, man. Like, so they, for them to be equal, they have to do more. I, I'm, you know? I'm in no way in an, under any illusion that these communities will be able to be considered the equal of any other community, while we blame something else for their behavior. Where do you? Well, I guess the question would be: um, Where does these negative, toxic elements of of these cultures come from? Because I think the argument generally, for at least people on the left, is that, you know, the uh, hundreds of years of slavery and and segregation is what kind of created a lot of these negative cultural aspects. And that's why it would be society's turn to try to to help or alleviate. The answer to that is... Well, well, first, let me just say that I'm I'm going back to like the 70s, like when the drug war started. That's, That's when I was born was the 70s. So this isn't 
my the the thing that I'm pinpointing as being a major contributing factor to these problems is my generation, right. you know, um, and uh, what when and what I and, and when Sargon when you talk, I hope that you would get into this too. Is like because I, I I was talking about ways viable solutions that I, that I think you know would work, uh, but uh, what I'm interested in is what would what would be your solutions well this is where we come back to the religious ethic right we need we need to have a firm position from which whenever whenever one of these these people in these communities says well no i didn't do this it was white people white people made me do this you know white people are responsible anything but myself is responsible uh you know the the religious moral authority can turn around and say no you are responsible. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. You should be doing the other. Um, it, it just it can't be acceptable. It can't be something that's made an excuse of. No, I don't feel that anyone would make an excuse for me behaving in these ways in any way, shape or form. And I think that that attitude should be extended to everyone. I don't want excuses made for my bad behavior. And I think that it's doing them a disservice to make excuses. I mean, someone in the chat's like, oh, Sargon lacks empathy. No, I think that this is empathetic. I think it's totally unempathetic to be able to understand uh, their position because no one makes excuses for us. You know, if people made excuses for my bad behavior when I was a child, then man, I would have continued it. You know, I can, I can remember what I was like when I was young and yeah, I would have continued and like I'm not saying this is like a, a silver bullet. This is the one thing that needs to be done or anything. I, I do completely agree that you are making good points, but I think that without this sort of substructure that underpinning the whole thing, it doesn't really matter what we pile on top of it because it'll just collapse. You know, how do we, the, how do we implement that though? I, I, I mean, honestly, religion, like, I think that's the easiest way. But we see these highly religious societies that have high, very high crime rates and very low, uh, less religious societies that have very low crime rates. Like, Which like your Norwegian societies have high crime rates. Sorry. Well, like your, like your Latin American societies, everything south of, you know, the border hmm. is, is pretty overwhelmingly Christian. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm speaking as an American. So the only country that exists is America, but, um, yeah. everything south of the american border you know like mexico mexico is like 90 percent christian and they have a very high crime rate um but i mean are, are the drug cartels regularly going to church are they are they you know are they are they like behaviorally christian yeah but how does it how does it help if if like the majority of society is religious but yeah the individual gang leaders in a cartel might not be religious but i mean you can't force those people to be religious well sure i mean you'd use the law to just break their power and stop them from being able to do what they do uh obviously mexico's government's not strong enough to do that but um i the thing is you can it hasn't always been this way for the black community right it's this right. is not this is not how it's always been i mean I, i've seen like again Thomas Sowell, I hate to keep bringing him up, but he has all of the statistics for this. And if you go back to the era before uh, the social welfare state... Before uh, the drug war. Yeah, before the, before the drug war, but, but I think he places the blame on the welfare state uh, because if you give people the ability to have 
the financial yeah. ability to have children out of wedlock, then it's going to happen. Well, why didn't yeah. the welfare state affect the white community in the same way? It doesn't have a racial requirement. But well, the drug war did, did though. Here. The drug war the drug war had a, a racial aspect to it because it was used specifically to go after black communities. The welfare thing, maybe you can make the same argument with welfare. I don't know. But um, I, what I do know is that it, it's you can't explain the disproportionality with welfare unless you're saying that they use welfare specifically to target black people. But if white people qualified for it, I don't know why they wouldn't you know, apply for it. The book Hillbilly Elegy, there's just as many uh, poor white people using welfare. The book Hillbilly yeah, Elegy is about uh, that basic. Okay, so that can't and, explain. Well, and, well there, hang on, there's, there's a good the reason. There, there is a good reason. Like, um, what what we what we'll be looking at is again, I, I again, the correlation between IQ and wealth is real. Like, wealthier people are more intelligent. That's just the fact. And greater intelligence leads to things like better decision making, uh, personal um, resistance to indulgence, you know, knowing where your limits are, knowing what a bad decision looks like. And again, in, in this country, we had the same problem. You know, we had the problem with white communities becoming uh, the family breaking apart, increased criminality because of a lack of. And I think it is down to young men needing fatherly guidance and a man essentially to beat them around the head when they start doing something shitty. Right. And I think that when you create the welfare state, the 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 least intelligent demographics in society, which I think is determined by income and long and, and long term uh, poverty, um, this, I think, is providing them with a sort of springboard into self-destruction. And you think that religion would fix that? I think it would be a start. I'm not saying, obviously, no silver bullets, as we agreed, um, mm -hmm. but I think that they, the 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 moral incentive to not take advantage of welfare would be good. Like that would be a good start, because then how do we? Because then you start putting the onus of responsibility back onto the individuals who are the parents who are then raising children who are not delinquents, who are then get a good education go to school you know get a job you know don't fall into gangs and I, I can't see how you can build your way out of it any other way and policy wise how would this be instituted like we want okay. we want people to be religious so well i'm not i'm not saying necessarily religion right it doesn't have to be religion it just seems like that would be the most <clears throat> obvious and easiest thing to do for american communities right um but I, I do actually think that scaling back the welfare state is probably the first start. I think well, it's an I experiment mean, that's gone wrong. Well, let's compare, you know, England and, and, and America. America is way more religious and we have way more violence, don't we? We have way more of these problems. No, 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 we've, no? we've got a, a very comparable uh, level of violence in London. That you I thought our, our murder rate is a lot higher in like like per it capita depends where you are um just the, the countries all together per if capita the united states is gonna sure, be higher but, i mean yeah but like for like say comparing london to new new york it's actually not terribly different and it's because of the same kind of problems occurring in the same kinds of communities for what i think are the same kinds of reasons 
Well, I mean, New York is, I, I think that you would find that religious demographics are going to be, you know, probably a lot higher than in London, right? I don't know. I, I mean, mo London is mostly non-English at this point. Oh. So, so are, you, are you talking you, about just homicides or are you talking about like all violent crime? Because well, London is... Okay, because London, according to some, this in 2017, London was way less per capita homicide than like yeah. any city in America. But la la last year, it, it surpassed New York. Take that, London. Well, New York is actually pretty low. Uh, New York is 3.4 compared to like Los Angeles, which is 7, and Chicago, what? which is 24, and Houston, which is like 11. So New York's actually not very high, according to this chart. Uh, I'd have to go and look at the numbers look them up but uh it, it was it was news like last year because mm -hmm. okay. uh, london london was uh more violent than new york for a period of time and you, the well, stabbings has been every day man the, the videos of it are horrific as well because what it is okay is, but what you're talking about are more religious people doing this we're not talking about atheists running around stabbing people i i think that someone who calls themselves an atheist has a reasoned position on this but i don't think i would call these people religious i don't think these kids are going to churches well aren't, but uh, well what which what religion are we talking about like uh well it depends well in london yeah, is, is are they muslim uh, christian you, you'll be you'll be talking about christian uh, caribbean descendants of caribbean immigrants oh okay but uh, I'm not saying that religion is a panacea either, because I don't think these people live mm. religious lives. I don't think they they adhere to these things uh, strictly. It, again, it's very much ethnic gangs, you know, mm -hmm. um, as, as much as it sounds horrible to say, but this is just the truth of it. And there's, I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. But isn't like in London, you're saying like, there's this increase in crime. Isn't this because yeah. you have like, I mean, is this is this mostly from first or second generation uh, immigrants? Oh no, second, second and third. Second, third. So maybe because yeah. it's to me that would be like, well, it's, you have uh, groups of people who feel like they're not really a part of their country for whatever reason. Possibly. So I mean, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm going to keep listening, but I'm going to use the washroom real quick. Okay, like because I'm saying that doesn't seem like a religious issue to me. It seems kind of like the you know, no, it's, you it's don't feel like you're issue. part of your. If you if you don't feel like the house is yours, you don't care if you break it, right? Yeah, but I mean, like the the reason that I think these these black gangs can go around stabbing each other so much is because it doesn't really spill over into the non-black communities too much, because mm -hmm. they're based on personal grudges, right? Uh, there's something called drill music you should look up, and you can get a feel for the atmosphere that these people are living in. It's very much like chicago you know mm -hmm. it's it's i will kill you because you stole my weed you insulted my mother you you know did something for which i believe that the punishment should be death for you and that fundamentally is an ethical issue you know whether these people say well yeah i think there might be a god they don't they're not intelligent people they don't spend any time rationalizing i mean i think atheism is fundamentally the 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 purview of the intellectually privileged like it, it's all well and good saying, well, I've, I've debunked the Bible. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, if we're the 130 IQ club, okay, but do the 90 IQ club have the ability to debunk the Bible or even, and if they do, do they have the ability to be moral legislators after that? You know, when you say, right, you're the one who makes the decisions on what's right or wrong. 
is is that going to be good is that going to be you know something that they're going to be like yeah so now i've decided that human life is innately valuable and i'm not going to stab my neighbor because they didn't appear to have done that hey, hey sargon my question is if the woke stuff is driving this nihilistic behavior in the black community or if it really is a lack of opportunity and it seems like in the political environment that we live in now you can't really get to the the root of that uh, understanding. I don't think the woke stuff's driving it. I think it's um, facilitating it by not allowing us to address the issue properly. Well, if you're, if I am growing up in an environment where everyone's telling me, you know, I'm living in a white supremacist country, there's no possible way I can get ahead, uh, white people hate my guts, you know, even if somebody looks at me funny for some completely unrelated thing, I'm going to think it's racism and that guy's a white supremacist. So I just wonder how much of that is driving because we're, we're, we seem to all be in agreement that there's like a nihilistic attitude in these communities where they just, you know, li lived for today and who cares about mm -hmm. tomorrow. I don't know that, I, I, I just feel like if you look at Christianity as an ethics package, if you look at the woke stuff as an ethic, ethics package, one of these packages is going to be driving, uh, is going to be stifling that attitude and one of these packages is going to be encouraging that attitude and i think that's a lot of the problem totally agree totally but, but agree. i don't I mean like i, I sorry sorry uh, well i just the i don't i'm not in favor of necessarily encouraging christianity but i think the atheist community is misallocating resources when they're discouraging people who are using christianity effectively and not focusing on what the real problem is the material conditions like uh, changing the opportunity structure out there. I, I don't think that's the real problem, though. I think that the material conditions are a consequence of your ethics. Um, I think that the the real problem and the, the the core of all of this is the question: What should I do? Yeah, well, and it's, a Christian it's both. ethics package. Well, yeah, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying it's not that there, there isn't some sort of feedback loop yeah, between them. Exactly. Right? There obviously is, but I I, I don't think that you can solve the problem with wealth. I think you have to solve the problem with the morality of the thing. And the, the Christian ethics package of what should I do is definitely going to facilitate a more wholesome uh, start in life for children than this kind of atheistic high IQ, we can figure this out because we're smart enough, right? Well, I, I, I don't think that, um, I also don't think wealth will just solve the problem, but sure. the opportunity to build wealth is going, is, is what's going to pay dividends because that, that's, that's the argument. I don't think that just giving people money is going to fix it. I think that that's a Sorry, temporary, yeah. Yeah. temporarily, temporary solution because they, um, because you know, if you give someone money, then they won't they won't um, value it, and then they'll you know use it frivolously. Well, part of it is educating people on on how to use their wealth. Yeah. Um, but the question, yeah, exactly, it is, it is. But that all comes down to the question of what should I do? Ethics, yeah, because I mean, someone in the chat, 
someone in the chat made a made a great point you know people were much poorer in the 1800s but we, we were you know not nearly as violent as we are now socially because we were far more socially conservative because we had much more strict religious views now i'm not saying that we need to do exactly those things is that true think, though i don't know if that's true yeah, of course it is the, the, I don't know what the crime rates you. were in the 1800s in America. Like, They're dude. pretty bad. Yeah, the Old West. No, no, wait. It's a myth. It's a myth. The, the, the Old West is a giant myth that's been manufactured by Hollywood. You can go, honestly, there are documentaries about this. You can go and look it up. Um, for example, right, um, marriage rates in the black community before the welfare state were almost identical to the marriage rates of the white community in the United States. And th- we're talking about, like, you know, it's, it's less than 10% of children born out of wedlock that's the consequence of a of a strictly moralistic society that's right but that's a very specific issue right you're talking about marriage rates i I was just talking about like general crime among all americans in the 1800s i'm not sure it's there's been some huge increase well there has in certain communities generally the crime rate is declining but in certain communities the crime rate is skyrocketing and it seems well, to correlate with the breakdown of the family. There, there has been a, a recent pretty dramatic drop in crime since the 90s. It's now starting to tick back up. But since the 90s, it has been on a general downward trend. And that has coincided with a, a an increase in prosperity. Sure. Um, in, in certain communities. And then well, again, if you, if, you, if you correlate this with uh, marriage... Then you'll see the the effect. It, I I I don't want it to be this way, you know. I, I don't want to have to say, well, look, you know, some people kind of need Jesus, but I mean, the, man, I think the well the welfare state argument. I mean that that there there that exists right alongside the 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 drug war variable. So I don't think you can isolate it so neatly that way because we're talking about this other aspect that ha- was happening at the exact same time we see this change in, in these communities when um, when the drug war flared up and when they used it to target these communities specifically. Mm. Um, so I don't think you can isolate it to that one variable of, well, of I, welfare. I agree with you that it's not, I mean, it's not that these communities <clears throat> haven't had these things imposed on them. I do agree that this has had a strongly detrimental effect. I'm obviously against the war on drugs. Uh, you know, I've never been for it. I think drugs shouldn't be illegal, frankly. You know, I've never, I've never felt, I mean, and this just comes from my own libertarian perspective sort of thing where I just don't think the government has the right to tell me what drugs I can and can't take. Um, right. So, uh, you know, I'll be the judge of that, you know. Um, I think you'd be surprised at, at how far that would go to, to mitigating a lot of this. I, I agree, but the question of what should people do, I think also has to be answered. Yeah, that's happens. Um, yeah, uh, I think that a, a, a smart, all right, a smart way to go would be, and it's going to sound kind of uh, nefarious, but how do how do we manipulate human behavior so that people behave the way we want them to? You know, uh, ethics. I would say. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's the, right. that's the that's the point. Yeah, but 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 how do you disseminate this these ethics? Like I, I, I just see that that actual concrete policies 
um, affect people's lives way more than like, like, how do you disseminate these ethics? Well, religion, well, religion has, has been hegemonic, you know, for thousands of years. I mean, what, what are we, what are we talking about when we say religion? Like, what are we going to start doing differently policy wise in order to get people to a believe in God, B believe in a specific God, C you know, behave, you know, in the way that, that you know, we think that that religion promotes. I mean, we, you know, like we talk about Chicago, you know, as someone who grew up in Chicago, these communities, they all have churches, you know, on every corner. Um, I don't know what's going on, you know, as far as religion goes, but I know the statistics are that they're not atheists, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not for like, actively. Like I was saying, atheism, I think, is a, a reasoned position, right? I'm not for actively encouraging it. I'm just not. I'm not for actively discouraging it, especially so where it's. I should. Effective. I should delete my channel. No, no. <laughs> well, right. He's I mean, done. I don't want to tell you what to do, but no. I'm, <clears throat> I, am i I've come to. I've come to my position that I think there are a certain number of people that need some sort of off-the-shelf ethics package. And I, I think that the old anti-theist idea that people can come to their own ethics uh, intuitively is wrong. I think people copy other people. There's all these shortcuts that we do in human behavior. And uh, we we adopt the ethics that's kind of the the ethics that's going around i think that's really the reason why this woke stuff has gotten so popular because in a time when religion or christianity in particular in the united states was like the popular ethic people would just adopt it off the shelf and even when you got older you you would still intuitively understand the ethics of christianity you're in a particularly different situation john because you were raised uh secular but you were still mm -hmm. raised in a community that was very religious. So I'm sure you picked it up at school. I'm sure you had kids that told you, you know, I believe in God. This is, this is the way we do things. So you were kind of just, you know, to use the old atheist term, indoctrinated <laughs> into it uh, unwillingly, even though you, you were fighting against it. I'm just not necessarily <laughs> sure that it's a bad thing because I'm a firm believer in the evolutionary process. And I think that the these religions are somehow serving the the betterment of the culture because they continue to exist. They continue to persist. Now, the stuff where I'm skeptical about the woke religion is because it's brand new. It's never been tested. It's like the old um, uh, prohibition thing that you brought up. We tried prohibition. Mm -hmm. It was a new idea. It was like, we have this problem, you know, men are beating their wives, they're getting drunk, and they're creating a lot of violence in the home. Let's try to solve that problem by making drinking illegal. That was a new ethical attachment that people tried, and the law of unforeseen consequences stepped in, and we discovered, hey, with this ethic, things are even worse. So we changed it back again. So we're kind of changing around our ethics constantly. Uh, I don't I don't know that, I think people, uh, a certain number of people just believe in God intuitively. So I don't, I'm not in favor of like tricking people, like you say, 
to, to believe in God. But if people come to those conclusions, like my question is in a, in a best case scenario, best case for me, just because I'm an atheist and like Sargon said in the video response to you, I, I can't believe like that ship is sailed. Yeah. Like I'm not a believer, but I wish that there mm. was something like I, I very much, a lot of my uh, fans go a team. Uh, we're like atheists <laughs> for Jesus. Like we were all raised Christian. We don't necessarily believe it, but we have an attitude towards it. That's very much like Christmas. You know, I, I grew up like everyone else tended to grow up in America thinking, you know, a fat man came down the chimney uh, once a year and gave us goodies. <laughs> And that fostered generosity inside me that I kind of live by intuitively, even though I don't believe any of that stuff anymore. Uh, but I kind of wish there was something like that for Christianity, too, because, I, I mean, I grew up with Jesus being a superhero, right? He's a superhero in the same way that Superman is a superhero, right? He turns the other cheek. You know, he, he fights for the underdog. You know, he does all the things that we need to think of intuitively as ethics. I don't know that the woke stuff puts that into the culture at all. I think it actually puts the opposite into the culture. It tells people, you know, you're, people are going to try to fuck you over and you have to fuck them over before they fuck you over. It feels like that's the kind of woke. Black Panther, man. The Black the, Panther is the, the uh, sorry to interrupt, but this, you, there's a great that example the in, in the film of Black Panther. No, you, yes, it's totally the woke ethic. Really? It's the idea that, yeah, yeah, yeah of course, it, Black Panther's a massively woke film, you know, and, and it, it was a huge cultural phenomenon in the black community. But what, what are the lessons being learned, right? Look at what Superman taught, like, generations of young, like, I guess totally. we'll just say white, right? It taught them to go after truth, justice, and the American way, right? That's it, totally noble, totally wholesome. Black Panther teaches you, you get power by fighting, yeah. You will fight for your power. That's bad messaging, man. That's that's not the kind of superhero example that I would like to see. And like you say, Jesus is like a moral superhero. He's turning the other cheek, you know. He's forgiving his enemies. He's loving his neighbor as himself. These these are wholesome values that even if you're not a Christian, I bet you still live by them, you know. I, li I still live by similar ethics, you know. I think that humans have got innate value, but there are definitely communities that don't seem to think that humans have innate value. Yeah, cool. and they definitely think that you but, fight to get what you are, you've got. You know, Go ahead, we John. The, we um, only recently though have have um, we've seen a, a, a major decline in, in like anti-gay uh, bigotry from from the Christians. Like 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 Christianity historically has been very much against gay people. Right. Um, so we didn't we, we 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 didn't see like a positive role model in that aspect. And as as that anti gay um, sentiment uh, continues to dissipate, um, where do we see that coming from from the religion itself or or, or the res or a resistance to the religion? Sorry, I missed the question. There. Say again, please. Like this, this anti-gay sentiment. Like oh, that's, that, Abraham. that's Abraham. Right, right. Are you saying and, it's dissipating in religion, and that's a good thing? I mean, I I see that a lot. I see a lot of Christians being upset that people are accusing them of being anti-gay when they don't really right. conceptualize themselves. Right. I think that I think that it it is definitely better now than it used to be, um, but I don't see that as a consequence of. The religion, I don't think the religion has caused that. I think resistance to the religion has helped cause that. I agree. Especially in America where, 
uh, religions really can't force anybody to become members. So they have to entice people to become members. And you really can't get into the real dastardly stuff if you're going to entice people. Everyone wants to focus on the Westboro Baptist Church, but I think, what do they have, like 25 members? Like if you're going to, if you're going to be out there promoting hate, I think in this environment, it's really hard to get people to sign up for that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so oh sorry, go. Go ahead, John. Oh, so I well I I'm just using this as an example as to why Christianity hasn't always been like this um positive role model type aspect, especially when you have people who use religion, who use religion to actually to not actually promote the ethics of the religion, but to pr- promote their interpretation of it, which just so happens to coincide with what they want it to. Like there's people who both um, believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior 100%, and they'll be like at total opposite ends of the political spectrum, you know, you know, mm-hmm. kill the gays versus, you know, love the gays, you know, it's, and, you, and they both believe in the same guy as their central, you know, figure, you know. Yeah. I mean, that that's, true <laughs> um i think um you're you're absolutely right about uh and I, it, i'm i'm going to try and paraphrase but essentially the um the moral excuses people make for themselves the moral permissiveness they think well i've preached the good words you know as i'm a preacher i've told a thousand people to be good christians so it's not it's forgivable if i'm not a good christian for a day or something right mm-hmm. like adam you've got loads of psychology stuff about this where people give themselves moral license to yeah do things totally because, right yeah. yeah, I think it, it doesn't material, surprise me. I think the three of us, I think John, myself, and Sitch all believe that the material conditions come first and that religion is a way to uh, ju- justify your behavior in light of those material conditions. My problem is like the material conditions could be, well, no, I guess it's really an opportunity thing because if you're in bad material conditions, but there's an opportunity for you to escape those material conditions. That's great. That's what we want. That's like the American dream. But if you have this right. woke stuff out there telling people that there's not any opportunity when there really is and they just can't see it, then that's that's a bad ethics right. package. And the point of contention is are they right that there is that there is no opportunity? Or are they wrong and there actually is an opportunity? I think that's where the actual point of contention is, and not that there are racists who think that black people are less capable. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I think that there is loads of opportunity. Yeah, I'm not. Probably more opportunity than ever before, actually. Sure. The, the problem isn't whether there's opportunity. It's whether the perception of opportunity exists. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's so difficult, because you can't force someone to change but, their perception of the world. Right, but if their perception is is accurate, then, I mean, that's reality affecting them and not just the perception. I well, mean, I mean, well, the issue is that tech, technically, technically, any almost any person, not everyone, but almost any person of reasonable level of intelligence, you know, can do well in school or even self-educate themselves and get pull themselves out of poverty. The problem is that not everyone's born with the level of, you know, internal motivation and energy and willpower to succeed at that level. And I think that's the issue here. 
I, I don't think it's a moral failing that certain people are just born to be type A personalities or not. I think I think another problem that too many people ignore, though, is that, yes, I think a lot of people have the ability to, um, well, I, I hate to use the phrase, but pull themselves up by their bootstraps. But I think that in our society, it is harder for some people to do that than others, not because of their individual ability, but because of the system, the way it is, right. the environment where they grew up, they have fewer opportunities. So it's good. So yes, technically, you can go from the bottom of the bottom and, and pull and, and get to the top of the top. I think that's an outlier. And I think that it's, even though it's possible, it's more difficult for you than if you are in, you know, this wealthy uh, suburban area where you went to a really nice school and then, you know, was had, were able to get into college and all that, that, that person is going to be able to get, get, uh, to a higher level in life with greater ease than the person who had to start at the bottom of the barrel. And I think that there's, that it's valid to look at that and say, well, there's, there's, there's extenuating circumstances, you know? Well, you're, you're talking about jealousy and it's, I, like I said, we're comparing and contrasting the woke ethic structure and the Christian ethic structure. I know where Christianity stands on jealousy. I don't know where woke. Just fairness. Like, like you, if you have two people in different communities, you know, starting at the bottom of their community and one community is way better off than another community, then the person in the better community is going to, have a head start through no fault or through no, um, you know, uh, doing of their own. They're hmm. they're just going to be better off just by virtue of where they were born. But is um, that unfair? Um, well, in a society where we can control for that, maybe maybe we should be concentrating on up, lifting up these communities that are that have this disadvantage. And we'll find that the problems that we complain about so much, like crime, will will dissipate. But like, well, but the thing is, it, it strikes me as being unfair that if I'm someone that was lucky enough to be born into a, say, lower middle class family, I was given a you know a healthy, although not wealthy upbringing you know it might would still be considered re relatively poor which actually i think is a, a fairly accurate description of my life um yeah but i i worked really hard and then i was successful and then someone looked came around and looked at my bank account and said well sorry some of that money's gonna have to go to these poor people who aren't doing the same thing that your family did i don't feel that that would be fair to me no no it shouldn't go to the poor family it should go to um infrastructure the infrastructure of society that facilitates them having better opportunities which also benefits you like for the what? same reason if i don't have any kids it is still in my best interest to say you know um, fund schools so that you know the people around me are educated that's going to to benefit me you know in the long run if I'm living in a society with educated people, even, you know, so I'm going to fund the schools, even if I don't have kids. Um, and I think that it benefits you to, to, um, 
contribute to an infrastructure that gives people opportunities so that you know their communities don't get overridden with crime and, and so does this justify just taking an arbitrary amount of my money off of me well i mean we're just basically talking about we're, we're arguing about taxes now yeah is, totally well, yeah let's talk yeah. wait you're not you're come not, on you've never said you're not <laughs> one of the taxation and stuff guys i thought you were strictly against that are you talking to Sargon, Sargon? You're for progressive taxation. Hey, Sitch, we're sitting here t talking about taking money away from me and just giving it to a bunch of other people. Now I'm suddenly very much thinking this sounds like theft. No, but no, no, no. really that's not that money. right, right, right. But were you talking about taxes? What are you talking about? You said give well, it. I, money. I don't know. We're, we're just talking about redistributing wealth at the moment. We've not talked not, about not redistributing it, not giving it to people, but giving it to the institutions that help those people. Yeah, schools yeah, but and like, stuff. Yeah, like I don't. Yeah, but like the 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 amount of money that is taken from me will just be arbitrary. Well, I don't. Like, it's you can't not arbitrary. Give right? a reason, it's you can't give on. me a reasoned number. You'll just be like, "Well, we need X amount of money for things, and we're going to keep." Because I mean, there's no. This is a bottomless pit, isn't it? There's no limit to the amount of money you're going to take if given the well, opportunity. I think I I do think I I I, I do let me, think let me give you an example. So it's a, very wasteful and and has to be more yeah. accountable. I I do agree with that, and I do I I do think that we could probably do a lot a lot of what we want to do with what we already pay in taxes without having to raise it. It's just mm -hmm. that our government is so uh, inefficient and corrupt, and and I think that. That's where the focus and fixing the problem needs to lie is in making the government more, more efficient and less corrupt and more accountable. But the Rather thing than is like, raising taxes. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. If if I if I work really hard and I somehow manage to save a million pounds, which I don't have, obviously, but let's assume I did. Like according to Vos, you do. What's going on, Sargon? <laughs> Where, where's the millions? Come on, kick down. We know you're you know I got demonetized, wealthy. right? <laughs> like, hasn't been demonetized. Maybe his well, his parents are probably millionaires. He grew up in Beverly. Well, he was Hills. demonetized from Twitch, right? Oh, For to nuke Israel. Um, but the point is, if I if I save up like a million pounds, like I mean, how much am I going to lose to fund schools in a different part of the country? You know, like I I worked really fucking hard to get this money. Why, you know, like. Well, it gets to the side, like because it's based money. on inheritance. It's, but no, but this is listen, listen. This is money I have paid tax on, mm -hmm. as okay. I earned it. I'm not saying taxes shouldn't exist because I want you know roads to be made. I want you know the buses to run, and I, you know right. Has which which facilitated saying, your ability to make the money in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh I, my I'm, god. Yes, yeah. Look, I, I'm I'm now I have my million pounds. Okay. And why should any of it be taken off of me? I don't. I guess I don't understand what you're saying. Like you're, yeah, once you're, you're saying you're double taxed. Like I don't. What are, what is well, your? Yeah, this is sound like you know. This is sounding like just open wealth redistribution. No, no, no. But like, no. okay, like what? What is the mechanism that you're specifically talking about? Where once you save know. money, it is taken from you. I don't, I don't know. We're talking about like my wealth and how I should be using it to fund. I mean, I'm I'm all for charity. Don't get me wrong. And I, I do agree that you know it would be nice to see philanthropy. Uh, be more. I mean, like it's really insufferable because in San Francisco there's a Mark Zuckerberg hospital. And it's oh yeah, San Francisco is really hurting for money. Mark, well done. You really did your civic duty there, buddy. Um, you know, it, but like, who who gets to make these decisions, right? 
We've been going for about two and a half hours, and maybe we should. We're talking about taxes now. I can't think of anything that puts me to sleep faster than taxes. <laughs> Just pay yeah. your taxes, Sargon. Quit complaining. I'm yeah. I put a huge amount of taxes. Fuck off. I know. Anybody I'm going to get who... out my stack of forms, and we're going to go start oh, going Oh, I know. Them. I know. <laughs> Anyone who's a, who's a YouTuber who's an independent contractor is well aware of taxes. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Fucking redistribute Sargo's channel. Chat, don't, please. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to do some super chats? I'm sure yeah. there's probably some questions for you guys. Do you want me to do all of them or just do questions? Uh, I think maybe questions first. I, I don't know. Uh, how tired are you guys? You guys want to stick around for super chats or? Nailed it. Sure. I, I expect to be in a. I expected to be in a hostile environment. So it hasn't been too hostile, has it? I mean, no. It's no. fun. It's I. You have so much invested in uh, the anti-theist idea that I know that it's it's very difficult to to change your mind on it because you you do. I mean, you've been doing this stuff forever, so I understand. Like it's as it's as a big a part of your ethic as any any ethic. Like. So I do, I, I mean, I think it's amazing that you're even really having this conversation with us. So I don't expect you to, to obviously change your mind overnight, but you do seem open-minded to the changing environment, which I think, you know, hats off, hats off to you, man. That's more than most mm -hmm. people ever contemplate. Yeah. Well, well, before we get super chats, maybe we should bring up our debate. Was it from last stream, Adam? But now that mm -hmm. we have uh, Dark Matter and Saragon here, maybe they can weigh in on this. No, I, uh, let's, maybe, let's ignore that. We It wasn't really a debate. Uh, it was it was a, is a heated conversation <laughs> about whether the majority of people, you know, hundreds and even thousands of years ago who were religious believed re their religion literally or not. And yes. I took the position mm -hmm. that I assumed the majority of people throughout history literally believe their religion was true. And Adam Correct. said, yeah, me too. I, I think so. Everyone, well, there you go. Everyone's saying I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm bringing, we're actually supposed to bring in uh, Paul Vanderclay next week to talk about this topic because it's a, an argument that I'm not super familiar with and it may be hocus pocus for all I know, but the, the mm. several Christians and competent theologists make the argument that it, the, the Bible wasn't always taken literally. I think Jordan Peterson and, and Paul Vanderclay is like a Jordan Peterson expert makes that argument. So I'll, I'll will mm -hmm. defer I, to, to him. I'll tell you the, the criticism I often get mm -hmm. uh, from religious intellectuals is that I'm a moron because the Bible's not supposed to be taken literally. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not the one doing that. I'm responding to the people who do that. You know, Correct. it's, right. it's not, it, I'm not the one doing the interpreting. I'm, and, and when I refute these people who say that evolution doesn't happen or the big bang didn't happen, I'm not doing it by telling them the way their religion is supposed to be interpreted because it's not my job to promote the religion or teach them about how their religion is supposed to be or whatever. I'm going to use science which is going to work on Christianity. It's going to work on Islam. It's going to work on any form of creationism because those are scientific arguments. Those are arguments that exist within the scientific realm. And that's how I'm going to approach it. And in order to do that, I need to address the literalism of, of 
of their beliefs. Now, I understand there's plenty of religious people who don't take, you know, Genesis literally. I'm not talking to them. I'm not, sure, you know, yeah. And they're the ones who come after me and say, yeah. what do you, you know, it's not, you're a religious, you're an atheist fundy, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm not talking to you. So be gone. I, I think that, <laughs> I think uh, you make a great point. And I think that is kind of a dying breed because we're discovering that uh, evolution is great evidence that religion is actually good for society. So the animosity towards religion that a lot of anti-theists grew up with, I think, is dissipating for that reason. <laughs> because if if religion is going, to, or if evolution is going to be the evidence that actually proves to people that uh, that religion is pro-social, you know, the religion that they love, then obviously they're going to have to do quite a lot of accepting of evolution if they want to use that evidence. Right, but that's believing in something because you you like the aesthetic of it rather than the the actual objective truth, truth of, it. of it. Like I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like you. Oh, oh, this can be useful to me. Okay, now I'm going to believe it. I I just don't think that that's a you know a very good way to come to a belief. You I, know. I completely agree with you. I'm a man of science, but mm-hmm. if they accidentally come to a belief that's uh, pro-social and true, I'm all for yeah. it. So that seems to be the just case with the evolution question. thing. Just to answer the question, I've I've read a huge number of, of historical sources uh, based around uh, all kinds of Western and Middle Eastern religions, mm-hmm. and I would categorically... Uh, and I would find it actually quite foolish to suggest that these people didn't take the scriptures literally. Uh, because, and I, w- I would suggest that it actually comes from a kind of modern privilege where we have science. So we have alternative explanations for the universe. Because you've got to remember that these, these people just didn't understand the universe. The Greeks literally thought that Zeus lived on Mount Olympus. The, the Crusaders literally thought that they would have their sins washed away and they would be remiss, remitted and entered into heaven. Uh, the Muslims literally think that if they die for the, in the jihad, then they get their virgins. Uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case now. And the, the religious fundamentalists who act like it's literally true stand out like a sore thumb now because we have science, because we have reasonable explanations for these things that don't require gods. Um, but ab- I would say absolutely, the ma- like the overwhelming majority of people absolutely believed that religion existed. Religion was real and the the God was going to punish them if they didn't do the right thing i mean like you had german flagellants who during the black plague would walk through the town saying this is a punishment we get from god and scourge their own backs you know as they're walking through you've got crusaders who literally walk a thousand miles by foot and fight their way through oceans of blood in order to capture one city that they thought their prophet died in alfred the great writes about the viking invasions as being the, the the reason this is happening is a punishment from god because they have strayed from the path of Christianity. And he was obsessed with getting England back on the path. I mean, Attila the Hun was called the scourge of God. You know, when, when Hugli Khan turned out, uh, turned out up outside of Baghdad, he literally said, I am the punishment that God has sent for you. You know, like the, the, before he sacks Baghdad, like I really think they believed. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think that um, when you have the scholars and, you know, intellectuals, 
the actual people who are literate um, who who may have seen more metaphor in the in the scripture that that doesn't that could give a false impression like these are the people writing the history that could give a false impression of what the common folk believe and the common folk absolutely took it literally i i actually think that the intellectuals took it literally too that's the thing um you, there's a lot of medieval catholic thought um that has really quite deep philosophical views on god and then you end up getting to like the ontological argument for god which is a really complex answer to the question of does god exist and it's because the intelligent people of the time were like well you know we we think we believe that there is you've got to rationalize why you believe what you believe you know yeah i really think they believed All right, let's move on to Super Chat. Yeah, well, thank you, guys. <laughs> guys, for showing that S-Class is truly the best class. Sarah Richards for $5 says, I already shipped these two. Oh, there you go. Oh. Sargon and Dark Matter shipping. Uh, I've, I, Varen Getterix, I said it right, for $5. No, you didn't. I didn't. Oh. oh, no, you did actually, didn't you? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, no. v- v- Versing Getterix, yeah, you did say Versin- it. Oh, no, I didn't. I said Varen Getterix instead of Versing Excuse me. Okay. Getterix for $5 says the die religion, diversity, inclusion, equity has taken every institution. If racism is institutional, whose fault is it? Oof. There you go. Good point. Good point. Can Um, you say that again? uh, The diversity, inclusion, equity religion has taken over every institution. If racism is then institutional, whose fault is it? Well, I mean, we're we're talking about history you know we're talking about there was we're, we're talking about we're, what we're looking at is the end result of history right so mm-hmm. if you just now start seeing a problem and just now start trying to change it you can't then blame that very new change on a problem that has existed for you know decades centuries it's a good steel man i think the problem is that and i'm going to do a video on this is that when you look at the definitions of institutional racism, the, a lot of them center around just, they, they look at outcome and they say, okay, if there's any sort of racial outcome, that means that it's institutional racism. So it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the intentions of the people running the institutions whatsoever. Just looking at the outcome without any sort of understanding of why things may end up the way they are. Mm-hmm. Paul made that argument. He's the guy that's coming up on next week. Right. Uh, I versus Getterix for another $5 says the way they define whiteness is everything that makes a society run makes them sound like super, like white supremacists. Though. They are. They think that these we are living in a white supremacy because these things were created by white people. Uh, or associated with white people. Like, well, um, they were created by white people. Like, well, they, well, know, they, they, specifically like um what i've seen uh that oh i don't i don't know if you're familiar with this but someone was i I saw this brought up was this contentious um poster in some uh, museum that was recently taken down that associated a bunch of concepts with white people and i smithsonian i think that i think that that was um kind of misunderstood as saying that white people have these um, characteristics and therefore that 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 is white and we shouldn't value that rather than 
white people are associated with these characteristics, like yeah. like hardworking, you know, hardworking is white. Well, no, no. I mean, uh, people who aren't white can work just as hard. But the problem is when people perceive that as a as a as a white thing, you know, mm. uh, and I think that got confused as to like saying that white people are hard workers and people who aren't white are not hard workers and look at the woke being just as racist as, you know, the KKK. You, you've got that exactly right. Um, that, that Smithsonian uh, poster was exactly that. Literally they quote Robin DiAngelo. They've got her, they, they came from a big article and they've got a video of her in that. And that was, it's a 22 minute long video. And it's basically like an abridged version of her book. And you got that exactly right. It's, it's not that these things are unique to white people but it is if you were to describe what sort of like white american culture is you would effectively be describing uh, the white anglo-saxon protestant culture so you would have individualistic you would have the protestant work ethic and all of the other things listed it's not that they're unique to those things but they are particular to those things you know other things have these and obviously other races can adopt these values they're just values but the the wasp culture in the u.s that is an accurate description of it. You know, it's not wrong. So the, the problem with that chart, uh, which I actually did a video on this like a couple of years ago about the origin of power plus privilege equals racism. And that chart mm -hmm. is literally lifted and it's even credited to uh, someone named Judith Cates, who was a big mm -hmm. advocate of this. And her point with the chart is, I think, very nefarious because it's to show that these are aspects of the current white culture and that those ideas are not necessarily the correct ideas for society to have, that those ideas shouldn't be, you know, mm -hmm. that people of other cultures and other ethnicities shouldn't be assumed to have these aspects, uh, which I think is very nefarious because most of the things on that chart are generally positive. You know, you're talking about nuclear family, hardworking, punctuality. And I think you should, you should want everyone who's part of your society to, uh, buy into those being positive traits. I don't think they should be associated with just white people. Well, th this is why they'd call you a white supremacist, right? Because um, not all cultures are individualistic. In fact, I, I would say most cultures are not individualistic. Most of them are more communal. Um, the individualism is a political ideology that was developed in england which is why you have it in america right but you, you can criticize individuality versus communal living and that has nothing to do necessarily with you know being on time and hard working and any of that stuff well, well i agree but again there are cultures that just don't value punctuality right right, right so but that's what you, i'm saying i'm saying yeah but the, the reason that chart exists is because uh Katz is trying to say that she's taking a very cultural relative position. She's trying to say we shouldn't assume that everyone in American society should should adhere to these as being the correct moral principles. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is saying mm -hmm. that um, because uh, the sort of English culture that America inherited right. did assume they were the correct you, principles. You just want to give all of America's greatness over to the Brits. Sorry, Every time you're on here, all you do is you say the Brits this, the Brits that. No, it's America. Talk, talk to me in French then. It's America. Talk to me in American English, okay? You got your, <laughs> your wangers and your pissers and all your weird you, words you, that aren't even real even, English. You can't even describe your language without attributing yeah, it to your country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, but seriously, they, 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 they are right when they say um, these are aspects of American white culture and 
that these are not universally valued. But the problem is that they're saying that if you want to say, look, there's a demonstrable superiority to these values over not being hardworking or not being individualistic, then that is racism. Because right. it suggests that the alternative, like collectivism, is equally as moral, equally as productive, equally as conducive to human rights. And empirically, that's just not true, you know? Uh, Goodman4 for $2 says, hello, everyone. How are you got? How's your guys' weekend? Good. Good. Thank Great. You. I was really looking Good. forward to this. Good. Uh, Gemini Semini for $2 says, why did you start early? I almost missed the stream. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very rare for us to start early. Uh, Fire everything for five dollars says I intuitively guessed that maybe Sargon was going to be on the stream yesterday during his live stream and asked him about it. Enlightened centrism in all caps. Thank you, Fire. Nice. Enlightened centrists are going to win this. You intuitively guessed, didn't we? Didn't we say this was going to happen? Like two ago? <laughs> you remember? <laughs> it's called memory. <laughs> memory, intuition. It's all him. the same thing, right? Uh, Jarfo of Love, thank you very much for the two dingo dollars. Thank you. Uh, Alex Karras for $15 says, I'm interested in all of your thoughts on Weinstein's Unity 2020 plan and how we can relate it to the systemic nature of Da Vinci Resolve. Well, I am interested in the, in uh, John and Sargon's response to the, the 2020 plan. I don't know how we can relate it to Da Vinci Resolve, but <laughs> do, well, do you know about that, Sargon? I, I'm, I've heard of it, but I, I don't know any of the details. Well, it's kind of a harebrained idea, I think. <laughs> I love harebrained ideas. Sitch, how, how exactly does it work functionally? I think there's so, some... I, go ahead, Sitch. So the idea is that Andrew Yang and I forget someone else who's Republican are going to run for president. And it's going to be a Democrat and Republican are going to run for president. And after four years, Andrew Yang will become the vice president and the Republican vice president will become the president. But how logistically does how, it actually happen? Is that even legal? Yeah. No, no, no. Like, it, it, like the next in four years, the ticket they would run on oh, would okay. be switching so four like, It wouldn't be an automatic process. Oh, gotcha. Oh. Why is huh. it called? Is it called twenty twenty four or is it called twenty twenty? Well, for right now, it's twenty twenty because it'd be Yang and whoever the guy. Right. But they're not technically they're... running till twenty twenty four. Oh, it's Brett. No, 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 no. He, no, no, no. Brett wants them to run right now. <laughs> okay, oh, that's that, not going to work. Yeah, I know, because he he's he doesn't like Biden or Trump, so he wants Andrew yeah. Yang and this other guy to run right now, but a joint yeah, Democrat-Republican ticket. Anybody wow. whose name isn't Trump or Biden would just be wasting their time running in 2020. Yeah, 100% yeah, agree. Yeah. I really uh, want Tucker Carlson, Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. It's not a joke. I really mean it. I think Tucker Carlson talking about the sort of cultural underpinnings that hold a nation together are important. And I think Tulsi Gabbard is a left winger who also actually likes America. And I think that's a good start. I'm only laughing because just the idea of, of them getting elected is laughable. But the I, I'm Why? all for them. Are you kidding? Like, come on. That's Dude, a better Tucker's choice. Tucker's probably the most popular person in your country right now. Well, he's a white I, supremacist, according I mean, to Vaj, I mean, but He might be on the I, right I haven't. Go I'm ahead, not John. terribly familiar with I'm not terribly familiar with Tucker, but I mean I haven't I pretty much have liked maybe two percent of the things I've heard that man say, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm I don't know. I, I bet you've heard things out of context. I, I promise Maybe. you, he is, he is totally maligned. But I mean, like John Stewart or uh, no, uh, John Oliver is just 
or Comedy Central, which are, you know, whichever fucking you know late night talk show host that passes for left wing intellectual thought has put out another like, oh look, he's, everything he's saying is racist, but that, that's not what he's doing. He's talking from a cultural perspective, like the incorporative nature of the American identity. He thinks anyone can have it, you know. Um, he but he he believes in the culture and the institutions, and I think he's right to do so. You know, I really don't think he's a racist or anything like that at all. You know, he, he seems to have exactly the same view on race that I do as in, you know, when it's not going to be the focus of what we do. You know, I, I really find him resonating recently. Uh, Utter Nonsense for 499 says, what would you do if the dictionary racism definition is changed officially? How could you enter into an honest dialogue then? By the way, clean your room. I, I don't think we could. I think we'd be totally fucked. Yeah, we are um, fucked. Well, it hasn't changed yet. And I don't think they oh, will it's change coming. it. To, it's coming. I don't it's think they're going to change it to people speak. I'm sorry. It seems, it seems uh, kind of fruitless to do it backwards. Uh, usually it's the, it's the usage that, that comes first, and then the dictionary reflects the usage. Right, but right. You can't really do it the other way around. It's not, it, that seems like kind of trying to force it into you know no you're exact but that's exactly what's happening this is what i was yeah exactly talking about with the corruption of institutions is because people will bring up like you know say oh you know x x is racist you know nick cannon is racist and someone says well you can't be racist because he's black and then they'll bring up the power plus prejudice definition and then the retort Mm -hmm. that is always well here's a screenshot of the dictionary and it doesn't describe that so they're trying to they are trying to force their their political ideology into the the zeitgeist, I guess. You'll notice that Nick Cannon only had to apologize for offending Jewish people. I kn- see. I know we talked about that on the Nick Cannon stream. I thought it was so weird because, yeah, he what he said was offensive to Jews, but it was like so mild compared to all the offensive shit he said to white people. It was like a thousand <laughs> right. times crazier. Power plus privilege, man. So I, did, I don't know. It did bother me. It did bother me. Well, as I, a Jew, as a white Jew, I was offended. Hmm. Uh, I you know I I don't know if it's maybe my years of thick skin from being on YouTube, but whenever people say um, like anti-white stuff, I just, you know, whatever, you know, I don't take it personally. I mean, I just, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I I recognize sometimes there can be a a double standard, um, but um, I, I don't feel even the slightest bit oppressed in any way. Like I see people like, crying from the rooftops that you know about you know white genocide and you know white people are, <laughs> are 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 in serious trouble you know like and i i'm a i'm a straight white married man with pretty much zero problems and i just don't see this world that these other people see maybe it's maybe it's parochialism and i'm you know i'm just uh I mean, I, I have no idea where they're getting this stuff from. Like, like I see this stuff online. Like, do you really care about what this Twitter account with 10 followers is saying about white people or, or what some fringe, you know, person is saying about white people? I, I just don't see it as really affecting my life that much to, for me to, you know, keep me up at night or make a, a YouTube video about it or anything like that. I just literally forget about it like a minute after I hear it. For, for me, it's not a that. question of the white genocide or anything. For me, it's the blatant <clears throat> hypocrisy that Nick Cannon could say some of, you know, probably the most racist things anyone could possibly ever say. I mean, he's promoting an idea mm. 
that white people were genetically engineered to be evil. I mean, this is just like really like crazy far out like conspiracy shit. And yeah, well, I'm not like when I hear that, I'm not personally offended. Like I was like, whatever, he's a crazy person. It just bothers me that it's okay for him to say something like that. And, you know, he just like makes a very lame apology, which I don't think, you know, I think it's 100% fake. And that Fox News just says, or Fox, the media company just says, oh, well, he apologized, so it's okay. When I know for a fact that if anyone said that about black people or Asians or Jews or anything, they would be like canned immediately. Yeah, voted off the island. Well, this is, I see the same thing as far as like Islam goes, right? Mm -hmm. So the the common argument is that, you know, it's... uh, there, there, there's more tiptoeing around being critical of Islam on the left, right? And which, believe me, I'm aware of because I've been critical of Islam. And mm-hmm. but the um, the argument though is that because you know, like in the United States, they're a minority; they're like three percent of the population. Mm-hmm. So once again, we're talking about the, that power differential where you know you're punching down or whatever, and. You know, I believe that, you know, ideas should be open to be being criticized, no matter, you know, how many people believe them. But when we we, we talk, I, I think that we're ignoring the issue that people people don't want to contribute to a marginalization that that has occurred. Like they don't want to add insult to injury and, and be kicking people that have already been kicked. And in this particular society, now, if you go, you know, into, you know, places in the Middle East and Africa and Asia where Islam is hegemonic, you know, in, in, in these uh, specific countries where, you know, you, you have Islamism, where you have, you know, Islam and the government is mixed together and it's oppressive. Um, I think that that's an entirely different dynamic going on over there. And you'll find that people that you normally associate with the left, like Democrats, are just as, you know, war hawkish, you know, as far as bombing Muslims mm-hmm. goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a, a lot of um, hypocrisy and, and misunderstanding going on when we talk about um, how, how, we, how we address beliefs you know like 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 islam when when they're held by an extreme minority and wanting to be a a little more careful with how we go about it so as to not perpetuate more bigotry against them than they already have in a society where they're already an extreme minority you know what i mean no and i know exactly what you mean that there is there is a power dynamic and you don't want to because the issue is you don't want it to be like oh you know, if there's some belief that's bad, that everyone that's part of this group, you know, believes that. And like, I think I think the difference is that no, no one was saying like when Nick Cannon comes out and says his racist stuff, I, I don't think anyone was thinking or claiming that all black people think this, you know, buy into the nation of Islam, crazy shit. So I think the bigger issue, and while I agree with that, you don't want to have, you know, groups of people be oppressed. I think the bigger issue is that you can't, you can't get the majority population. You can't get white people. You can't get anyone to really jump on board with being anti-racist if they can see clear racist rhetoric not being punished because everyone is very sensitive to fairness. And if they say, okay, well, the rules have to apply to everyone equally, right? Yeah, I think it's a wrong-headed approach to um, 
to to go on the attack of you know the 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 majority you know and and and, and use the same um, type of bigotry that, that the majority would use on the minority and just flip it and use that on the majority right I think it's wrong to use that type of attack I think it's it's better to 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 dissuade you know the bigotry against the minority than to try to persuade a bigotry against a majority you know like uh, in other words you know you you can't just you know like turn the tables and and you know like yeah, play no, the exact play the exact same game you know against against right. them you know like in other words it's 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 counterproductive to just say you know all white people are you know this way and there's no fixing them and they're inherently broken and blah 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 that doesn't that's not gonna you know uh win people over that's not going to you know fix the problem right yeah no because for me it's it's very pragmatic i just i don't think you can get people on board as long as the rules aren't the same for everyone in terms of this yeah it's morally wrong to be deliberately unfair right and that's what we're seeing isn't it and and there's and there's a strategy to consider. Like if you if you genuinely want there to be you know less racism in the world, if you want people to be less bigoted towards black people, I don't I don't think it's strategically you know a good idea to tell to to and try to encourage black people to be bigoted against white people and be mean at white people. I mean that's going to be you know against their best interests, especially you know being a minority and you know that's just going to cause more resentment in white people and then encourage more racism and more bigotry from white people because i, I think racism begets racism right can I, can I ask you a question about what you were saying earlier about uh you're not bothered when people attack white people right mm -hmm. um uh -oh. I've, I've i've got a question on this because I've, I've i've been thinking about this a lot because I, yeah. do you feel white is it an identity you hold or is it just a description of your skin color? Um, I, what I think is that um, it affects people's perception of me. Like um, I think that, you know, growing up in Chicago, um, I knew that there was certain neighborhoods, you know, I could, go in and and um you know maybe maybe be at risk because of the color of my skin maybe be targeted um i uh, i've even been profiled by police because i was you know white in a black area and they thought you know i'm there to buy drugs i've never done drugs but that's why they think i'm there i'm going to play you know uh yeah. video games with one of my friends who lives there but um there's certain assumptions that I, I'm aware that there's going to be assumptions made about me um, because of the color of my skin. That doesn't mean that I associate with those assumptions or that I yeah. hold to them as an, some sort of identity, but I am aware that other people will. Sure. But what, what I mean is for you personally, you know, because, you know, you know, you're not going to get emotionally bothered by something if it doesn't bother you. Right. So like, you know, when, when someone says, you know, white people are bad, you're you're not looking at some sort of heroic ideal, some deeply held conviction of whiteness. You're just sh thinking, well, he's talking about the color of my skin, right? Yeah. Oh, well, I what I hmm. white people are. I I just think it's 
when I see that, I just, I see it like, you know, this, the same as like the, the, uh, the people that think, you know, black people are inherently bad, you know, yeah. the, the, the genetic, like, I didn't hear exactly what he said, but I, I know yeah. Sitch said it was something about, you know, uh, genetic, right? Or, they or, they you think know. the Nation of Islam uh, creation myth is that all non-black people were genetic, all non-black people were genetically engineered to be evil. Oh. Yeah, and that's just ridiculous. And, you know, I see it as ridiculous as, you know, black people just, you know, inherently genetically, you know, predisposed to to being criminals or whatever. I, I just, I, I don't buy into that either way. Um, and it doesn't, I don't, I don't see that as a threat to me. Like I, that's why, like, I, I know there's fringe, there's all kinds of fringe people. And, um, I think that it it benefits some to to promote them as being like more more prevalent than they really are. Mm-hmm. But what, what I mean is like um, like look at Superman, right? The truth, justice, and the American way. There's an ideal there, right? The American way is an ideal, right? Mm-hmm. So if I would say the American way is evil, I could see why someone would be offended. Americanism is bad. Being an American is bad. But personally, I don't hold any kind of moral ideal to the word white you know it, it, for me it's just a description of my skin color you know it doesn't yeah you can you know, be bad or you can be good or bad if you're white it doesn't exactly you know but, yeah. but someone who's being like a good american isn't a bad person because they're being a good american you know um, right i mean i think though that there's when you get into like um a nation it gets more complicated because a nation can do things that are bad and, oh, yeah, yeah. and, and oh, yeah, that the, the ideal, you know, the thing that you're striving for, you know, that's when, when I think that when people like Nick Cannon say white people, they, mm-hmm. without realizing it, are ha, have a set of like a, a sort of a, a construct that they think white people are aiming for, that they think, you know, or at least if if the Robin D'Angelo account is correct, is deliberately harmful to black people as an ideal you know mm-hmm. whereas i don't obviously view that i just view it as a description of a skin color it's not you know so then that's why they capitalize b for the black now and don't capitalize w for the white because it's an identity so it's, it's a thing that you aim for you know and i and what i was saying before about um minor being you know a minority and being careful to not you know perpetuate you know even further discrimination against a minority i think that's why there was a difference in his and reaction as far as what he was saying about jewish people and white people because i think people were more afraid of jewish people receiving a, a more significant backlash than white people because there's so many more white people than there are jewish people i think that explains the difference in what got him in trouble you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I think you're right. I just I think that that I think that that idea needs to be, for completely pragmatic reasons, I think that idea needs to be thrown away just because mm-hmm. it, it feeds the narrative. Because then you have all of these people say, "Well, wait a minute, you know, it's okay to be racist against white people, you know, so why should I buy into anti-racism?" And to me, that just mm. leads people yeah. to being alt writers and white nationalists yeah. and that stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that 
a lot of these people unwittingly give ammo to actual, you know, racists outright, um, like uh, people who are legit racist against black people. Now they have all now they have all kinds of useful propaganda that can be fed to them. Look at what this guy's saying. Look, it's actually true. They want to get rid of you. They want this is a war against you, and that's all. Hand, they're just making propaganda for racists. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Stuart Keating for 10 Aussie dollars says, going by his looks, I predict Dark Matter will receive a call from Hollywood to play Kratos in an upcoming God of War <laughs> film. Would he be down to play that role despite the word God being in the title? <laughs> I would I would love to, but I have to have a more manly voice. I I have to change my voice. <laughs> I, I have I, my, I people are always shocked at how I looked because I sound nothing like my voice. I have a weenie weenie voice, but um, I'm a like a bodybuilding big, big brute dude. of a man. Yeah, <laughs> you have a gentle you have voice. Amazing dancer, man! It looks yeah. great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, and one guitar man for $10 says, it's not clear because the ideology is malleable. It's not about the who exactly, it's about the power. And taking it for themselves by any means necessary, white supremacy is just the boogeyman this time. Uh, that's that's not true. That's it's it's it is deeper than that. I mean, he is right. They they'll do by any means necessary what they do, have to do to get power. But what, mm -hmm. white supremacy to them is a tangible thing. And uh, we've been through it, but they, they really believe it. Uh, pragmatic culture for ten dollars says truly the worst of all possible worlds. Two liberal secularists with basically zero theolog theological or even philosophical training arguing the utility of religion. We are indeed doomed. I've had philosophical training. <laughs> the the problem that I have uh, just to just to give pragmatic cultures due is the religious folks want to argue that religion is literally true. So that's where they want to take the debate. And I just, we don't want to have that debate here. We want to talk about whether or not the ethics package is demonstrably good for society, regardless of the truth value of the claims of religion. So it's just, we don't want, Christians will bog us down in that debate often. Mm -hmm. Do you agree, mm -hmm. Sargon? I think that's a great way of describing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to have like theological discussions. I mean, mm -hmm. they don't terribly interest me because I don't believe, but um, I can do them. You know, I've read, read plenty of religious texts and then responses and whatnot and whatnot. Do you want to hey, respond? Hey, we John? were supposed yeah. to have two Christians come on and try to cut Adam on stream, but we can never. They kept dodging it. Yeah, okay. that's the way. That's that's what would have happened. I mean, we're we're we essentially talking about a different subject than whether or not God exists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Death by Sloth for $5 says, very few businesses are acquiring their employees to read the Bible, whereas white fragility is rapidly gaining popularity among U.S. companies. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm surprised how many Blade. people are lashing out at it, though, which gives me some optimism. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and my, my two friends who have read it, um, are pretty far left. Uh, maybe you are familiar with them, um, Grappling Ignorance and Meridian Frost. Um, I'm familiar with Grappling Ignorance, but I, I can't say I've watched any of his content in a few years. It's not that, that, that always sounds like a diss when you say it, but I don't mean yeah. it like a diss. It's just, oh, it's not, he, he deals with subjects I'm, I'm just not concerned with. Uh, yeah, he, uh, and he stops posting a lot anyway, but um, yeah, they, 
since I mean I know this is going to sound lazy, but seeing as how they took they they took issue with it, and I really do respect you know because I know them both well and I respect yeah. their their opinions and everything, and I I just felt like it would be a waste of my time to read it because I feel like you know I'm already going to you know. Do you, do you, it, can I give you a choice quote? Sure. There's, I, let oh, me, no. uh, I, I think I'm actually oh, on, no. I, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm actually on the page, right? Um, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Listen to this. Robin D'Angelo on page 90 says, I have friends who are black whom I love deeply. I do not have to suppress feelings of hatred and contempt as I sit with them. I see their humanity. But on the macro level, I also recognize the deep anti-black feelings that have been inculcated into me since childhood. These feelings surface immediately. In fact, before I can even think, when I conceptualize black people in general, the sentiments <laughs> yeah. arise when I pass black strangers on the street. What? <laughs> like, oh my god! I'm not kidding. She's a she's a racist. She yeah. says she is a racist, but she also believes you are a racist. Yeah, it's it's just classic projection. Yeah. Cha chapter, um, I think it's chapter seven is called the Good Bad Binary, where she tries to yeah it's, yeah chapter seven's Good Bad Binary, where she spends the entire chapter trying to explain that there aren't good and bad. Being a racist doesn't make you bad. Everyone's a racist, so good and bad people <laughs> oh are both God. racist. No, Do literally, literally, because she sees racism as support for structures what that are created by white people which she calls white supremacy, but we call constitutional democracy. How does she, how does she justify having knowledge of the minds of billions of people? Well, wow, she'll say it's socialization. You're socialized into a culture that is a white supremacist. She culture. has no facts or studies. It's all no. just her thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's her own bigotry that she's projecting onto other white people because I just don't think yeah. about race. It just doesn't come up. But because she was raised as a racist, I think she feels guilty. And I think that one of the ways that she copes with this is saying, well, hang on, everyone was raised with race. Hang on, hang on, Robin. <laughs> I'm not even from your fucking country, all right? I, I, I was raised in a mixed-race family in the 90s, you know. So don't give me this fucking shit that I was raised as a white supremacist. Was she thing. raised as, like, a racist? And a racist yeah, yeah where's the was, parents? Right? That's what I'm asking. Like, I want to meet her yeah, parents. Yeah. But no, none of none of her racist attitudes she attributes to herself because, it, in her opinion, racism is not about agency. It's not about choice to hate people, right? Oh she God. she she just feels that this has been thrust upon her and has no choice. And maybe maybe she grew up like in the deep south or something in the sixties or something. I don't know. I no. don't know where she grew up. She looks like she grew up in upstate New York to me. Yeah, she she looks like it, doesn't she? But uh, she but she's open. I mean, uh, a few chapters in, she just says, "Yeah, well, I'm racist, and everyone's racist." I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but um, yeah, she's just open about it. And this could, and people who believe this will naturally think that you know all white people are think this way. You know, if she's yeah. if she's convincing, you know, to some people, then yeah. And then that's just going to set things back, in my opinion. On I think it's counter counterproductive. Oh, it's terrible. It's it's. I, I I mean, I don't describe things generally as 
good or evil in a moral sense, but I would probably call this evil uh, mm-hmm. if I had to. But on, on the on the plus side, in chapter 11, it's called White Women's Tears, and she spends this entire chapter BTFOing white women for crying and having, like, you know, the privilege, like Karens, basically, who, who mm-hmm. you know, who expect the police to be deferential to them if they start crying. Oh, And she's like, no, white women crying is a problem. I'm like, wow, that's based. Yeah, that's a national <laughs> so she- service. Yeah, so exactly. she was born in uh, San Jose, California, oh and is of God, Italian oh no. descent. So there yeah, you she's go. definitely Catholic. Oh no. the, it, it, the, the whole thing is saturated in Catholic like moralism. Like mm-hmm. there's a guilt that every original sin, everyone's got this original sin of racism. It's very, it's very obviously a Catholic sort of view. Uh, P Dog one one nine for five dollars says question for both. Do you think that wokeness is related to an upbringing in conservative religious households for some people? I think mm-hmm. that could be the case. Yeah, definitely rebelling against the parents. Rebellion. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm it... oh, sorry, go. Oh, that's yeah. That's what I was going to reiterate. Is well, if you mean like, um, you know, like how, how the the preacher's daughter kind of thing, where. You know, she's the exact opposite of of dad. You know, and she becomes a an atheist. And uh, but uh, maybe, but I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. But I could. I could see. You know, that being a, a point. Individuation is a thing that happens. You know, when you grow up, you want to uh, become your own individual, separate from your parents. So I think, yeah, mm-hmm. being the opposite is. You know, as a as a it, rebel myself, <laughs> tends to be the direction we go. <laughs> And that's why you shouldn't be overbearing on your kids, you know? Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and push them in the opposite direction. Oh, I'm going to be totally overbearing, but pro-social <laughs> justice with my kids. Hey. Oh, there you they, go. They're going to rebel and become 90s liberals. A little hey. reverse psychology. <laughs> nice. I like it. Yeah, I'm fucking one step ahead. <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. Uh, Derek Drummond for 499 says, but my free will. Yes. Thank you, Derek. Yeah. Uh, some oil guy for nine ninety nine pounds says Sargon. So Dank's dog was just being a good ally, good ally to the Black Lives Matter movement this whole time. What? Oh, I don't um, know what that was. I don't know. To. But sure. I, 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 I know. I'm not. Even, I'm not even going to make the joke because it's a bit spicy. Yeah. So. yeah. Don't do it on our stream. Don't the stream on your channel got taken down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Gonna, that's right. Not going to make any spicy jokes. Don't say anything that will get the surfs triggered, okay? Yeah, right. Uh, Andy B for five pounds says, subjective individual morality versus objective universal, objective universal morality, it never changes. I'm not yeah. even sure if there's such a thing as subjective morality, to be honest. Oh, God, Sargon, yeah. why would you say well, no, because this? They, why, are you, why are you doing I this? Know, he's doing it to make the oh. stream go on like six hours. Oh. Well, look, if, if morality is about telling people what they should do, uh-huh. and you're, you're making an objective statement, you should do this thing. And it's just that they believe they're correct and other morality forms of morality are incorrect. But morality is like a game. There's different players. No, no, no. Okay, wait, wait, wait. That's not what, yeah, but that's generally not what people mean when they say objective morality. They mean that there's some moral fabric in the, you know, moral foundation in the fabric of the universe that exists outside of humans. They mean universal morality. Yeah, but, yeah. No, yeah, but regardless of situation or, or, you know, right. whether or not human beings even exist, you know, then the morality, the moral question is the same. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But any moral imperative is kind of def- derived from the same root. 
you know from whatever the moral I, origin is that you're drawing from you're still I, saying this is what do you how mean things should like give me an example because like, i don't understand yeah, sure. um uh it's it's bad to be racist right mm-hmm. is is that how's that a subjective statement that that applies to everything that's a categoric statement saying that objectively it is bad to be racist. I don't need God to say that. I'm saying that categorically it's bad to be racist. And I can't, you know, and, and for, for me to believe in subjective morality, would for, for me to believe that actually sometimes it's okay for people to say, no, it's actually good to be racist. And for me to say, well, actually, well, I mean, you know, that, that that's true, uh, but I don't believe that. I believe it's bad to be racist. So, so... I object. Right, but you, you, okay, so like, for example, you agree that it's bad to be racist, right? Like, that, yes. they'll say, okay, but you don't think that the concept of it's bad to be racist exists outside of humans. The, well, definitionally, like, the, by the, de- by the, by the terms we're using, don't get I him believe- started, Sarka. <laughs> don't get him started. Well, no, no, I'm saying because you're, you're doing what Adam's doing, you're using like a different word of like you're doing a different definition of objective than what they're talking about by objective well, they mean universal i, yeah. I don't think that yeah. someone else might be right if i've made a categoric moral statement no but it's not right. a question of someone else it's a question of it exists if there are no here. humans there is no racism right because there can't be racism there's no races well <laughs> sure i um, think that i think that it's um <clears throat> The, the the it depends on the goal like um if like it, it's the same thing with art so art is a lot of people are going to say art is largely subjective and that's true mm-hmm. until you have a specific goal in mind and then you can pull objectivity into art like oh, say your, your your goal is to create a realistic portrait so you got one guy that does something akin to a rembrandt and another guy that does something akin to a picasso objectively one guy was successful over the other guy was more was 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 did a better job yeah. objectively right. if the goal is realism it's the rembrandt um so more morality now you have to question what is your goal what is what, what do you want do you want a peaceful society do you want people to be um uh, harmonious and not and not you know clubbing each other over the head every other day well okay so now we have to look at the morals that are going to be most conducive to that. What, what it, what's going to allow us to have the greatest amount of freedom and also reduce, you know, these criminal acts in, in the greatest possible way. What's going to be the best of all possible worlds. There's going to be certain ideas that are, that are going to assist that better than other ideas. And that's the, that's an, a, a more objective way we can look at morality. Yeah, that's perfect. I think love it. I think what I mean though is there's no point making a moral statement unless you're suggesting that it is the the correct statement. And if it's sure. correct, then it you, you have to believe that other people will view it as correct. That's not to say that you don't think there's a possibility they'll disagree with you, uh, but you will think that person is wrong, right? Right. And they and right. they will think you're wrong, but that's because you're both making categoric, which I guess you could just transcribed to be objective statements you would say you know no you know you are just wrong but uh, you know from an, an objective point of view like i've got my reasons to say that this is the case and i can't i can't countenance that I, i'm not going to make a moral statement that i don't think is true right otherwise it's not a moral statement for me it's just me talking right it's not an injunction 
Sure. John isn't the but goal. But this is what, I mean, what uh, Dark Matter just said is exactly what I said whenever we get this argument with Adam, where I said we need to separate objective morality into two concepts. The universal <laughs> he loves this. objective mm-hmm. morality, which is like what the religious people are talking about. Which you and just then could call universal morality. I don't know why. You universal, universal objective morality. And then what, what uh, Dark Matter was talking about is, is the situational morality. objective morality. Right. But I mean, really, really, when you're talking about the source of the morality, aren't you? Because when someone religious yes. says, well, God gives us objective morality. Well, yeah, sure, if you believe in God. Uh, but then what you're saying is the, the the moral origin point is universal for all people. And so all people should follow yes, this thing. Exactly. Uh, the, danger, so it, the danger I see with that is that because, you know, we all believe that, that God isn't, you know, real. At least they're not their version of God. Right. Oh, sorry. Well, oh, I'm like, so offended. Oh my god. Okay. But Cancel if, if God, if God, if God is, uh, if there, if if a particular God is uh, invented by people, and 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 then therefore the, the the opinions of that God, then they're precisely not objective, um, and they're being promoted as objective. That means. And, and, and it's the dogma, it's the religious dogma that can't be, you know, you can't disagree with it. You're not allowed to disagree with it because it's God. And God's obviously, you know, absolute. Yeah. So um, if you're wrong, you know, and, you know, about if God, if their God is wrong, because essentially it is man-made, then this wrong belief is going to be perpetuated and not allowed to be resisted because it's, god it's absolute and then that's gonna that's gonna be a huge problem because people can't question this wrong thing yeah, i want they're going their argument is not going to be this is objectively true it's god right when when reality is they're no different than the atheist who gets you know their morals from from other human beings they think they're not getting their morals from other human beings. They think they're getting it from God, when in actuality, they're getting it from people who lived thousands of years ago, who yeah. don't have the benefit of thousands of years of, of moral evolution to consider. We could do a whole stream right. on this, and it would probably be interesting, because I look yeah. at God as the enforcement mechanism. There's like the ethical package, and then there's the enforcement of the ethical package. And God is just a superior way to enforce an ethical package if people believe, because it's totally free. <laughs> like the, uh, They're monitoring themselves. Uh, I want to also ask on the universal thing, just because isn't the isn't the goal always the same? Isn't it like the most resources for the most number of people? It seems like there's kind of this utilitarian aspect to it where it's That's always not, the what same. What do you mean the goal is always the same? Of morality, of the no. eth- of the I mean, ethical lots system. Of, I mean, for many thousands of years, morality was about some in group trying to conquer an out group for more resources for more people for their right, group. but for their own group. You know, yeah, they're not looking at in the modern era where uh, we're our groups are kind of uh, coalescing together. Sure, I, th- I see. I see a, um, a difference between what we're advocating and what's actually going on, though, because what's actually going on is the more resources are going towards the fewer people. Mm-hmm in our society that's what's really going on but i think that you're right that i think i think most people would prefer to see you know more resources more resources for everybody wouldn't we conceptualize um, what you're talking about though as immoral like the re- more resources going to fewer people i think yeah we would conceptualize that as immoral 
any ethical package that that consisted of more and more resources going to fewer and fewer people, we would think, fuck that mm-hmm. ethics right. package. Let's get we, a new one. We do, yeah. right, we right do. now in history, current point of history. But that's mm-hmm. not the way it was always viewed. And, and I see more and more people defending that. Like, okay, so, you know, they, they, they're kind of mis- under the mistaken belief that these these billionaires really did become billionaires because we live in this perfect meritocracy mm-hmm. when actually they you know got all kinds of uh help and they you know like like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get accused of tds but like, oh, no. <laughs> trump you know like if we live in a world where trump can be a billionaire i i, I think it's pretty good evidence that we're not living in a meritocracy Mm-hmm. Hey, now that's a that's a that's a value judgment, you know. Trump yeah. obviously, uh, Trump obviously was able to make people persuade, you know, persuade people right. to do these things, you know, and, and that's the that's the only merit that's required to become a billionaire. Right, and I don't think that that's. I, I, mean, I don't think that's a, the best way. I mean, I think I'm that not saying be, it's, I'm being not saying it is. <laughs> the the number of people you're able to to trick is should should be that what causes you to get the most resources you know i well trick trick is a, the thing is no billionaire has a billion dollars right billionaires make the, the the standard of what a billionaire is is wealth owned so property business you know stock so options. It, it's not that yeah stock options it's not their bank account you know this is i tell mm-hmm. you the left is fucking terrible with conceit they're like why don't we just redistribute jeff bezos's wealth it's like he doesn't need a billion dollars and he doesn't have a billion dollars or 32 whatever it is you know he's got property he's got investments he's got stocks he's got businesses he's got you know but these are these are huge structures with thousands of employees you know that you can't redistribute amazon you know right money money begets money like if you if you have a lot of money it's going to be easier for you to make a lot of money you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, totally. So yeah, that, sure. but like, yeah, yeah, and they do make a lot of money. I mean, like, we mm-hmm. we we saw Jeffrey Epstein's finances after he killed himself allegedly, and uh, and you you saw that he only had, he had like you know he's a he had like six hundred million dollars worth of assets, but he only had like sixty mm-hmm. million dollars in the bank, you know, right. maybe less than actually, you know, and that and that's I mean maybe Jeff Bezos does have like a billion dollars. I mean he is unbelievably rich, but the average billionaire like Trump is not going to have anywhere near a billion dollars in the bank, nowhere near, you know. The, but what they're doing is valuing his property ownership. Right. But is like I've right. been to Trump Tower. That's that's thousands, you know, hundreds of people's jobs. You know, that's a that's a, a business that he runs. You know, and and this is. This is how billionaires are calculated. They're not like Scrooge McDuck sat on a fucking pile of gold coins, which is genuinely how left wingers, like the socialist left, view billionaires. And it's fucking dumb. You Uh, could do that. I mean, you could just invest and sit on the money and do nothing all day. Right? um, Sloth. I mean, like, in what way? What do you mean? Sorry. Well, I mean, if you just took a millions of dollars and just dropped it into the dow i mean it's generally going to go up and you wouldn't have millions of dollars then you'd have no no but you could live on you know a percentage of yeah. the income you oh, could totally. easily totally. Right. you know yeah totally. and, and you, you, you wouldn't have to do anything you could just live oh. your life doing that a state tax yeah, absolutely but i mean that's a risky strategy i mean if the stock crashes then it's worth nothing and you get nothing. well i mean it'll it'll go up it'll like even after the great depression i mean after 10 years it was you know back you know it'll if you just as long as you keep it there 
well, you the know, biz- it'll... the business might go out of business. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, no, I'm talking about just uh, mutual funds, you know, a little bit of everything. Right, 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 right. But well, possibly, you know, but again, you're not going to have a billion dollars from that, even if you've got a billion dollars worth of stock, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But enough to live on and do nothing. You could do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Wooster from 199 says, Sitch, all objective morality is universal. Look, I'm only, I only created the term situational or local objective morality just to placate Adam, okay? It was a compromise, okay? I understand that he's wrong, but this is just what you got to do, okay? You got to compromise. It's just I, to I, shut I me up. Very, very, very quickly, right? Uh, and there, there are sort of like three layers um, to ethics that we can consider here. So you've got the sort of the definitional layer. Uh-huh. Um, where you can you can make a categoric statement that is eternally true by the definition of the terms being used that's objective right? that that is you're talking about an objective like a priori layer that always exists just yeah. by the definition of the terms used then you've got the action oriented layer of ethics and then you've got the consequence layer of ethics and oh, yeah, the, the 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 definitional layer is objective by the terms being used but the the um the sort of virtue emotion parts you know where you're in action and then the consequences of your actions these are always contingent so you know like you're looking around and what was the result you know so that's i think that's a better way of looking at the structure of it this is where the evolutionary process kicks in because the ethics are played out and then they either work or they don't work they're either make people successful or they make people destitute yeah. And I'm still I'm still wary about using evolution though because I mean so it gets it gets hairy when you apply you know um, good and bad to evolution mm-hmm. for obvious reasons like that yeah. historically hasn't been good but we, also like when you like I know I made this argument with you before but like Islam has been very successful and I don't think anyone here wants Islam to be become hegemonic and you know um, and that you, you like have to consider would, the environment though because it's the same way like whales are very successful in the ocean but we would be horribly we wouldn't be successful in the ocean so yeah they're in a different cultural economic environment that their religion is adapted to i would say it's an honor culture mm-hmm. like our religion is adapted to a dignity culture an honor culture religion would not really thrive in america so there is an evolutionary component to it why would it not but, thrive in America? What's that? Why Why not? Why wouldn't it thrive? Islam? Yeah. Well, I'm, honor culture in general. Yeah, I'm not an yeah, expert honor. on Islam, but honor cultures tend to form in low-resource environments where, you know, you're going to get... If you, ha- if you gain any wealth at all, you're going to get picked on uh, by other people who want those resources. Therefore, you cultivate a, a reputation for violence. They're, they tend to be more violent than dignity cultures. Mm. It's easy to have a lot of generosity here in America where we're all you know, wealthy. We've got a, a social safety net, that kind of thing. Yeah, but wouldn't these be like, uh, you, I mean, it, you know, Islam's very familial. You know, it's got very tight family structures. Wouldn't these compensate for the things that you're saying it would be lacking? Well, those tight family structures are probably useful in an honor culture as well. You've got lots of brothers yeah. that are going to take... I, 
I honestly think the problems that you're having experiencing with Islam in Great Britain is the fact that you've got a bunch of people who are socialized in an honor culture, which is tends to be violent. You have this ethic that if people are going to... Um, hang on, hang on a I, I've just got to say, I disavow Adam completely. Well, I, I'm, I'm speaking... <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Ezra, Islam is a religion of peace and has done... Thank God. Thank God I'm not big enough that Ezra Klein is going to come along and do a fucking two-hour <laughs> podcast on what a racist I am. I'm just saying, like, if you are, if you, and, and we have honor cultures here in America. What do you think the code of the streets is? You know, you don't talk yeah. to the cops. You know, you deal with yeah. it yourself. That's an honor culture, same as the Wild West, you know? Uh, You're uh, saying the black community is violent, Adam. <laughs> it's the, getting worse and worse. Sargon, help me out this here. About, this about, You're supposed I to would, save me from I, this. I, would, I will say, though, that there are people who use Islam as an excuse to be racist without having to mention races because they know that, you know, the majority majority of Muslim people aren't, sure. aren't white people. Totally. So I they're agree. going to use that as a proxy for their racism. And I think that a lot of the criticism when it comes to, you know, calling critics of Islam racist comes from that. Whereas yeah. like if you see someone focusing on purely on um, the, 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 the scripture, then I think you would have much less of a, a, you know, reason for calling someone racist if they're if they're you know talking about the actual you know religion itself, the beliefs of the religion itself, rather than the the, the political aspects. You know, the yeah, well, I can give you a really great example of that. Actually, um, there was a Sikh bus driver who was attacked in the UK because the guy thought he was a Muslim because he was wearing a turban. It's like the Muslims uh, wear turbans. You know, yeah. uh, exactly. That's exactly what you're talking about. Right. Well, mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just saying if you take people from an honor culture, let's do it this way. So Ezra Klein won't get on our backs. If you had a time machine and you could travel <laughs> back to the Wild West and drop somebody who is who is socialized in that more violent, more, you know, uh, honor based culture where, you know, if someone disrespects you, you take care of business, you drop them in a dignity culture. There's going to be clashes. I mean, there, there's been tons of uh, social experiments on this just uh, with the the American South tends to be more uh, conscious of slights towards reputation and stuff like that. Bro, I'm telling you, you guys, are, you've got a completely wrongheaded view of your own history here. Like the, the number of duels, like <laughs> shootouts that like... happened in the Wild West is minuscule. It's min more happens every day in Chicago. Like it's unironically like the, the it's Hollywood. Because think of the number, not name the name, all of the fucking gunfighters from the Wild West you can name. You're going to name me Jesse James, Doc Holliday. And probably a couple of others, right? Well, I'm talking about our movie ones, history. Well, Come name, on, name a non-famous one. I don't. How, how am I supposed to name a? I don't how know. many like, duels? Name a non-famous like Italian um, mobster. I, I don't know. How many duels are taking place on mobsters. Twitter right now? But the, the, no, no, Sitch, but, you could have just made up a bunch of names and thrown yeah, them. I know. I could have exactly. <laughs> but the, the but I'm an is, honest it, moral it, person. The, the, it didn't happen that much. It was not nearly as lawless as you think. No, I. You could be right. I have no idea. Oh, no, I've never I saw, seen any I statistics of crime rates. Of like no, no, I did see the stats a while ago. The, the, it was the, there were not very many like you know shootouts and stuff like that. It's just Hollywood has made everyone think. Well, send, well, send them to me. Well, I'm very curious. I, it, it was it was a couple of years account? ago that I saw this. You know, I didn't think I, somebody I in the chat come up. figured out so, this out. Sargon, you've read you've read Stephen Pinker's book. Say again, Sargon, you've read Stephen. Oh, go ahead, John. 
I was just going to ask real quick compared to the like population difference, like per capita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, okay. and just, just overall, anyway, you know, there just mm-hmm. weren't that many shootouts. It was actually quite a rare thing. I'm not saying there, there was... weren't murders or anything like this, but you know what I mean? Like lawless banditry and shit. That wasn't actually very common. There was well, a I... chart that I showed, I think it was last stream. Now it, it didn't go back to the 1800s, but it went back to like the night, like 1900. And it showed that actually the crime rate up until the great depression was almost the same as it was in like the eighties. And it's just that there's a huge drop off during, you know, world war two, obviously and the boomers yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah. I'm not, that's why I'm saying I'm not convinced that there, there was like no crime or very little. No, crime I'm not saying there was no crime. I'm saying there were comparatively, crime. you know, you know, Jesse James bandits, you know, running around everywhere, sh- shooting the place up. You, you know, there was crime, obviously. You've read you know, Stephen Pinker's, You've read Stephen Pinker's book, right, Sargon? So you know that on honor, honor culture, dignity culture, victimhood culture. Which book? Uh, his most recent book. I'm spacing on the name of it, but I'm done. Was it Enlightenment now. Yeah, Enlightenment now. That's it. I have. I read. It, I read it. I think about a year and a half ago, yeah. something like that. So I can't really remember much about it now. To yeah. be honest. But I remember. I mean, I love. I love the dematerialization chapter. That was great. Uh, Brazen Brand for ten dollars says, "Tell Dark Matter to look up Christopher Hitchens' comments on North Korea and Stalin's Russia. He argued that they were overtaken by state worship ideologies that functioned as religions." Yeah, yeah, could be the yeah. case. I, I, I see that as being a, a viable idea. Um, uh, <clears throat> I, I do think that there is something to be said for. Um, being disciplined about how we define what a religion is otherwise we get into like being able to call football a religion if we get too loose with it and i i see that sometimes mm-hmm. um how do you define a religion well without giving the obvious examples christianity islam you know uh hinduism and buddhism and all that but like uh, uh a belief about it, it would be a common belief um usually with, with superstition and and belief in a, in a higher a power a god figure that a creation a universe creator typically um with with moral with specific moral precepts yeah. um th- things like this i mean um I wasn't meant to be a trick question or anything because I'm actually not sure how I would define a religion, to be honest. I think mo- I think the moral yeah. precepts have to be the kind of core of it, don't they? Um, yeah, and a certain dogmatism where wherein the moral precepts are pretty set in stone. Hmm. You know, where you, I think once you get to a point where you you you're, you start getting really flexible about about the the rules, then you know whether or not it, sh- it should be called a religion is questionable. I mean, it, or maybe maybe then it would split off into a different denomination, I guess. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> then then when we talk about like um, state, like, like um, I, I, I believe I brought this up with Adam last time when we talk about um, these totalitarian states that that try to impose atheism on people, I just don't think that that's possible. I think that's foolish because you can't you can't affect people's true beliefs that way. Um, they have to be convinced. You can't force them. So these these states that try to impose atheism, um, first of all, that's bad and foolish. 
but second of all, it's not effective. And these these people in these countries, I don't, I have a hard time believing that they were all atheists because of that. You know, I think yeah. so. So whether or not they worshipped the state, um, I don't know if they worshipped the state, but but were just um, uh, they 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 had no choice in the matter really, and. Um, they very well could have been believers, but they could have been oppressed in, in that they weren't allowed to practice their religions and, or, you know, um, that's definitely so, true. That's that, I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, the, this, the Soviets destroyed cathedrals and they killed like yeah. 16 million Christians. So, you know, there's no doubt that there's going to have been loads of fucking repressed believers there. Right, right, right. So I wouldn't, so that I think kind of, it speaks against this idea that 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 those governments became, you know, the the new religions that that they they were replacements for the religions. I I just yeah. think that those were oppressive regimes that um, erased um, religious people in a sen- in in a sense that they couldn't express themselves anymore. But that doesn't mean that they that they didn't exist. That I don't think. In other words, I just don't think they were atheists. Um, and that's not because I don't want to take, you know, because I don't want to take credit for communist Russia or whatever. No, I mean, I, 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 I am against that. You know, obviously I, I spoke, I've, I don't advocate that. So what I am, what I am saying though, is that I, I just don't think you can uh, call that atheism, like honest atheism. I think those people were just oppressed and that they probably weren't actually, there probably wasn't a significant number of actual atheists who came to disbelief through you know rhetoric and and through you know just going through the arguments and stuff i i I think that they were forced into their situation and and couldn't practice their religions yeah i mean the the communists themselves uh the sort of dialectical historical materialists are definitely atheists because they obviously being materialists don't believe anything non-material exists um, so the, you know the mm-hmm. communists who were committing the atrocities were atheists, but it is not because they are atheists that they commit atrocities. You know, it's like in the same way that you know Hitler was a Christian, but it's not because he was a Christian that he committed atrocities. You know, it's right. uh, entirely I mean, political, entirely political. Yeah, and I, and I do want to differentiate between the 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 communistic, you know, the, the atheistic uh, regimes that were oppressive and the Nazi you know, the, the Axis powers that are often wrongly described as atheistic, and, and that's not true. They'll, you know, the Nazi, Nazi Germany was like 90% Christian, and obviously fascist Italy was Catholic. I mean, and even in Japan, you had Shintoism. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, but, I, you know, obviously Russia and China, obviously then you're talking about you know, atheists, atheistic regimes, which I do not agree with. I don't agree with, you know, imposing, yeah. <clears throat> imposing atheism on anybody any more than I would agree with imposing a religion on anybody. It just doesn't work. Yeah. But I, I do think it's wrong to try and ascribe a religious or irreligious motivation to these regimes because they are weak. It was just entirely political. You don't right. need any further explanation. You know, I, I do think that um, you can use religion as a vehicle to motivate politi- political positions, though. Yeah, I, yeah that's one. Of, that's one yeah. of the things that I 
that's one of the reasons that I am always so anti-religious is because I see it as a, a vulnerability, an avenue for, for manipulation, political manipulation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Pragmatic Culture for $5 says, Poland, basically a theocracy now, or becoming one, is greater than the woke Anglo nations. Change my mind. Based Poland. <laughs> there you go. Why would we want to change LGBT your mind? LGBT free zones. We're not here to... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, John, John Masters for five dollars says there are woke advocates within the church who assert the Bible must be read through critical theory, basically gamer slash comic skate style space seizing. What the, the Pope's a progressive. He's a full on progressive. Social justice is fundamentally a Catholic concept. Mm -hmm. it, but doesn't that isn't that against your idea that you know we need religion to mitigate it if it's actually. Coming oh, from... uh oh! Sorry, say, uh -oh. say again. I didn't hear. Does it? Doesn't that speak against your idea that we need religion to mitigate it, though? If it's what did I say that we need to mitigate? Sorry, the uh, wokeness. The, the wokeness. Yeah. Oh, um, I would know. What I'm saying is, this this is what I mean by wokeness approaches um, morality from a direction that. Uh, other traditional moral structures just aren't prepared for. I think wokeness will eventually be able to subvert Islam itself. Nice, mm. I guess. Well, I not mean, really. I, I don't yeah. know. You know, would, in your opinion, would that be good or bad if it subverted Islam? Well, as a man, it wouldn't be good because I mean, at the end of the day, if an Islamic regime takes over, I'll be like, okay, well, I guess I have to get a second wife. You know, it's not the worst. Thing. <laughs> oh my I'm God. not going to be the one wearing the fucking burqa. So, uh, you know, but if, if a woke regime takes over, I mean, who knows? Confirmed. Hey, I'm the Sar problem then, aren't I? Sargon can't afford a second wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably, maybe. I mean, you know, as long as she's willing to live in a shed or something. Uh, John Masters for five dollars. You can't demonetize me. I've got two wives. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. Mad Stork for nine. Mad Stork 91 for five dollars says, uh, with Rotherham in mind, or Rotherham in mind, and according to the progressive stack, is it worse to be called a rapist or a racist? Uh, probably equally bad. If you bad. are of certain demographics, then they literally won't use the word rape. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rugal Midgal, Mid, Midgal for $6.99 Californian dollars <laughs> says, if hundreds of ethnic English move to Pakistan and form gangs which abuse thousands of exclusively... Punjabi girls global media would be hysterical. Yes, true. Uh, alt centrist, paleo futurist, anarcho Jacobite for twenty pounds says, uh, evangelical Christianity was only thirteen percent of the population, but had lots of ins institutional power by emphasizing, hyping, and manipulating normal concerns. Wokeism does this with other normal concerns. Both are dishonest. Good, good, uh, good way of framing it. Uh, Roland Rush for four ninety nine says babies die if not held. Humans need community as much as shelter and something to facilitate that, like religion. Yeah, I think atheists yeah. tend to agree with that. Yeah, I I I do think that we we need community, and I do think that that's one of the the good aspects about religion. Um, but I I would like to find 
secular, more secular ways of, of being communal than having to, you know, have it revolve around this religious belief. I'm telling you, man, Aristotle is the answer. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't achieve eudaimonia if you are, like, autistic about one thing. You've got to be a, a holistic human being. You're a part of a community. Your individual agency matters. You want to be virtuous. He's got it all, man. He had this all figured out. Did he walk on water, though? Because that's kind of badass. Well, I mean, Jesus hasn't beat on that. Sorry. Okay, there but, you I mean, go. At least I'm going with a guy who walks on water. I'm going with the miracle man, Sargon. Come on. <laughs> uh, Dignib for $20 says, Hey, Adam and Sitch, found this channel when I watched the Vosh-Sargon debate, and after watching your other videos, I have to say I love what you all do. Keep it up. I have also been a longtime watcher of Dark Matter. Uh, I-L-W-Y-D. Not sure I'd like to see proof that Sitch makes videos. <laughs> oh, First of all, <laughs> fuck yourself. Secondly, I'm assuming he was talking about our streams. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank I'll you so much. Video, Sitch. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Uh, I'm not gonna answer that. Derek Drummond for 499 says, "Clean your damn rooms." I don't know. Their rooms look pretty clean from here. Yeah, I'm clean. John, I'm did, good. You, did you watch our Sargon's debate with Vosh? Did you see that at all? Um, I might, I think I've seen parts of it, but I, I you can say I, no, it's fine. It's effective. Effectively, it's probably no, because I don't, I don't remember much, right. but I do know they exist. I think there was two of them, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't recall much. I'm getting old. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be no, effective. No, no. At I just, <laughs> it was making the rounds and a bunch of people were responding to it. Like the only reason I bring it up is because Bosch was so like mean and Great. obstinate to Sarg on the whole He's time. He's angry. Yeah. So like it, he was talking like he was trying to punch me in the face. I was like, dude, what's yep. going on? I don't uh, even know who you fucking are. You know? <laughs> did you see that he, he was like demanding a debate from uh, James Lindsay and James Lindsay yeah. said he would do it for 40% of the, of the ad revenue. And then he said, no. Oh, really? Oh, the capitalist oh my strikes God. again. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm not going to socialize my channel. I'm not going to give you any ad revenue. I really yeah, want I, yeah, that might, that I, now, now that you said that, I remember one of them was like about worker co-ops and stuff. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that, that is not a, a topic that I'm very familiar with. So that's why I don't really have much to say about it. Um, right. um, but as far as uh, Vosh's demeanor goes, it's like, I, I am not a debater. Like I don't, I've, I've started to try to get into it a little bit, um, mm -hmm. like on my Twitch channel and stuff. I've done a couple, uh, but I saying is how I have no experience with it. Um, I mean, uh, I, I have no idea. Like I, I might react in, a, in an angry way. I don't like what, what do you think would cause that for someone to have an angry reaction? Hatred like that perform performativity for his audience, I guess. Um, yes, definitely entirely. The, the, one of the things that annoys me about, about debates though, is that you can, it's not a good way to, to discern truth because like i've no, seen totally. i've seen very charismatic creationists win debates against like nervous highly educated scientists who were right about everything mm. and they just came off as looking like they lost and 
and then you get the 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 bloodthirsty audience like oh do you know you know fucking <laughs> this guy got just you know blown out and you know it's just and that's the that's the kind of thing that kind of turns me off right. you know from them but they're so much fun and they're such good yeah <laughs> Well, all right. I, I, I will admit to that. I will admit. I, I loved watching you and Adam do IBS on your Twitch stream, man. It was great. We kept it cool. Come <laughs> on. I know. It's yeah. easy. <laughs> You're such a nice gentleman about it. Uh, Matthias Ger Germano for 10 R's. Thank you very much. Uh, the InReb for 10 pounds says, did Dark Matter time travel here from the past? He seems unaware of what's been happening. Listen to Buck Rogers Look up Evergreen, visit Portland, debate Vosh, understand the MMA. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Uh, people, <laughs> this, is, this is what I mean about people being in their little filter bubbles online where they, they overzealously extrapolate their little internet bubble to the rest of the world and think it's it's all parochialism they think that the, the that the world reflects their little corner of the internet and it just doesn't when when i said earlier that you have a hundred million creationists in the united states i'm talking about a third of the country that doesn't believe evolution happens um and you know that's a problem when you're talking about some uppity college kids who who are getting you know who are yelling at you know teachers at a school i i get i i get that you know you can have that debate and everything but please it's not an existential crisis and please i'm not stuck in the past because in the last decade we didn't just suddenly you know magically make you know creationism or religion disappear and now it's no longer an issue and it doesn't affect anybody's life um i'm not stuck in the past you're stuck in a filter bubble can i push back on that a bit because i think the sure. people in minneapolis would suggest this is not staying in college campuses i mean they, they suffered half a million dollars worth of property damage um, because of anti-fire and black lives matter and that's the outgrowth of this philosophy is that is yeah, that anti-fun black lives matter yes. yes how do you when you see somebody smashing a window on tv how do you know that they're affiliated with anti-fun and black lives matter because they tag they tag yeah they tag all cops are bastards fuck the police uh the anarchy symbol uh black lives matter obviously they write on everything uh it's, mm -hmm. it's they're very public about it they they carry you know signs sometimes and they've, they've got a kind of certain dress as well you know they wear they wear a certain kind of uh clothing to be part of an in-group it, it's definitely it, i mean it like they i agree with you that you don't have to know about everything right you know your your interest is in a certain area and it, like you say everything's parochialism but they, this really is the outgrowth of social justice I have a, a question too because if you're I mean you're characterizing these people as uppity rich kids I agree 100 percent those yeah. but those uppity rich kids are are going to be the media in the future and the media has yeah. a huge role to play in this stuff I would argue that most of the country is suffering from TDS and by the way if you if you know people are going to characterize you as having TDS I don't think you can have TDS like TDS is people who believe 
you know, uh, Trump is a proto-Hitler and our institutions are, like, he's not going to leave office and stuff like that. All that, I think, is the doing of the media. And I think it is kind of this woke ideology getting into those newsrooms. Mm. Well, I, um, I think the, the issue, I mean, I agree 100% with the idea about, you know, these internet bubbles are really, you know, influencing people's perceptions. I mean, yesterday I, I, was, in a, I was in a Twitter argument with all these people, these Bernie bro people who think, that the Democrats, you know, impeachment on Trump was really a conspiracy theory to help Trump, you know, because they'd rather Trump win than Bernie. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's all these sorts of crazy Internet bubbles out there. But and I agree that maybe, <laughs> you know, that there's there's probably significantly less woke people per, you know, per capita than there are creationists or people that don't believe in evolution. But I guess the, the issue is it seems to me that it's growing like Evergreen is just, you know, Evergreen was like the first thing that really happened that went public and it's just it's, it's not stopping and i guess the question is whether it's not like a numbers game like you say like oh well you know there's so much mm -hmm. less than than the people that deny evolution it's a question of like well it needs to be stopped regardless because it doesn't seem like it's slowing down it seems like it's only gaining momentum well i mean it's just i mean this is the same stuff people would say about hippies you know back in the 60s you know mm -hmm. these the, you could see these same exact arguments going on about the protests and the violence back then, you know, same exact no, I thing. Mean, yeah, that's it's, it's entirely possible that like the hippie movement, you know, all the woke culture will just die on its die on its own and become horrible, cynical, uh, you know, <laughs> self entitled eighties, uh, you know, me generation people. It's entirely possible. Let's hope I'm, that's a good outcome. I just, I'm I like not that convinced outcome. That that's the way it's gonna go. And uh, like, I mean. You have the, like these these riots. They didn't just like spring out of nowhere either. Like you have this pandemic, you sure, know, sure, of course. and and you have the, this uh, several incidents of of police brutality that that you know, like like I remember when Rodney King happened, and you know, and all and the L.A. riots happened, you know, happened because of uh, because of those officers that got off, and. Um, you know that 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 came out of a place where there wasn't you know long before any kind of like woke evergreen type you know culture that was the early 90s you know right um i mean i guess why i see it was, it was different i mean i don't know because i was you know I'm, I'm too young to i wasn't alive during the 70s but um i don't from my knowledge i don't think that the hippie movement had overwhelming mainstream media support the way it seems like a lot of the woke ideology does. Institutional support is the problem. Yeah, good point. Because I thought like a lot of the hippie stuff was count. It was all counterculture, where the woke stuff is not <laughs> counterculture. Yeah, it's mainstream. Uh, it, yeah, there is a difference. Um, back then, you didn't have you know social media. Yeah, um, yeah, the great filter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a, a a definite um what's the word I'm looking for? It was gatekeeping, you know, to all media. Oh right. yeah, yeah. So now anybody can pretty much upload anything and and have a chance of it going viral. And I think that the things that we make viral now are necessarily contentious, are necessarily scary um that's what's going to go, go viral and that's what's going to affect your perception of the world so 
when you when you when you say woke ideology you're not going to see all the boring stuff um mm-hmm. what you're going to see is all the violence and you're going to see that stuff get pushed above all the other stuff all the things that may be good about woke ideology for a couple of different reasons number one it's more interesting you know it's that just by nature that's why it goes viral and number two because it's going to get promoted a lot by people who are against it and want to make it look like that's all it is so and essentially what i what it is is like card stacking propaganda where you're only going to focus on the, all the bad right. and make sure to not focus on any of the good so that gives the impression that gives and, and especially now in the in our world of filter bubbles people are only going to be exposed to that especially with the algorithms because you know that's what they're going to watch the algorithm is going to feed them more of that and more of that and more of that and they're going to subscribe to people that only show them that and they're going to follow people on twitter that only show them that and they're going to get a a very distorted view of what's actually going on and like the riots uh all i i hear so much about the riots well there was so many protests where absolutely nothing happened thousands upon thousands of peaceful protests even had one in my own town here in my little rural area and it just was so just nice and peaceful and when that happens there's no viral videos for it there's no there because there was no outrage and not nothing like that so when you talk about the protests people associate it with the riots and there may have been you know a few really bad riots where there was a lot of property damage and stuff and everyone focuses in on, on a like a laser on that it ignores everything good that's going on they, sure. they want sure go ahead oh no I, was, I mean i agree with you like completely like um that like you know if you like especially on twitter you go okay i'm on during the during the protest if you were on like right-wing twitter all you see was videos of protesters burning down buildings and looting stuff and if you're on left-wing twitter all you see is videos of like the police beating up people like 100 percent. Right, I mean, right. like yeah like you know and and the media has done uh extensive studies on this because they know that financially outrage is one of the most viral things and that's what's going to sell the most so they're going to push outrage 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 on everyone um, yeah. yeah but that's why like for me personally like the way that i judge things or try to judge things is not necessarily based on what i see being reported but like the way in which i see people reacting to information as a whole like when i see you know the the, the guy who uh, worked for some uh, polling company who released a study during the protest that showed that the more violent protests there are, the more that helps Republican candidates win. You know, and then that guy gets fired because they're like, "Oh, how dare you!" You know, criticize you know the Black Lives Matter movement or Black individuals for expressing their anger in a way you know that you don't like as a white man. And to me, that's the red flag. It's not necessarily that I'm seeing the process; it's the reaction to people being critical of certain things and the, and the response. Cause what you said, I agree with if, if the reaction was just, Oh, well, what you're seeing is just the hype. You're not seeing like what, what you're seeing is not indicative of the whole, then I would feel a lot calmer, but instead I see lots of people defending the outrage, defending the, the hype, defending the extreme situations. I, I saw an article recently. I, I wish I could remember from where oh, my memory is going, but um it shows that how it showed that the 
violence dramatically decreased when the federal agents in Portland backed off. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that a lot of the escalation is coming from the resistance to the protests. They, they, they make the, a lot of these people want to blame the protests for getting violent when in actuality, in a lot of these cases, what happens is the, the escalation is done by the police and then the people get violent in return, not, not because they were violent initially, but because they're reacting. And um, then, then they get these out of context videos and then they think that, well, you know, it's all violent rioters and anybody who was peaceful gets associated with the violent rioters. So you have peaceful people who get caught in the middle, uh, thousands of, peace, of peaceful people. And then you have, you know, a few dozen rioters, you know, and all the focus is on the rioters. And then all the peaceful people get lumped in with them, too. Mm-hmm. So then people, you know, make fun of me and say, I'm ridiculous. What? Peaceful, peaceful. Look at this video. Look at that video. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you're, you're looking through the, like a little little pinhole at one little thing and you're failing to see everything else yeah but that's why i'm saying like i'm not focused on the violence per se as being an indicator of the direction the country's going because i agree that it's hard to tell you know how indicative of the whole movement that is and whether that is being you know uh the, whether the police or the federal agents are fanning the flames of fire my mm-hmm. what i'm focusing on is like when you do see instances of violence and instead of people saying, well, that's the minority, people will defend it. Like that's what kind of triggers my uh, fears and senses. Uh, I see. Are they defending it or are they saying it's understandable? They're sort of doing, I guess they're, they're saying, yeah, well, by saying it's understandable, it's hard for most people to toe the line where they say something's understandable without defending it. Like I understand, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously I, most people's even a lot of criminal behavior is understandable but that doesn't mean you should yeah. like it or that it's acceptable right right like um like if it, like like our discussion earlier where we're talking about um you know extreme poverty and and like the correlation that has with higher crime rate that doesn't mean we advocate committing crime exactly, in order to right. deal with your poverty but it does mean that we recognize um why it's happening and can understand why it's happening you know but exactly but to to me it's it goes back to what i was saying where like it doesn't make sense from a from a pragmatic uh political uh perspective because you have like if someone says anything racist that's associated with like the republicans all the republicans immediately come out and they have to denounce it they all say oh we denounce you know racism blah 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 but then when you have some violence or something with the protest that maybe is associated with the left instead of a lot of the Democrats coming out. I mean, some do like Joe Biden came out and denounced it, but some of the Democrats, instead of just denouncing the violence, they they kind of like, go like, well, it's not really happening. Like they try to like, just make pretend mm. like it doesn't exist. Or they say it's a myth or it's fake or whatever. And that just, that just paints the picture the people on the right that's saying, well, they're not playing by the same rules that we're playing. We have to denounce our racists, but why don't they have to denounce, you know, their quote unquote, their violence? Well, I'm, I'm comfortable with denouncing it because, um, you know, when I, when, when the riots started, um, my 
first reaction was to call them out on my friends who you know live in cities and and find out if they're okay and i cannot um in good conscience support something wherein i i have to find out if my friends are okay well other people you know what will have to do that too you know and how can i be uh, morally consistent and and support it while you know um you know, people's loved ones and friends and family might be in danger who don't, who should not be in danger. Um, we did so, a live no, stream I, during the, when the LA riots were sparking up here recently, <clears throat> man, we had the, mm -hmm. we had the stream up. We were watching it come closer and closer. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, um, you know, I've had friends that they, uh, were genuinely scared, you know, they have their, um, you know, have to, for the first time in their lives, you know, have to like pull out their firearm and, and have it, you know, sitting on their desk in case something happens, you know, cause there's, there's violence going on, getting closer and closer to their neighborhood. Um, and I can't, um, you know, that, that's, uh, um, well, I just wish everyone had your, like your level of yeah, integrity, totally. at least about the issue. Yeah. It's collateral. It's collateral damage. Yes. Basically, it's like um, it's like bombing a, you know, a hospital. You know, it's like a drone bombing a hospital in Iraq. It's like, um, you're, you're it's it's counterproductive. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Denouncing it right away is the thing to do, but so many people don't want to do that. They're like, it's justified because you know years of oppression. Uh, Seth Haroth, 6839 for $5, says poverty doesn't lead to violence. Violence leads to poverty. True. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if there's a direct correlation. It's kind of like the default state, isn't it? Uh, but violence certainly is a preventative factor from building wealth. And I think right. that, uh, you know, right. insecurity, like physical insecurity, uh, you know, not knowing that you can have violence done to you, uh, that's <laughs> totally unhealthy uh but i hate to, i hate to do this so i'm, I'm gonna have to go lads because it's uh, one o'clock and i'm shattered um, oh, cool no cool if you want to uh, thank thanks for having me on man and uh john man i really enjoyed this chat i hope i wasn't overbearing too much no 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 not at all i i had fun talking to you too um right. and um yeah thanks for for having me on i appreciate it yeah cool. all right well take it easy chaps have fun Take care, man. Bye. If you want to duck out too, John, I don't know how late it is there. Uh, it's eight o'clock, so I guess um, what is that? Five o'clock for you? Yeah, we go for like six hours sometimes, and I don't know how much, how many super chats we have left lined up. So, I mean, yeah, you can duck out if you want, or I can look and see if there's any that are specifically addressed to you, if you want. Sure, sure. I guess I could do a few more. Uh, um, uh taker 610 for two says how did you guys get kratos on a live stream <laughs> <laughs> we asked him there you go mm -hmm. uh carbon water calcium for five hours says isn't morality part nature and part nurture yeah i would say sure. so i would say so yeah i agree i think that i think there's a a lot of things have a have that mixture of nature and nurture a lot of problems arise when people attribute 100% to one or the other. Um, and, and it's really mo much more messy than that. Mm -hmm. It is.
Uh, Alex Karras for $5 says, I think extrinsic religion versus intrinsic religion is being overlooked and neglected here. So I don't, do you know, know the, difference? the difference? I do. No. Uh, so I don't know which is which, but I know that one is literally believing. Like, it's so funny about the argument we're having. One is believing religion is true, and one is just going along and not really believing it's true um, and just participating in the social aspects of religion. So one is intrinsic. Yeah. One is that one. Yeah, one is. Do you know which is which? I would guess the intrinsic would be just going along with it. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know which is which, but the. So yes, supposedly they've done studies that show you don't get the health benefits unless you're a true believer. So I I I hmm. think that you would still get the societal benefits if more people were true believers. So. But those are the distinctions there. Some people think it's a, a, it's important. So I guess it is if you're going for health benefits. So. Uh, Stuart King for five. Aussie Buck says, Dark Matter, what are your thoughts on Sam Harris with his approach to critiquing Islam? Some think, he, some think that he borders on Islamic phobic rhetoric. Others champion him. Mm. <clears throat> I, I guess I would have to be more familiar with with Sam Harris, what Sam Harris says, um, I there's, oh boy, I, I guess I'm not I'm not familiar enough with with Sam Harris's. You're arguments. not familiar with Sam Harris. <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, you know, I get that a lot. In that, um, you know, people people might might assume that I'm just some Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris kind of <laughs> acolyte. When really I the most of the literature I engage with is from apologists and you know the apologetics because I already agree with, you know, Dawkins and 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 Harris on a lot of it. And I, I you know I just it just never didn't interest me as much to to read things that I just always like oh yeah yeah of course of course you know agree with us and that and this and that i'm interested in knowing the arguments against my position you mm -hmm. know a lot of this most of the stuff i watch is the stuff that i disagree with you know i just want to know what people are saying that that is against me you know right That's um, i gotta admit you we we kind of characterized our discussion a little bit as a debate, but I did have a dis same kind of discussion with Aaron Raw, and Aaron Raw did not engage with any of the ideas I was throwing out there. Man, you have totally engaged with these ideas in, in good faith, and a lot of the people in the comments were happy to see that. So, I yeah, I unfortunately um, I get misconceptions about what I'm really like because because of my the 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 um, tone of my videos mm -hmm. is is um oh i want to say more more of a abrasive maybe is the right word <laughs> maybe maybe yeah because you know i'm not i'm just i'm not speaking off the cuff i'm i, I you know i wrote a script and i'm i'm speaking with you know confidence and and i'm and i'm doing these lines and, and laying out my opinions and i agree with them I agree with all the opinions. Maybe they don't like my tone, you know. Maybe they they make you know certain assumptions about me based on that. When I'm really, I, I'm very much open 
to listening to what people have to say and taking their criticisms on board. Um, I never blocked anybody on social media, you know, like, mm-hmm. unlike some people, like you're, you're totally free and, you know, to come and, and tell me, you know, what you think. And, and uh, even if you're, if I, if you hate me, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to delete any comments or block anybody. Um, so I don't know. Man. I know I get a lot of, I get a lot of hate sometimes. And I just, I think it's probably just because of my tone. You're really practicing right. your inner Jesus. You're like, come and persecute <laughs> me. I can take it. Yeah. Yeah. Paradox for $1 says, here's a litmus test. Uh, I believe we talked about this last week. Are the state and church separated? Thank you to everyone involved for making this happen. Um, I think they should be, but I don't think that's always the case. I think there's infringements that go on just like, you know, with anything else. It's not do you, perfect. Do you think generally in America that church and state are separated? Um, for the most part, yeah. But, um, you know, there's things that go on with with our tax money going mm-hmm. to benefit the churches. And I think that that's not good. Um, as far as charities go, I mean, there's obviously uh, considerations to be made as far as charity, but I think it goes be- far beyond that, you know. Right. And I also think that churches get away with their their being able to you know their 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 political exemption you know where they get the benefit of being a 5013c and but they still you know will get deeply into politics even though they're not supposed to and that's not a and it, that doesn't have anything to do with free speech because nobody's in, in you know entitled right. to 5013c you know they could just you know uh not accept that and then be able to talk about all the politics they want. That's just, you know, right. There's also lots of non-religious, you know, 501 C3s. Yeah. That are problems. Um, uh, dark. Uh, why am I the one true solipsist? I hope I said that right for $1 says dark matter. You made me question religion and I searched for answers. What I found is all religions come from humans consuming psychedelics expanding the human mind, allowing humans to map the stars and anthropomorphize star trails and planetary orbits. I think, I think, I think the concept of God itself is, it's like an, they're, they're anthropomorphizing the universe. It's the, I, I do believe we have a creator, but I just think that that creator is nature and that there's no need to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a lot of God concepts comes from like a, a type of pareidolia where, you know, you're just looking at nature and seeing God in it. And, and maybe, um, maybe we could call that God. Maybe there's some, maybe there's, that's legitimate. Maybe you could do that. Um, I just, but I just think that that's a different label for something that, you know, we. How are you could, on psychedelics? Um, <laughs> the root of the question. That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent in favor, nice. but I've never I've never done them before. Um, and I hear so many things you know, like like how 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 much they change your perspective, um, mm-hmm. even just doing them one time. So I I think I would be open to try it, but I I would be lying if I said that 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 that's that's very 
that that's not like me you know it's it's very unlike me to 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 do any kind of drugs or right, even right. to even to drink you know i i don't drink hardly mm. ever but um everyone would, should do shrooms at least once in their life that's yeah i would I, w- I would do it but i would i would probably be nervous about it and just just out of sheer curiosity is is the reason that i would that i would try it no, I was literally the same way. I mean, I'm not some big uh, drug guy any, or anything. And I was just like, I want to do shrooms because I'm very curious about this, to experience that. It was yeah. well worth it. Yeah. Uh, DJ Crunk Factory for one hour says, Dark Matter, what are your opinions on Zen Buddhism, specifically this, in the style of Alan Watts and D.T. Suzuki, if you're familiar, hmm. religion or philosophy? You know, I, I have listened to some Alan Watts and I and I like I like him. Uh, I've I've you know questioned you know whether I agree with certain things you know that he says, but I always find him inspiring anyway. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I like that. You know, I, I I like inspirational people, and I and I can disagree with inspirational people and still find value in, in a lot of the things they say. And Alan Watts is one of those people. Um, and uh, as far as like Buddhism goes, I'm not I'm not familiar enough with it in order to speak, you know, on it really. But as far as I'm aware, I, I don't think there's a. I think it's like an atheistic religion, right? Just in terms of like, there's they don't believe in an actual god, right? But they do believe in a what reincarnation or is that is that yeah? Right? I think reincarnation solves the same problem of the the immortality <clears throat> issue. Yeah, I, I don't believe that at all. I don't think there's reincarnation or anything like that. <clears throat> uh, Sir King for five, Dingo Dollar says, I was going to write a hostile super chat to Dark Matter, but he looks like an intimidating guy, so I'll just say I love his <laughs> videos, especially his Frager U1. <laughs> well, you're safe. You're safe. I can't get you. <laughs> you got a lot of flack for that video, though. I remember you saying. Like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got... I think I would have gotten much less flack if I did not include channels at, that I find contentious at the end. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. What most people's problem is like I, I, the nature of the video is going to draw flack from the channel that you're satirizing. And PragerU is a big channel now. They're, I think they're like, what is it, like 3 million subs or something like that? Maybe they're like 5 million. They have a lot. Five million. So like they're like five more than five times larger than my channel. I think I got like 720 something thousand subs. So I'm going after a channel that's many times my size. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in, and I'm not doing that to, you know, clout chase or whatever. I'm doing it because I genuinely take issue with them. But um, so I already expected to get flack. Uh, my friend Grappling Ignorance did a video on PragerU and he warned me. He said that's my that he gets arguments still to this day <laughs> defend you know from people defending Prager U. So I knew I was gonna get shit and um when I put those channels at the end that I find contentious, uh I just I I didn't I guess I didn't realize how much that would turn the dial up, you know, on the heat. But um I don't know, I still stand by it though, because most of the arguments aren't really arguments they're just 
people that say they disagree and that's it. They don't say why. I want to know right. why you disagree. Some people, the common thing, I guess, is um, Hex and Hammer's argument. Like after he posted his video, all the arguments mysteriously turned into uh, the exact arguments he was giving. So he gave people what to say and they all came and said it, which was that I'm just satirizing myself and I'm stuck in 2012 or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't see how I'm satirizing myself. And I already explained, you know, why I don't think I'm stuck in 2012. It's a, I, I still do see um, religion as being a, a big issue and, and also driving the politics that we actually are talking more about nowadays is they're, they're, they, do, they do have a religious um, foundation, these, these um, conservative politics that I'm taking issue with in the video. Now, I understand there's plenty of conservative atheists um, and the, well, a common misunderstanding of the video is that I don't is that I think that atheists are leftists and religious people are, you know, rightists. And I'm satirizing that. I'm satirizing people who who think that, you know, leftism leads to godlessness. Right. Um, that's not my actual belief. I know you can be a atheist conservative. I know I know most most atheists aren't. I I think that um most atheists tend to, to lean left. But I know there's some that don't. That's what I thought was weird because I loved your PragerU video, and I think that's what was maybe that maybe people didn't get it. Maybe people weren't that familiar with PragerU because they're like, "You're strawmanning the right," and I was like, "Well, no, he's he's make he's doing like a like a vert like the he's making fun of PragerU and how they portray things, and he's just doing like a satirical opposite mirror version of it." Yeah, so yeah. People didn't realize that they thought like, "No, no, no, you're satirizing, you know, your own position." Right. People do that all the time to me. They'll, I'll sat, I'll, 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 I'll make an argument against a specific position and they'll supplant that with their own position. Like, right. And say, I'm strawmanning them when <laughs> it's not even about them. You know, I'm doing, I'm talking about someone completely different. Right. <clears throat> yeah. We did our last stream uh, last week on the, I don't know if you've seen that Prager U video about like why there's no such thing as separation of church and state. So. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, that, that video will make you blow. That'll make your oh, head blow. I bet, it, I bet it. It sounds like it would. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, uh, thanks for coming. We really appreciate oh, it. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I was expecting it to be more adversarial. Oh, really? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. From yeah. from us or from Sargon? Um, everybody, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I, I don't know um yeah from pretty much from everybody um i'm not i don't like to try to I, I mean i don't think you can force people to change their minds so i think it's kind of why why go that route like i'm going to twist your arm into changing your mind i'm going to social pressure you into changing your mind no i'm just going to make you resent me even more so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah i mean i think that you know i'm i'm obviously more on like uh the Sargon's position of the, you know, the wokeness being a problem, but I'm more on your position of the, you know, I'm very in favor of secularism and I'm not, I don't think religion is going to solve the problem. 
Sitch is my TDS brother from another mother. <laughs> well, it's no. true. Whenever I criticize Trump, people always they always go TDS Sitch in the chat. They get very true. Yeah. So yeah, I I I've seen that. I've seen that, which is one one of the reasons I thought it would be more adversarial. But of course, I didn't talk about Trump that much. But right, right. Well, you're welcome to come back on anytime, man. Just let me know. All right, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me. Of course, we enjoyed it. Anyway, we're gonna probably go for another three hours. <laughs> okay. okay. Take care, everyone. Good night. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks for coming on. Mm -hmm. uh, the Inreb for five pounds says this debate reminds me. We should have spec. We should have spelled this out. This wasn't not a debate. Despite Adam's misleading thumbnail. What are you talking about? This was totally a debate. It's a conversation. Come on. Come, on. Conversation. Come okay. on. You guys don't know how to have fun. You don't know how hyperbole works. You guys got of the course. TDS. Jesus Christ. Hyperbole, for this, heaven's sakes. The Scott Adams defense over here. Uh, this debate reminds me of the scene in The Terminator where Kyle Reese is explaining the future and the Terminator to the police officer. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I do like that. That is hilarious. Uh, oh, is it? Okay, yeah, I see you're fixing the screen already fixed you're living yep. in the past buddy well i can i can only see it in the past that okay you can only live in the past like kyle reese in the terminator perfect uh sammy h for 499 says is japan not a good example of a moral society that doesn't have a heavy religious foundation how do they have morals with no religion bullying uh they have a isn't the i mean they have an ethics package but isn't it uh top down from the government china uh i don't think so i mean i i think japan might be an outlier oh, but, i mean japan. first of all i'm not We're talking about japan yeah yeah i'm not super familiar with shintoism or confucianism think, or, or whatever yeah or buddhism i'm not sure what the, the religious breakdown is in japan um i i think it's a kind of an outlier because japan has like this very strong like culture morality that's totally baked into their culture i think beyond religion i'm not sure if maybe they come maybe it came from religion uh, originally or something i'm not sure so so actually no because even like didn't originally like pre-world war ii they thought that their emperor was a, a god, god anointed, right but they did. It was metaphorical. They didn't really believe it. Was it metaphorical? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, because, well, no, because maybe. I'm trying to trigger you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I know you are. Because maybe like right now, maybe the morality isn't based on religion, but maybe it, like 40, 50 years ago it was. I'm not super familiar with Japan's that specifically to know. We so, were bad. But, we didn't give a shout out to the to Nathan Margolis, our Clips uh, channel guy. We did not. Yeah, and we also, oh, awful. I'm so upset. We didn't show Sargon Zofrat's drawing. I know. Well, I'm going to pull it out now, but obviously. I didn't okay, feel well, like it was appropriate, like we're having a serious discussion. And by I the know, way, look, someone put tits on Sargon. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet it to Sargon uh, or to the person that can show it to Sargon, I guess I should say, uh, at some point. But yeah, you're going to put it up so everyone can see. Yes, I will. We actually got a couple amazing pieces of fan art that we'll show. Uh, Gemini Semini for five dollars says, "I don't think just ending the war on drugs will fix communities." I agree. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that alone will fix things, but I do think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, Diogenes for one dollar. Thank you very much. Uh, Gemini Semini for another five dollars says, "Members of the community 
are already criminals and don't have a realistic way of getting out of that lifestyle. Yeah, no, totally. You're kind of indoctrinated into it. Your whole peer group is based on that kind of system. Right. That's why I was saying, I think like, like if you change the drug war stuff and all these other things, I don't think it would fix the current generation, but I think you could maybe fix the next generation. Like maybe you can't, maybe you can't ever really fix like a current generation of people. Right. If there's some problem. No, they have to die off. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> like, it's really unfair. I know. It seems really fucked up. Uh, Gemini semi for five dollars says, oh, there's the Sargon with tits by Zofrats. Uh, Gemini semi for five dollars says, they will have to find other methods of making money instead, not necessarily getting out of crime. Yeah. Uh, the Hills for five dollars says Joe Biden is streaming right now, and he has literally a fourth of viewers on this uh, this stream. Oh my uh, god, that's so sad. <laughs> that's so sad, but great for us. Great for us. Oh yeah, we're kicking Joe Biden's ass. <laughs> Take that, Joe Biden. Uh, Karen for ten dollars says having things doesn't ensure someone will not want to risk losing them. Athletes, celebrities, politicians, and religious leaders still take immoral actions even when they have a lot to lose. Yes. Yeah. Well. But wait a minute. Well. Well, isn't that a little different situation because it is. I mean, you're talking about to people that are have you know high ego situations where they believe they're like above the rules, which I'm not sure that applies to like the average individual. And also, I think risk profile plays a huge portion. It plays a plays is a huge part in the actual achievement of success because sometimes in mm -hmm. order to achieve large levels of success you have to participate in risky behavior whether or not it's like stock trading or business uh, business decisions that may pan out may not pan out yes yeah. did you um see bob saget's picture that he's saying i did you want me to pull that one i want you to pull it up my God! Why are you encouraging this? You know we're because <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing picture. What are you talking about? It's the best picture ever. Did we, did we show the, the S class fan art of me flying? You looking at a satellite? Uh, no, that we new? didn't show that one. Okay, that's new. We didn't show that one yet. We'll do that one next instead. You can, yeah, you can do it anyway. We also have, <laughs> yeah, we also have that GIF I sent you. So okay. Here's right, Sitch looking at a shooting star. <laughs> Sitch thinks the shoot thinks, oh look, a shooting star. So that's a fucking satellite. <laughs> look, here it is. It's it's Adam rushing in to tell me that objective morality is true and exists. And universal. <laughs> yes, and universal. Yes. Despite being despite the fact that he's wrong. Uh <laughs> Karn for, oh no, I read the one. Sebastian Service for 10 penguins says, before you continue, be aware of the genetic fallacy. Also get James Lindsay here. Thanks. We've done a stream with James Lindsay. It's in the playlist. Go ahead yeah, and look we talked it up. To him. I really hope James Lindsay talks to Oh um, my God, Lindsay, Lindsay Ellis. Ellis. The two Lindsays. Yes. Come on. I, I do think that James dropped the ball on Twitter because he wrote some article. If you, you guys are aware, James Lindsay... Yeah, give the backstory just for uh, so people. The, so yeah, James Lindsay, you know, one of the guys who was involved with the Grievance Study hoax papers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had him on the stream uh, a while ago. Uh, he wrote an article about why woke ideologues won't debate you. And so, of course, as soon as he posted this, 
a bunch of leftist bread tuber types all demanded a debate. To be debate, them, yeah. Yes. I think the first one was SJW debates. Yeah, 3,000 subs. Debate me! And which, yeah, look, I understand, like, James Lindsay doesn't want to debate some fucking no-name guy on YouTube. I 100%, you know, totally that's fine. Uh, but then uh, Lindsay Ellis chimes in. She's like, well, do I have a big enough platform to debate her? And he said, yes. Hell he, yeah, he let's do her. it. Yeah. <laughs> And he said, and yeah, and he, what, and he what time? Said, yeah. And he said, she said, yes. He said, sure. What do you want to talk about? And so she couldn't really give a clear, I don't think a clear topic. And then he couldn't really give a clear topic or whatever. So I, I, I really, he, he should just be like, how about this? You know, he could talk about the trans issues or something, you know, there's a yeah. million things he could talk about, but totally. Lindsay, I, I don't think Lindsay else has ever participated in debate. So I'd be very curious to see how she holds up in that situation. So I really hope that goes through. Uh, the Wooster for 199 says, religion is philosophy for the masses. I and agree. Sargon would agree with that. I yes. agree. Uh, Alex Karras for $5 says, oh, no, I heard that one. Uh, uh, Stuart Keating for two didgeridoo says, Scientology can help gang members praise Xenu. Yeah, totally. We there just get their fate and levels down and go. we get the old E-meter on them. Yep, there you go. They'll be celebrities uh, in no time. Uh, Rich Jammer for 125 PHP says, Adam may be the psychic, but he responds to comments in your videos. In my heart, he's the main protagonist. Exactly. Ready player one right here. There you go. Uh, Karn for $5 says, religion wouldn't be the solution to everything. It's just an intro to a moral framework that puts responsibility on the individual. I don't know, because... I don't know if I, but this is the problem. I don't agree with that because when I look at the, when I look at the statistics again, when I looked at the you know supposedly black community statistics, when they believe more in hell and religion than white people, you know, kind of, if if Sargon's saying that would help, you know, lower income black neighborhoods with crime and poverty, I, I don't see how that follows. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. There is a an interesting dilemma there, but you you agree with me that the the material conditions come first the material conditions are really driving the yes that is the uh, start right and i th i think the material conditions drive how people interpret the religion i mean sure like islam's a perfect example i know like osama bin laden who's like the guy who's the leading everything you know he's rich right mm. but could he convince people to, to blow themselves up or, you know, commit these crimes. Same thing with, you know, the Palestinian conflict. Could, could people suicide bomb if they had good material conditions they look forward to? I don't think so. Yeah. It's only because they don't have a lot to lose. So that the afterlife looks like a good alternative. Sure. Give me my virgins. I'll take them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to put up the, the gif from the expert layman made this very cool gif? Oh, uh, okay. It's in your email somewhere. Can start getting it together. Sure. Uh, Derek Drummond for 499 says, I think you guys have been conflating being religious and being faithful. These are distinct concepts, and maybe it leads to some confusion. I have hmm. heard faith conceptualized as both trust on the religious side and belief without evidence on the atheist side. And I know there's a point of contention between two groups. But I'm fine conceptualizing it either way. I don't know if I've ever conceptualized it as faith unless you're talking about that being trust. 
Mm -hmm. Religious and faithful. Um, so wait, how are those distinct concepts? I'm not, I'm not certain. Well, you understand the conceptualizing faith as trust. Like I, I have faith that, you know, I trust you. I have faith that you're going to do what yes, you say you're right. going to do. Right. Yeah. Right. But don't, don't but that is belief without evidence. Well, I guess I have evidence because like you've always been trustworthy. So that's my evidence. No, no, yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, like, don't you need, can you be religious without being faithful? I don't, or having trust in, in your faith? Yeah, I don't think you can. I'm no. not sure you can. Uh, Luis Martini for five hours says Sargon's argument seems a little bit no true Scotsman, but in terms of religion. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. Well, when we were going through the statistics, it seemed a little like that. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't agreeing much with Sargon about how religion is going to turn around the black community. I yeah, don't know that I don't that's, see that. Right. And I know the pallets of money are not necessarily, but I'm, you know, UBI might. <laughs> I mean, it might. I kept thinking, I'm like, I don't want to bring UBI. UBI. I don't want to bring it up, but I mean, uh, it's like, I think I'm not against welfare. Well, I'm not against helping people in need. Let's put it that way. I think the welfare system is just fucking has horrible incentive structures that just mm -hmm. like lead people down a path that's not good for them or society. So I'm completely against the current welfare system. Right. But I'm not against helping people Yeah, no, people obviously... I think I think these topics I think these issues get conflated uh, incorrectly because yes, the whole point of government action is to promote a behavior that you think helps society in some way. So yeah, if there are specific welfare programs that don't promote uh, pro-social behavior, then they should be changed or eliminated. And then, but that doesn't mean that all welfare programs are therefore uh, anti-pro-social behavior. And I think that's where the the conflation gets packaged into. Uh, Sean Sullivan for 199 says, what is your opinion of the leader leaderlessness of Black Lives Matter? Uh, I think it's, I think it's very bad in terms of being able to advocate for actual change, uh, anything actual, any actual tangible goal, the leaderlessness hurts and being able to control the movement. Uh, it does help them in terms of being able to say that they have no, there's no responsibility for riots or, violence <laughs> or any of the things. Cause you know, it's like, well, black lives matter isn't like an organization. It's just like a belief for just, and even that belief, you know, as the dark matter said, like what black lives matter means is completely different to every single person, which is part of the problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I think it's a huge problem because not only that, there is this contentious power struggle that's going on within Black Lives Matter, which is completely makes achieving any goals more difficult. Right. Yeah, there was that interesting, we talked about this before with, uh, was like Hawk Newsom, you know, he made that comment about, um, what was it we have to change America like violently or no, what he yeah, said, totally. said he's like could be said, violently it, could be nice you know you pick yeah he said something like we have to like burn the system down and you can interpret that either literally or metaphorically 
And it was like, well, he has to say that because there's all these extremists vying for his position at the head of the New York chapter of his unofficial Black Lives Matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if he was in a stable leadership position, he might not have to say that. Right. And that was so funny to me when I was arguing with all these uh, Bernie or Buster people on Twitter. It's like these people have no conception of how politics happens. Like they all think it's all ideological. It's like, no, no, no. So much of this (laughs) is all like dealing and power, uh, people trying to maintain their own power structures. And it's all like dictators handbook shit. And people are just so unaware of it. And they think this is ideological conspiracy to keep Bernie out of power. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Dictator's Handbook is such a great book because it just spells it all out, like demystifies the world. Uh, so the expert layman made this really cool gif. Uh, now, this the original art, if you guys remember, is from Richard Blum like a while ago. He made this really cool monster sitch that was like a, uh, I forget, it was, it's, it's the, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, the Chithulan guy. Adam I don't know. This is your craziest. Craziness. Adam didn't even know what the term Eldrick horror meant. It was so sad. <laughs> no, we were working on the comic so and I know. I was like Eldrick to... horror. And he's like, I don't know. HP uh, Lovecraft. HP Lovecraft made some book about like fish fish people taking over some town. And Richard Blum kind of drew like a sitch that looked like one of those people. And then uh, expert layman made a very cool like gif version of this with like the laser eyes and the glowing aura. Laser eyes are my thing. I don't know what this is. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm muscling on your territory. I know. My trademark is being infringed yes. upon right now. Take that sidekick. If I see one, if I see one of Sitch in red shorts, I'm gonna fucking Uh-oh. call my lawyer. Now you guys, now you know, now you know, it's gonna have to be a Sitch drawing in red shorts. Oh my god. A female Sitch in sexy red shorts. How about that? Oh my goodness. Make it stop. I just. I, I just guaranteed it. Uh, the Rooster from 499 says, Atheism replaced religion with the state. Everything is about one policy or another, expecting daddy government to fix everything. Yeah, daddy government. Do you agree with that? I don't, I don't agree I know that. you don't. Like the characterization <laughs> of daddy government, obviously. Yeah. It's good to trigger uh, Sitch that way. No, I, I don't agree with the idea that like, like it because that sort of implies that it's the lack of religiousness that that creates this welfare idea but i don't think that's true because i mean look at most of the foundation for most of the the welfare programs this was from like fdr like after the great depression i don't yeah. think america was significantly more secular then than they are now like a, i'm assuming it's the opposite so don't people isn't it really just the calculation they're they say, okay, I can make this much money off of welfare, and you know, I can make this much money off of working at McDonald's. Yes. Like I take yes. a, a tiny little pay cut to be able to stay home and just chill all day. Like, obviously, what decision are they going to make? No, no, right. It's a hundred percent. I think. I think. I mean, this is where I was going to ask Sargon, but I kind of got like forgot and we got lost because the conversation moved moved on, but. Because it sounds like to me that the way he conceptualizes the world is that everyone that doesn't succeed uh, financially is because of some inherent moral failing on their own part, which I don't, I mean, I I could, I understand how he could argue that, but I wouldn't, that's not the way I would title it or or view it. I don't think that's necessarily a good lens to view it. Yeah. Sargon, the workaholic. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) 
because because I agree with you. I think I think most people, you know, they they try to do what makes sense for themselves at the time. Yes. Yeah. And if it's not moral, so they're looking into the future as far as they right. can. They're saying, "Hmm, I could ride this welfare train for a while." Right, or they're not even looking in the future because that you know, looking in the future is a difficult thing to do. Like it's easier to just live in the moment. There is a, a a documentary I can't remember the name of it, but it's on welfare, and man, it's just so devastating because they just line up dozens of interviews with people on welfare that describe the situation about how taking a low wage job is a huge risk because mm -hmm. they don't know if the job is going to pan out and if they, and you know, any job I've taken tons of jobs that I've lasted like two weeks. I'm like, this is right. not for me <laughs> or, or, you know, they let you go because they're like, you're not doing a good enough job or whatever. So, or it could be completely unrelated to, to you. They just, they just downsize. You know? Sure. Completely. Yeah. So they're saying it takes you like three or four months to get the welfare started so you're the risk level of taking a job that's potentially not going to work out, which is all fucking low wage jobs are like that. Right, right. So they are it's just too risky for them to do that because they would have to get off they would immediately lose their welfare and then if the job didn't work out, they'd take it would be like three months before they could get back on welfare and they're all living hand to mouth. Oh God, it's so awful that's why we're for ubi yeah the, the thing is though the the democrats are sort of if you look at it from the dictator's handbook perspective the dick the democrats are kind of at fault here because they're structuring they don't want you to get off welfare i mean they want right. they want you to be voting because you're worried about losing your welfare well i mean wow well, I, I don't know if it's that cynical I mean, I'm sure for some come it is on, like that calculation. Come on, every Democrat. No, but here's the problem. Here's why. Here's why I'm not convinced of that. If you look at by the numbers, okay, I, I think trying to rely on poor people to come to the polls is like the worst political strategy on the planet, right? Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, there's one clip, and it's on my Think Club archive channel. That's from the dictator's handbook. It's super short. It's like five minutes. And he just describes all of the political programs that Republicans and Democrats are in favor of and the two groups of people that they're catering to. And you're like, oh, man, it's so like it makes you completely cynical. Well, you, you could say that welfare caters to the groups of people that are like the middle class liberals. Yes. Who, yeah. You know, support that more than it does. In terms of voting, the uh, voting block that is. Uh, the Wooster 499 says anyone who has their worldview grounded in material conditions cannot be moral. Everyone's pain is maximum to themselves who have to imitate the good. Yeah, this is what well, I was saying about the. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I don't, I don't, I agree with the statement that anyone whose worldview is grounded in material conditions can't be moral, but I don't think the majority of people are moral. So, oh, okay. You're just saying everyone is immoral. I think most people are. I think it's very difficult to to detach yourself from the material. I mean, you're talking about being like a fucking monk. Like, how do you detach yourself from the material conditions and the suffering that is your life? This is what I was. This is why I 
am constantly advocating for the Christian ethics package because it it's basically saying life is fucked, <laughs> like your success doesn't matter, and you know that's not a very pro-social. Uh, but it's with it's coupled with this work ethic that will eventually make you succeed and if you don't at least you're toiling with some satisfaction of knowing you've got the, the next life no is, how is that not it's 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 very obvious to me why evolutionary pressures would seize on this ethic it makes perfect mm -hmm. sense no i i understand what you're saying i was laughing because uh ct sent us a picture that you'll like oh <laughs> the real reason you're laughing that's that's why I was laughing. Oh please, make it stop. It? Do you see it? Do you see the Not picture? Not yet. I'm scared to click on it. You're gonna have to post this. You're gonna have to post. It. Oh, it's the old one. Yeah, but look at what I'm wearing. Oh, she changed it. I'm wearing the red shorts. Oh my Adam. god! <laughs> you bastard. Thank you, CT. Was it last time? So you weren't wearing uh, red shorts last color. time? No, oh they my were like God. They're like pink and blue or something, if I recall correctly. Lame. Uh, <laughs> thank you, CT. Uh, Chris Jones for Fight Hour says charter schools so well, gang. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I mean, I'm not anti-charter schools, but I I don't think. I think the people that that, that advocate that is like the the magic bullet, the silver bullet. I I, I think that's really. I think those people are not um, don't have a lot of experience with the school system. <laughs> my they're... my problem with the charter schools is we're having we talked about it, the information silos the bubbles right now you're literally going to turn education into a bubble like what the fuck well th there is a th I should probably look into this more there was this interesting person uh, I think it was in Florida who was like a millionaire and they had this idea that they were going to create all these charter schools to fix, you know, lower income neighborhoods and the fixed education system. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because what they did was they created all these charter schools and they basically found out that what was being taught in the school had no effect on the children. <laughs> the behavior. It was all, yeah, it was, it was all the, the groups of children. So if you had problem children, they were going to be problem children, regardless of a public school or a private school. It made no difference whatsoever. Problem but children. Had... Problem children are just like COVID, man. It's like, it spreads. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They were saying it had like almost, the school had nothing to do with anything. So that's why, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not against private schools by any mean. I don't really care, but I don't see them as being this like, you know, Scott Adams is on this whole, like, that's the solution to fix all of America's problems. And to me, that sounds like fucking craziness. He's still on that? He's still on trip? that, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, he's still on that. Well, it's These so weird artists like, are so irrational. He, he thinks that competition, he's like, competition in education is going to, like, fix the problem. I'm like, no, it's not. Competition only fixes the problem if people know what they want from a product. Nobody knows what they want from education. Right. Yeah. So does that, does that mean you're going to have all the, the people on the left are going to send their kids to private woke schools and all the people on the right are going to send their kids to private, like anti-woke or religious schools? Like, how is that going to fix the problem of America? Yeah, it's not. It's going to create a bigger problem. And it's going to create a bigger problem. I mean, even vocational schools, when you look into them, you you're saying, you know, is this going to be a good paying job in the future? Is this job even going to exist in the future? There's all these right. different things that you're weighing out. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, oh, I see. You put the the original picture. Oh, I put got the red it. shorts picture. The red <laughs> shorts picture. Okay. Look, it changes. <laughs> Look, I can click it. I set it up. I can go. They like, need to put up Bob Saget's illegal. Oh my gosh! Legal. CT just illegal. CT just made an legal. <laughs> CT just drew another picture right now. <laughs> what do you mean? No way. Check, check your DM. Make it stop. Keep keep it coming. Here's it coming. here's what the red shorts are supposed to look like. <laughs> oh my god! I think he gave me a chub. <laughs> uh, mental metal. Sorry, metal minister for two dollars says all this talk of Christianity, but none in the talk. Yep, yep, that's true. But I think that goes back to what you were saying, Adam, or someone said about how you want we want to focus on sort of like the pragmatic utility of the religion, not whether the religion is true or not. I I have made an effort to get Christians to take up the pragmatic argument because it's an argument I think that they can win and destroy the anti-theists in debates. None of them want to do it. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? So I have to constantly listen to these debates where they're arguing things that I'm just completely uninterested in because I've like that debate is over for me. Right. So Right. Okay, so so <laughs> what more so, shit is coming? Oh my god. So but so Bob Saget made this amazing uh, picture. At least Bob Saget says Twitter name. I can't. He made another picture for us in the past. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's sure. I'm sorry. It's Shoryu Barbie. That's his. That's his stream name. Or we've seen him in the chat. It's the Shoryu Barbie. Made this amazing picture called <laughs> says Stan Class. This is if you're a JoJo fan. This is Adam as a JoJo character, and female Sitch as his sexy stand. Look at that. Wow, I like what no, you've done with your nipples, Sitch. Oh my god! Yeah, you god. like the, the yeah. Jewish star nipple covers. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if that's racist or not. I can't quite tell. How is that racist? How would that be racist? You like the yellow? Uh, you're wearing. They're forcing you to wear the yellow star on your nipples. Come on. Oh my god! I don't know. Oh my god! So there it is. Stand class, not S class, but stand class. I love it. Is that his it's real beautiful. name in the beautiful. in the in the picture? Is Ryu? Is Ryushu? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I put. I can't read it. I always do painting. My paintings and my they have my real name. In. Obviously, right. I'm gonna use my real name in the comic. So yeah. So thank you very much, Shoryu Barbie. Yeah, That's no, thanks. Beautiful awesome. picture, Bob Saget. Beautiful picture. Uh, the Wooster for four nine nine says the government is not a charity. Its purpose is to enforce laws, impose order, and protect our rights. Tax money will always be misused and wasted. Yeah, I think I think one of the problems is that's completely laid out in the dictator's handbook and is super cynical. And, you know, this idea could probably destroy society. I guess people intuitively kind of know this, and that's why they get pissed off around politics. But normally the winning coalition uses the tax money to better off their supporters. So when the Republicans are in office, obviously, you know, it's tax cuts for all my supporters. Right, yeah, exactly. And when the Democrats are in office, it's like uh, minimum wage up for all my supporters. So these programs tend to come at the cost of the people that are out of power, and people fucking hate that shit. So mm -hmm. they get very, very angry about it. Yeah. 
Uh, Majin Dinge in the chat said, uh, his aura is moral, moral, moral. That's very funny. If you're a JoJo fan. I got to watch this JoJo. Uh, just, I don't, I don't think you'd like it. Okay, all, but... good. <laughs> good. I don't have to watch it. I'm going to watch Hardcore Henry again. I've watched it twice now. Watch, why don't you watch the first season of One Punch Man on Netflix? Hardcore Henry's on YouTube, you guys. Someone's, why don't you watch someone snuck it the on first YouTube. season of One Punch Man? Okay, I'll do it. Okay. Maybe. You, you talk about how like amazing you like the artwork. The first season is like so beautifully animated. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll check it out. Uh Gemini Semini for two dollars says, I love you, Adam. Love me back, please. Well, platonically you got it it's love is love is in the air uh the wooster non-platonic please the wooster for 499 <laughs> says anyone who thinks that money within the government can be managed better has never worked within the government inefficiency is incentivized see that's the thing what you're i wonder if you're just conflating them the side that you're not on support uh mm -hmm. paying off their supporters as wasting government like well I okay mean, there is there is lots of in well first of all there's lots of inefficiency inefficiency totally, a I lot agree. Of times stems stems from stems from when you have rigid structures of top-down authority so no one at the bottom can do anything they all have to keep getting uh you know, they have to get their bosses to sign off on everything. And then their bosses, they're not going to sign off on something because it's right or wrong. They're going to sign off on something if they think it will help. It'll them make them look good. Yeah, exactly. Right. Same exact that, thing as Dictator Sam. Right. And so, but the problem is that, that that hierarchy of inefficiency has nothing to do with it being the government or being private. It's just in a large entity. That's what happens. And yeah. I don't know really how to fix that without making everything significantly smaller, which... I mean, you can't really do that uh, for a lot of cities that are huge. Like, you can't just keep shrinking everything down to a local level because it'll still be massive. Uh, Hummer Water Rodriguez with Jono for $5. Thank you very much, Hummer. Uh, Stuart Keating for five didgeridoos. Oh, I already read that one. Uh, Carbon Water Calcium for $2.22 says, Can you guys define what Christians claim God is? The. D the benevolent sky daddy, right? <laughs> the dictator on the sky. I don't know. There you go. There you go. I, I assume this would be a question that I would assume most Christians, if you were to ask them, I'm not Christian, so I don't know, but I assume they would have like God is the guy who is an entity that created, you know, the universe and man and arbitrates morality and all that stuff. God is my so, co-pilot. There you go. And died for our sins. Jesus died for our sins. Yeah, and he was Jewish. Oh, there you go. There's CT. Uh, CT made a very quick drawing of me with red shorts. <laughs> Just for no Adam. shirt. Why does she keep drawing you without your shirt on? That's a little suspicious. Because she I'm might a have a crush guy. on you or something. A pretty sexy dude. What can I say? Uh, Whaley is for five dollars. Says everything an English speaker country, everything an English speaking country does, French speaking countries do way worse. <laughs> philosophy revolution and empires to name a few there you go true 100 percent correct take that frenchies uh thunderson 42228 for 499 says if society collapses could the fandoms 
become the new religions. That's there you go. And the the dystopian future, Adam, when society collapses, will be segregated into fandoms. Steven universes will control, you know, the West Coast and they'll have to fight against the uh, Rick and Morty fandom that controls New England. That's already happening, I believe. I think one of the reasons why there's such contention over these fandoms is because they mm-hmm. are like the modern mythology. I, I, think, I think the reason is because I noticed this uh, when I was a small wee, a wee ladsitch, okay, arguing who's going to be, who's going to win in a fight between Maroni Kenshin and 100 Agent Smiths mm-hmm. on an internet forum. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I was in middle school. Uh, or who you know who, the classic was always Superman versus Goku. The the problem is that people, the problem is identities. People make their worldview their identity. So if you say like Superman's definitely going to beat Goku, like you make that a core part of your identity. So if if someone says that you're wrong, that Goku's going to beat Superman, you're like, well, they're saying my entire outlook on reality is wrong. They're saying that myself as a person is wrong. Yeah, it's the same thing with these fandoms. So yeah, prequels versus sequels. Uh, uh, Emperor Lemon did a great video on uh, Rick and Morty fandom recently. Even though I don't agree with everything he said, but I think it was overall a good video. Uh, GL for $5 says, talk about California Proposal 16 to repeal Prop 209 Civil Rights Bill. The title is super misleading. They want to sneak actual racism in. Yeah, I should know this, huh? I'm the Californian here. (laughs) Jeez, Adam, come on. Sadly, I don't know. Sitch is feeling... uh... Sitch does my homework for me on the voter. I know, it's true. <laughs> uh, Prop 209 is a California ballot proposition uh, upon approval in November of 1996 that prohibited state government institutions from considering race, sex, or ethnicity in areas of public employment, public contracting, and public education. Sounds okay. sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I'm not sure or what Or is working. it? repealed or whatnot i some people were talking about this and then i kind of didn't really focus on it but oh interesting i'll look into it uh gemini seminary for two dollars says tucker carlson is one of my most favorite people there you go yeah uh the rooster for 199 says ai aiu is doing his best to defend the white race is he (laughs) apparently uh, City of Figs for two pounds says fringe university professors tweeting to thousands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the issue. Is that and and, and uh, Ezra Klein said this too. Even Ezra Klein admitted this that Twitter is not indicative of the the country as a whole. But so many journalists are obsessed with Twitter and they get sucked into their stupid <clears throat> Twitter bubbles. Yeah, and it's like it's like all virtue signaling to each other into Twitter. Yeah, it's their church. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We're getting fucked. Uh, not the good Daniel kind. Cl- <laughs> not the good kind, the bad kind. Daniel Collective 1 from 999 says, I think a large component of the acceptance of gays is the mod- modularity of Christianity to become popular modern morality, and that flexibility doesn't exist in wokeism. It boils down to forgiveness memes. Yeah. Hmm. Well... I have a really dark idea that maybe that's not why. <laughs> I, I think oh, no. I think what I think what happens, unfortunately, is that 
that you have that in society, you're going to have two extremes that are constantly trying to pull society in different directions. And that's sort of going to dictate the moderate conversation of what is considered moderate. So like for right now, most Christians and most Christian religious institutions seem to be very open to homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking maybe that's only because now they have to contend with the trans issue. <laughs> Oh, they're like, oh, shit, we thought it was bad last time. Yeah, like, it's almost like you can only concentrate on, like, one thing at a time or what you consider the worst thing at a time. So it's almost like the more extreme one side pushes you, it kind of makes one side have to to give ground to agree to some moderate issues in order to, to fight the extreme side. Yeah, that's... This is just my theory. I don't know if this is true or not, but... I, it's got... It makes sense. Uh, Colin Dupree for ten dollars says, "I'm an anti. I'm an anti-theist in part because absurdities make weak pillars for a civilization. Uh, I wish I could live under a Christian boot, a Christian boot, rather than watch it all come crumbling down on my children." There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Colin I Dupree for another five dollars says, "If it isn't beneath your dignity, I would love to hear." Oh, sorry, I forgot to read this. I didn't see this one. Mister uh, Dark Matter's favorite Christopher Walken quote. Sorry. He does sound a little bit like Christopher Walken, doesn't he? Does he? I didn't I didn't hear that at all. Mm. I would do a Christopher Walken impression, but I just embarrassed myself. I carried this <laughs> Robert... un unlikable hunk of metal up my ass for like five years. No, I don't know. What does he say? <laughs> it needs more cowbells, Adam. I know the cowbell is what everyone goes to. Cowbell is like, the one everyone goes to. Get me the line, somebody. Get me the line. I had this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass for five years. Yeah, now exactly. I'm giving it to you. I carried this uncomfortable. I know. Good night. Chris... Now you're doing Captain Kirk. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. I carried this uncomfortable hunk of metal. That is up a my little ass. Captain Kirk, isn't it? Well, they I had did... that same kind of staccatic uh, speech pattern. Yeah. It, if you can get the speech pattern down, that's really the most important that's part. Not, that's ninety percent of Christopher Walken impression. Yes, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Robert Hurst for thirteen ninety nine Canadian says, you guys need to watch James Lindsay's speech on the new Discourse channel. It explains why people like Rob and D'Angelo are doing what they're doing. Please watch it. Yeah, I've been watching. Sure. I watched one talk on that channel, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is some good shit. I'll go back and listen to James, James Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. It's New Discourses, uh, I think, is a channel. New Discourse. Cool. Check that out. Uh, the loser for 499 says, Sargon, how can we atheists reform the West Church to become more based and red pilled? How do we infiltrate these institutions to promote the West? Go to church, get married, have kids. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, Whoa. well, that would no, but I'm saying that I'm, th- I'm thinking, I, I think part of the reason is what I said is that as b- things become more extreme. The other end has to give ground in order to remain relevant. So. Yeah. Well, uh, Alexei Baikov, Baikov for five dollars says, "Always enjoy the stream. Keep up the good work. Thank you." Yeah. Thank thanks. You. Uh, Stuart Keating for five dingo dollars says, "Religion clearly deters critical thinking is and is inherently harmful. Good ethics can be easily overridden with bad ethics via lack of critical thinking." 
I don't think critical thinking has anything to do with ethics or <laughs> most people's behavior, unfortunately. Well, the whole idea behind religion is it <laughs> simplifies behavior down to an ethic that involves very little critical thinking. Yes, it's right. It's like, if thinking. then, yeah. Right, exactly. If good, go to heaven. But I, I agree that that is the issue with religion is that it does, or it can, doesn't necessarily, but it can deter uh, critical thinking. And I would agree that that is inherently harmful. Well, come on. The critical thinking is just very low in the environment. People always get this idea that you can just teach critical thinking. I don't know that you can. Like you get a uh, certain amount can. of critical thinking out there. Well, you either here's the thing. I think you can teach critical thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people do it correctly because the way that I conceptualize <laughs> critical thinking, <laughs> the way that I conceptualize critical thinking is being able to remove your emotions from your thought process. Mm -hmm at times obviously you can't do it all the time and that is something you have to learn to do i don't think unless you're autistic you weren't born you know that way you have to learn to do this and whenever you talk about critical thinking and whenever i've experienced classes where they try to teach you critical thinking it's never <laughs> it's never couched in terms of like trying to put aside your emotional biases can you like they'll, imagine they'll talk about putting your biases aside I could imagine. Like you I, walk into class and they're like, okay, we're going to try to trigger the fuck out of you and we need you to keep your cool. Right. But see, but I think that's part of what you need to do. Oh, that's man. The, that's, That'd be so good. But that's, the, but that's the issue. That's the issue. It they is. Don't do that. Yeah, they we don't should do restructure that. the education system like that. That'd be killer. Toughen these, <laughs> toughen these soy boys up. Toughen Are you these kidding little me? fuckers up. Yeah. Uh, Stock for five dollars says food for thought. Even if you sum up the top fifteen billionaires' net worth and distribute it equally as cash, everyone gets three thousand dollars for their entire lives. Like once? Is that what you're saying? Like a one-time? Free money. I'll take it. There you go. Uh, the Wooster for four ninety-nine says the violent Wild West is a myth perpetrated by the left oh because God. they fear a self-sufficient populist. <laughs> Oh my God! An armed society is a polite society. <laughs> That's so good. I'm not familiar with this. I saw that there was a book. Someone mentioned in the chat. It was called. I don't remember what it was called. It was something like the myth of the, the Wild West. And I was like reading the Amazon review of it, and I was like, well, maybe I'd be inclined to believe this. But the problem is the person writing it obviously has a clear bias because they are saying exactly what Wooster is saying. That there's some sort of left wing you know, fear being perpetrated by Hollywood to stifle self-sufficiency, which I, even if there is a, a myth about the wild West, I don't think there's some nefarious reason for it, for it like that. That's so good. It's just hilarious. I am curious. I am super curious, but I don't even know if they, if you could, if you could find like crime stats from the 1800s, like I, were records even kept to like the capacity that they would be today? I would assume not. They go to like be... ships, manifests, and stuff like that. Yeah, they have all kinds of stuff. Right. I mean, I, I would be really curious to see if there was what the crime rate was throughout America's history. Everyone back, everyone in the past was a goddamn journal or two. Like they all kept their private thoughts and <laughs> sent letters to their numerous wives and all kinds I know. of shit. Like there's tons of shit to read for history. Uh, Stuart King for five, Aussie Bucks says, oh no, you're the one. Uh, Mad Stork 91 Fido says, religion is the establishment of morals and an external Loki uh, by which men establish ethics and practice to uphold them. 
Sure. Mm -hmm. I that makes sense. I guess. We're in agreement with that one. Uh, the <laughs> I didn't read this one. Wooster for one ninety nine says, "What are Dark Matter's thoughts on the JQ?" No, thank God we didn't read that one. Why are you trying um, to get our channel struck? Come trying on. to get us in trouble, Wooster. Jeez. Uh, blank for one ninety nine says, "Thoughts on Stoicism and Zen." Yeah, I'm all for Stoicism and Zen. Um. Such as I'm, a rebel, I, I'm a, no, I'm in favor of Stoicism. I think Zen. I used to be super in favor of Zen. I think Zen is actually a problem now. Listen. He's like a fat. He's this guy just cares what the latest trend is. He's like, well, no. So, okay. So the issue I have with Zen, Zen can be very useful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But the issue I have with it is that it can also be, it can also make you incredibly apathetic. I don't think that everyone living as a Zen Buddhist monk detached from reality is a positive for the human race. That makes sense. I used to think that. I completely have done a 180 and completely don't think that's true. It's for, it's bad for characters and movies and comics and stuff. There you go. There you go. Uh, 95 Keep for $5 says, Messianic Judaism, Sitch. You can have your matzah and eat it too. Yeah, Jews for Jesus. Come on, sign up, Sitch. Is that what? Yeah, is that the Jews for Jesus thing? I want you to be a Jew for Jesus. It'd be great. No, I can no, be an atheist be for Jesus and you can be a Jew for Jesus. I'm barely even Jewish in terms of practice. So why would I be a Jew for Jesus? That's so funny. Uh, I hear it of Lady Columbia for five dollars says Poland is not going whoops. Poland is not going to be LGBT free due to deep intrinsic connections to Catholics. The universal church is shifting leftward to perpetuate itself. So so is Poland turning moving more towards lgbt freedom or or do you mean free know. of the lgbt's that's a i'm not sure Poland is not mean. going to be lgbt free mm -hmm. i'm assuming they mean free of yeah uh, okay, due so. to deep intrinsic connections to catholicism that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah the universal church is shifting leftward but yeah no because they're that saying be backwards right well no they're saying what kind of what sargon was saying which is that the catholic church is moving kind of woke in order to maintain its relevancy yeah, in modern they, times. They realize there are a lot of people that they know gay people and they're like, hey, these people aren't so bad. What the fuck? My neighbor's gay and he's great. He right. does the hedge for me. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, so uh I mean that's where I kind of disagree with you with a lot of the literal stuff, because I, I mean it's it's hard to imagine why religion would be so against religious people would be so against gay people if not for a literal interpretation of the Bible is there? I texts. mean, that's one of the things they're always arguing. Is there gay stuff, anti-gay stuff in the Bible? Maybe. Uh, I, don't I don't know if it's. Well, I don't. It obviously doesn't use the word gay because mm -hmm. that wasn't a. I don't know if that concept right. existed. But there's very anti-sodomite or sodomy practices, and there was anti-homosexual ideology. So. Mm. Uh, Christopher Haynes for five dollars says, "Sitch and Adam, would you ever have shoe on?" Of course. Yeah, we've talked about it. We're trying. Um, I keep we would saying, love to have Shu on. Yeah. I keep saying, Sitch, ask Shu to come on. Sure, yeah, I should get on that. And I'll invite Shu. I'd love to talk to her. I'd love to talk to her and Chris Reagan about kind of their their political uh, shift and where they are currently at the moment. At VidCon, Shu was a major Sitch fan, total Sitch fan. So. Well, I'm pretty awesome, so 
that's true. Debatable. Uh, Courtney Sly, <laughs> Slingenstad for $5 says, creationists are more of an issue than violent, misled youth, apparently. Mm-hmm. I guess that was in the terms of, you know, what's worse, the the riots or yeah, people believing misled, not in evolution? Violent misled. I mean, we're so fucked if we're <laughs> if we're just gaslighting these kids, convincing know, them that the like we're on the verge of an apocalypse. Like if we don't fucking destroy America, the world is going to uh, burn up in climate in the climate crisis. It's like, what the fuck? You're putting a lot of pressure on these people, and you may be wrong. Like, have some, you know, skepticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemini Seminar Five Hours says, "A priest is a priest. A kid is it? A wait. A priest, a kid. Is it okay for the church to make excuses? Shouldn't they disavow and make a point of kicking him out of the church?" A priest. Oh, I'm assuming you're talking about a priest molesting a kid. Oh, okay. Of course they should. Shouldn't they just? Of course they should kick. Them yeah, out. they yeah. should. They should castrate him and kill him. Right. That was a huge moral f- uh, failing. Yeah. On on the Catholic Church's part yeah. to cover up. Uh, King Dance Killer, aka Dingus McBingus, for nineteen ninety nine. Thank you very much. Says I missed the whole damn thing, but at least I have something to listen to at work tomorrow. On a darker note, Sitch Adam followed me on Twitter. I have to be a team now. <laughs> Ah, I'm so sorry, rules. There you go. Adam's buying the votes. There's sorry, man. It is. You know how it is. Dictator's handbook. You got to do what you got to do. There you go. Uh, Sir King for two didgeridoo says Sargon against taxes and for Tucker 2024 unexpected. <laughs> Sargon and Tucker. For, I think Sargon can run for president. The, yeah, do the it. Tucker, t- the Tucker, um, what's her name? Tabard, uh, uh, Gab, Gab, Gabbard, uh, not Tabard. Yeah. Tulsi Gabbard. I was doing a dyslexia thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think that ticket's going to exist, <laughs> but it'd be interesting. Uh, my problem with Tucker, I, mm-hmm. again, I like Tucker's populism in terms of being anti big corporations screwing over the little guy. I'm very in favor of that. Um, my problem with him beyond you know whether he dog whistles to racism or not which i don't really want to get into is that he does the same thing i've noticed a lot of people do where he and this might just be in the environment of being a political commentator like he just straight up like lies very hyperbolically like he'll say like this person said x and then mm-hmm. he plays a clip and the person didn't say that and you're like oh, oh but then everyone right. acts like the person said that and it's like come on come on tucker come on i use be that better. all the time that's my whole Sounds like you're conceding the point. Let's move on. Like, that's the perfect. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm it's saying. It's like, for the exactly. win. <laughs> Let's exactly. go. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because I'm trying to remember, because like the last couple I saw we did this was he was saying, uh, what was her name? Tammy Duckworth, right? That's the, mm-hmm. the, the representative that has no legs because they got blown off in the war. Oh, my God. And he was like, oh, she's saying that we should talk, that we should, she was in favor of like tearing down like George Washington statues or something. And then she plays a clip where that's, she doesn't say that. She's just being very like dismissive. Like she doesn't want to talk about the subject because she's trying to be politically neutral about it. And it's hmm. like, oh, come on, let's be honest about what, we all know what's happening here. Okay, You can criticize her for being a pussy, which 
which is which is kind of ironic considering she lost both her legs. But you can criticize her for being politically uh, not strong without giving her without saying she's in favor of something. Right. These yeah. are two very different topics. Yeah. Uh, JJ Chica for five dollars says, "Did you guys see what the KFC in Trinidad posted for Emancipation Day on Twitter? A fried chicken drumstick with the shadow of a Black Lives Matter fist." <laughs> no way! No way! That's impossible! Oh no! Oh, no. That's I crazy! That, up. that sounds amazing. That's over the top that. woke, woke nonsense. Yeah, but it's like it's so funny because it becomes super racist. You have like the drumstick. <laughs> Oh my god. That couldn't have happened. Come on. There would be a cancel oh KFC trending on Twitter so fast. Yes. yes. Uh oh so Adam, god. I want you to, so I want you to, I want you to check your DMs. Uh CT has listened to your criticism and has greatly I improved. Why do you keep why are you on Twitter? Greatly Fuck. improved the uh, sits drawing that you had a problem with earlier to, to such a degree that it's just amazing. Just the most amazing picture I've ever seen. I don't in my like life. this bullshit. <laughs> That's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, CT has. Well, I'll, I'll let I'll let you post it. And everyone can see how amazing this picture is. <laughs> oh my god, this is this is bordering on harassment. Okay. <laughs> uh, Devin. <laughs> What a snowflake. He's like, CT, stop harassing me. Oh. <laughs> Come on, I'm delicate. I don't I like my <laughs> trademark, okay? Uh, Devin Look, I, says, you guys don't know this, but I am literally wearing the red shorts right now. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> this can't be happening. This is evil. Happening. It's happening. Is it did you post the picture? Can everyone see it? I stood up for a second, so no. yeah. Did you post a picture? I've been post a picture. <laughs> okay, here it is. Show them. Bastard. Show <laughs> How's she doing this little effect around it? It's pretty cool. What do you I mean? Know, I don't know why it's doing that. It's doing this little shadow effect around it. I don't know. It's pretty cool. They look like playing cards when I pull them into the to the stream. Oh. But there's there's Buff Sitch yeah. wearing wearing clothes, wearing all of Adam's clothes. Oh. Remind me not to let you visit. Perfect. You'd be all over my fucking closet. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you bring any clothes? Put your suitcase. So I found I found oh my God. I don't know if you want to post this or not. I'm I found the picture <laughs> of the KFC thing. The KFC. Thing. You're kidding me. That I'll can't damn be it real. to you. This is real. For real? Holy Look at no. It. Wait, it's an article. This is uh, a... KSC Trinidad apologizes for insensitive Emancipation Day artwork. No, this is real. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yeah, so this picture. Oh my God. It's insane. It's a little drumstick, and the shadow is a Black Lives Matter fist, and it looks really racist. <laughs> I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. It's pretty amazing. This is too... a pretty amazing picture. I don't know how this made it past PR. You know what? I'm glad CT brought that up. CT asked us what our favorite donut was. And you know what Adam said? You know what disgusting, vile food that Adam okay. said was his favorite donut? Where's he this? said churro. What? Churros, folks. Can you believe that? Churros. Literally like the worst pastry on the fucking planet. And God Adam said damn. that that's his favorite donut. God damn, I wish I had a churro right now. Oh, 
oh, I want to throw up. I want to throw up in my mouth and then swallow it again because that would taste better than a churro, damn it. You uh, Hold on. Your, your favorite donut was some fucking French thing. No, 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 no. First of all, I was being somewhat coy by saying no. my favorite donut is... Beignet. Is an elephant ear slash funnel cake slash beignet, which are all the same thing. Beignet. Yeah, beignets are delicious. <laughs> you know, wait, do you not beignets like elephant ears? Beignets a French donut. <laughs> do you not like elephant ears and funnel cake, Adam? Yeah, I like beignets too. Beignets are, yeah, okay. are They're literally the same All thing. donuts are delicious. How can you say no to a donut? Luke over in the chat says, churros are the favorite of sociopaths. Someone's saying you. churros are donuts. Well, first of all, yeah, they're not. They're not donuts. Yes. What are you talking? Hold on. I d- we have a donut shop down the street from my house that is mm-hmm. fucking amazing. I go there once a week. Their churros are to die for. Okay. I did not know this, but churros have the exact same dough as French crullers. They just make it a different way. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever had a French cruller, so. French crullers are definitely donuts, so. French, oh, 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 the don't, the little, the twisty donut thing. Yeah, French yeah, crullers yeah, yeah. are the same dough as churros. Churros just oh, okay. are, are, they're just both deep sprinkled fried. with garbage. Yeah, cinnamon, yeah, cinnamon. You don't <laughs> like cinnamon? I'm not a big cinnamon fan, no. Oh, man. I'm going to get one after this stream. I'm so, no. oh, a churro would be so good. Hold on, let's look at this racist piece of shit. The I'm only partial to just the classic glazed donut. The only thing that I think could make this more racist mm-hmm. is if they had the shadow of the if they had the shadow hand holding a drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh my god. Then it could possibly be more racist. How but. amazing would that have been if they had the Black Lives Matter fist holding a drumstick? Oh my God. Oh my We're God. talking. This is so, this is so horrible. It's like civil rights has become a, <laughs> a fucking fashion statement that, that corporations glom onto. They're like, yeah, society's falling apart. Here, buy some KFC. He'll feel better. Right. right. Oh my God. Obviously, KFC doesn't think society's falling apart. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made this this uh, thing. <laughs> uh, Devin Goad for 499 says, please flex on Biden by legitimately getting more eyes on on this broadcast than he can. <laughs> Someone said we already did earlier, so get flexed on. Yeah, we're killing Joe him. Biden. I guess we should be president. Uh, the expert layman for $2 says, so happy to trigger Adam. Thank you, expert. Yes, yeah. I love it. Triggering means fun, guys. Thanks. Triggering Adam is always a good thing. Get rid of that racist case. I took it off already. <laughs> Get rid of it. Of course. Here. Here, I'll cleanse the palate with this cute little handheld puppy. How about that? Uh, Mark Fram for $5 says, Some say that the S-Class is best class. Others say that A-Team reigns supreme, but deep down we all know that the ultimate team is enlightened centrist. That's true, yeah. Very true. I Very noticed true. today, <laughs> funny that... Uh, we had Sargon on. Uh, mm-hmm. Sargon of Akkad is like a- an S and an A. I was like, Akkad Daily is A T. It's a wait. What did you say? Uh, Sargon has an S in his name and and an A. Sargon of Akkad. Oh, there you go. So he's like S class and A T. He's he's both. Yeah. Yeah. That dog is the fucking cutest shit ever. I know. Like, <laughs> where do I get a dog this big? I want it's one. Like, it's just- 
The problem is though that it looks like it's just gonna die. Like you're gonna like cough and it's just gonna fucking explode. <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> just gonna go. You know when you accidentally step on like your dog's tail or something. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I killed the dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I crushed it. My God. Uh, 95 Keep for $5 says the best anime is Kappa Mikey. Okay. Kappa Mikey. We should check that this? out. Uh, Kappa Mikey is an American. Oh, this is a, this looks terrible. This looks terrible, but I assume it was a meme. Meme super chat. Jesus, 95 Keep. You have burned this horrible image into my brain. Thank you. Uh, why am I so for $5 says we live in a universe of cause and effect. McCarthyism tagged commies. The karmic justice responded with wokeism targeting racism, two sides of the same coin. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not good, but I think that's what happened. Uh, CT for one dollar says, been a while since you guys have had guests on. Thanks for being here. Sorry on a dark matter. Can I show that me and Felix are doing a sketch jam in the Discord this week? You guys should come hang out too. You can always show. Hell yeah. Sketch jam. Like you're gonna do like was that like comedy sketch jam, or no? You're gonna be drawing. I got you. Yeah, drawing, sketching. Cool. They call yeah. that sketching. You wouldn't know that. Do they? I wouldn't know that. I'm not an Mr. artist. Comic, I'm not. I'm Mr. Comic. I'm not artist. an artist because I'm a rational human being. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Scott I Adams, how, Stan here in the chat. <laughs> I like how you said earlier what you you're saying. You were like saying like this is why our society needs artists, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, the artists are the rebels. That's oh, that's right. You were saying artists are rebels, and I was like, DJ Crunk Factory for three dollars says there is a very powerful strain of wokeness running through traditional Christianity. There are grievous study classes at seminary, and they're dying off. Evangelical Christianity is the only sect that is growing and not woke. Interesting. Thank goodness. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like evangelical Christians. So, Let's see him die off. Uh, why am I the one true solifist for $1? Says the world seems like a chaotic place, but clearly there's structure and hierarchy embedded in the universe as we've seen with the Pareto distribution. Man created order out of chaos with agriculture. Religion describes the sun rising and sun sets. Jesus and Horus are the sun. Yeah. Jesus and Horus are like the same. Yeah, he's literally the son of God. Get it? Because it's like the same word. S-U-N, <laughs> but spelled differently. <laughs> yes. Though I don't think that's true in Hebrew, so maybe that doesn't work. Uh, Nathan Margolis for $1 says, Robin D'Angelo isn't the author of the Bible. She is a theologian. <clears throat> theologian. Uh, the scripture lies deeper in the Academy of Liberal Arts, and just like the real Bible, it's a collection of writings by different people. Very true. Very true. Uh, why am I the one true solifist for $1 says, Sitch, check out the documentary Exodus Decoded. It places the, ex the Exodus story around 1470 BC and explains the plagues were created, were caused by natural phenomena. Kanye claims to be the new Moses. Moses part of the Red Sea. Kanye will split the blue wave. The blue wave. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Do you know? So I, oh, go ahead. I actually have seen the Exodus Decoded. Um, I believe it was saying... It was, it was saying that the plagues were created by a volcanic eruption, which caused all sorts of uh, crazy phenomenon, including the reason that they, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but they were saying that the reason the firstborn child died is because uh, the methane, it gets released from the volcano 
but it's like it's not enough it only like goes like close to the ground and apparently in egyptian customs the firstborn kids would sleep like on the floor near their parents beds or something so have that you, was their claim so yes i have seen that do you know Very interesting stuff zachariah ascension is is that who we're talking about zachariah ascension or worlds and collisions by i can't remember the author of worlds and collisions but it was this idea that a comet nearly struck the earth and a piece of it was pulled off and that was how exodus happened is that where we're going no. here no 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 yeah. no and I, wait, I'm not familiar with, with what you're talking about. And Zachariah Ascension, I think, is a guy that has, like, he says there's a 10th planet that has this wide orbit that's like a comet, and it comes back every 10,000 years, and supposedly... Now, Planet X. You know about the Zachariah Ascension I, stuff. I mean, I know about the planet. I don't know about this theory. God, I used to fucking love this shit when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I used to eat this up. What? All this all the stuff in the Bible can be explained scientifically. Who doesn't want that? No, this is about uh, James Cameron produced this. That's what I remember. And oh, okay. uh, it was about some volcano creating uh, it was about creating a scientific reason for how the plagues could exist. There's, I don't think there's anything about a, a comet or something. But I'm not sure. Maybe there was. I don't remember. Anyways, moving on. Uh, why am I the one true solifist for $1 says instead of sex ed schools should be teaching all religions and the evolution of all religions from ancient Egypt to woke culture to teach people about all the diverse moral systems around the world technically doesn't violate separation of church and state. I agree. Both? Why can't they yeah. do both? What do you mean? I mean sex ed is important, right? Oh, teach about sex. No, no. All you need to teach is no sex until marriage. That's all you have to teach. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The most important part of sex education is not taught ever. Oh, and yeah. Nowhere. It happens and in the bedroom. No, and the most important part of sex education is that being horny is an altered state of mind, a chemically altered state of mind that impacts your decision-making. That's not taught in <laughs> oh any fucking school. Oh my God! Well, it's true. Don't it's you totally think? true, but it's like yeah, it's like funny being, at the same time. It's well, it's funny because people don't think about it. Being horny, I would argue, being horny uh, for many people is it's a like, far greater um, altered state than being drunk. Hell yeah, it is. It's like I got to engage in some risky behavior right now. Exactly, exactly. But so, but that's what makes it interesting because being drunk completely changes you know a lot of the way the legal system views you oh but being God. horny doesn't and i'm not saying it should but that's just the power of these chemical changes in your brain and no one really talks about it that way oh my god sitch what if you're drunk and horny at the same time <laughs> then exactly then you're fucked and maybe not in a good way emmanuel uh, beliskovsky is the guy that wrote worlds in collision uh, Nathan Margolis for $1 says, suppose that religion is necessary for people to act morally as a society. What should that religion look like? Would people attend weekly gatherings? What moral values should be added and taken away from Christianity to make it acceptable to you all? I don't know. The Christmas thing works as a holiday. Maybe there could be some kind of secular holiday around forgiveness. Well, the problem is I don't know 
because it's because of what I said that society is two extremes pulling society in different directions, and then they kind of moderate themselves. So my question is, would Christianity become kind of the moderate form of Christianity that you like, uh, Adam? Would that exist without these extreme groups pulling the country towards anti-theism or wokeness or all this other crap? I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to say, really. I mean, what do you? I, yeah, what do you think? I I think the main moral value that would should be taken away from Christianity that would make it acceptable would be, and this is the problem because it's kind of the basis of it, is the idea that um, you need to believe in Jesus to go to heaven. <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest problems in terms of a moral system, because mm-hmm. then you're creating this huge outgroup of people that are going to burn in hell. So you're saying uh, you want the honesty and the forgiveness, but you want to take away the Jesus part? No, you can have Jesus, but mm-hmm. you can have it be like some versions, some sects of Christianity have kind of laxed up on that, and they believe that you can be a good person and go to heaven, even if you don't believe that Jesus is like the Savior. Well, hell yeah, that's great. Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. But yeah. some sects don't. Some sects no, say, no, 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 you have to believe in Jesus or you go to hell. Yeah, I know. They're sticklers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why why don't you just like the idea of like you're a stickler for going to hell <laughs> uh, why am i the one true solipsist for one dollar says religions use stories to convey complex philosophical ideas the wizard of oz can also be interpreted as the sun passing through the seasons the lesson for us is that we have a greater power within us we just have to go on a journey to discover it for ourselves yeah true yeah true that the hero's journey the journey we are going on together. There's actually someone, I don't remember if it was that sheep in the box guy that we did once or someone who was going on and on about how like the whole concept of the hero's journey is like the white oh, patriarchy. Oh, it's so <laughs> bad. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's the same thing as that, that paper that they came out with. They had all of these killer things on them and they're saying mm-hmm. this is connected to whiteness. I was like, what? Well, working hard is white? Like, why would you want to say that? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's the. Shouldn't the everyone want to work hard? I don't know. It seems sure, like sure. typically what you want. There's a lot of like, if this is associated with white culture, it's probably bad cultural relativism. All, movie, I mean, all movies are structured around working hard. Like, movies, a story is a story because a protagonist wants something and is having difficulty getting it. Like, that's the right. challenge of life. A good movie, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, sure totally. Bad yeah, movies, totally. Yeah. But see, but that's that's the problem because then they say, well, that's only because the idea of working hard and being rewarded is like a white Christian eth- ethic that has been built into society, and you know, it's, mm-hmm. we don't need to have that for some dumb reason. If the if the fucking racist stereotype is black people are lazy, why the fuck I would know, you really fucking say that? that? It really plays into that's what's so bizarre about it. It is crazy. I know it is crazy. Oh, man. Uh, Paradox for $1 says, if you say you can just go out and disagree with Black Lives Matter because it's just a misconception, you can't. Please go out, disagree with them, record it, and come back to report the results. Yeah, exactly. No, it's 100% I agree. Banned. That's why I was... No more Twitter. <laughs> You're right. dead. That's why I was, I was saying the dark matter. I agree that you can't measure the way things are by seeing the stories that are reported because they're going to be built for outrage but you can i think measure by you see you can measure in terms of how people react to the stories that are being reported 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crini for five dollars says, I got two statements I want to hear your opinions on. Poor white people in general vote for Republicans because they live in a dignity culture and want to fend for themselves. And second, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps as an argument for dignity culture. Uh, I think a lot of times people vote for their social circle. So if you're, all your friends are voting Republican, a lot of times people vote Republican. I think it's why states typically mm -hmm. go for one thing or another, regardless of politics. And I don't, I don't know about the dignity culture thing. I think, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but it's the meme that, you know, poor white people generally vote for Republicans. Mm -hmm. um, assuming that's true, which I'm not sure it is, but assuming it is true, I would imagine the reason for that uh, isn't necessarily the dignity culture aspect, but is because the conceptualization right now is that they're not going to receive help from the Democrats and from the government. That the help is going to, you know, uh, other welfare people. queens and yeah. kings and other people and immigrants and, you know, not them. Yeah. And it's, I mean, this is what I was saying about Dictator's Handbook. Right. At least that's my assumption, obviously, I right. if that's true. Uh, Paradox for one dollar says, never bring up, uh, oh, but wait a minute. So is pull yourself up by your bootstraps an argument for dignity culture? uh somewhat yeah well no Sorry. not really no uh, well dignity culture is you're having third parties mitigate your disputes honor culture is more rugged individualism so pull your bootstraps up may seem more it's an honor, honor culture. culture yeah exactly. oh there you go there you go well see maybe that's why you gotta have balance because you don't want too much of the bootstraps because that's yeah. too much honor culture Dignity or victimhood culture is the worst because it combines the worst aspects of both. It's like right. you're particularly uh, worried about your reputation and completely fly off the handle for any kind of microaggression or insult. But then you go to third parties to try to get somebody fired because you can't settle right. it yourself. That would be like too adult. <laughs> uh, Parax11 says, never bring up pedophilia in a debate unless you can explain exactly why it's wrong god knows there are ted talks that tried it wasn't wrong but a pedophilia house p.o box and bank account and social media can be used for healing why is it automatically assumed the bank account is only used for the worst activity this wouldn't work for a thief for instance i would be okay if thieves lost their bank accounts well guess what thieves are going to do then blame society and commit more crime well, I mean, if you're incarcerating them, it depends upon the level of theft, obviously. But right. I mean, I but, just... but yeah, but you meant just taking away their bank account or something. Yeah, that's part of incarceration. I don't see. To me, I, I don't see how taking away someone's bank account or ability to function in society. I don't see how that's going to breed good results. <laughs> like at all. I guess so. technically, you can be in jail and still have a bank account, right? I mean. Uh, I mean, yeah, you don't lose your assets just because you go to jail. So we have literally murderers that have bank accounts, but we're deplatforming people who don't believe. Well, like, actually, that's a, that's a really. <laughs> I don't know what happens. That's a very good question. I don't know, like, what happens to your your assets. 
I mean, your assets when you go to jail in terms of like, can a bank close it? Cause it's inactive. Like if you're in jail for 20 years, your account's like not active. Hell like, no. I mean, they're not going to just take your money, but I don't know what happens to it. It's very interesting. I have no idea. Send it to my address at the fucking jails. I'll get my bank go. statements there. Although that might be bad because you know, the, the people in jail might realize you have some money and then try to shake you down. I'm sure they do that already. Yeah. Probably happens. Uh, why am I the one true soul fist for one dollar says Socrates. Socrates, Socrates, <laughs> Socrates. Yeah, thinking Bill and, Bill and Ted three is coming out. Uh, uh, Socrates and William Shakespeare were not real people, but pseudonyms used to express satirical or philosophical stories and ideas that criticized popular opinion or the dominant political power of their time. We can't let anyone take away free speech. Wasn't Socrates like a real person though? I thought Socrates and Shakespeare were real people. I'm not sure about that. Well, I mean, I'm. I'm sure like their names were used as pseudonyms later. There's right? a debate over Shakespeare, whether or not Shakespeare was a real person. There might be the same with Socrates. I'm not certain of hmm. it, but yeah. Obviously Shakespeare was really black. Don't you know? I'll look it up. It seems that <laughs> I, I was just looking at the black Mozart. <laughs> the left doctor 69 all day for 150 says hot take well maybe nobody should lose their bank account ever i don't care how evil they are i consider freedom of commerce just as important as being able uh for freedom of speech and express yourself it's not the bank's job to ensure you are being good to others yeah i think the only way you should lose your bank access is if you're using that directly somehow as part of your crime like you're defrauding the bank or you're, you know, you're using that account in some fraudulent way, which actually I think that I think you will lose your bank account if you are using it uh, in a fraudulent or illegal activities. Uh, Paradox Wonder says, if the problem in MET is that religion doesn't solve problems for them, then what problems did religion not solve for the Mayans that, that they are no more? Why were the Mayans in 2000 BC only building pyramids when the Egyptians were building them 4,000 years earlier? Lazy, obviously. <laughs> Come on. Lazy Mayans. Jesus Christ. Uh, there you go. There you go. See if they had if they had less religion at them and more science, maybe they could have saved themselves from the drought. They wouldn't have out. been as lazy. They would have had the they would have had the technology to, to get them water to their, their peoples. I've been religious and religion is a lot of work. So it's not <laughs> you can't be lazy and religious at the same time. Uh, paradox for one dollar says i think there was some research peterson referenced that showed that if there's a game with rules but no punishment for losing the players will cheat more and more but if there's a punishment the players will become more and more strict yeah i i assume that to be true that makes sense punishments are good right castrate pedophiles <laughs> but the punishments can come from society they don't have to come from religion sure totally. religion uh, i mean from society i mean like the law and the government it's just good to know God is on our side. That's true. Paradox from says, a female cop mixed up flats and shot a black guy because she thought he was a burglar. At her trial, the murdered guy's brother held her in his arms and said he forgives her because that's what Jesus would have wanted. There have been two atheist states on Earth, China and the Soviet Russia. Tell me a story like the one I just told you that happened last year in the U.S., but one that happened in an atheist state with atheist values. Never going to happen. Not in an atheist state, no. And take that, Aristotle. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't say, Aristotle commands me to forgive you. Right? Yeah. 
But he's maybe, like, but Sargon wants him to. He's like, like one who, day we'll who, live who, in the philosopher king state. Okay. Who Aristotle? <laughs> he like who Aristotle? <laughs> wow, that's racist. Uh, the left doctor sixty nine all day for one fifty says Sargon. The U.S. had higher crime rates when it was more religious. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know. Uh, surely, by that logic, we should get rid of religion, as religions cause us to be more violent, right? Obviously, it's because of other factors. Don't draw a correlation. Evidence is weak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Margos for $1 says, I was able to take a free college class on money management at my community college in a majority black area. I was able to grow my wealth and use that knowledge to help other poor people grow wealth. Perhaps we can teach people to not be poor. I like I mean, it. I think you can... I think you can teach, yeah, you can teach some people to how to manage some money. Sure. I mean, is this going to interfere with my cocaine habit? Because it sounds like it might. <laughs> I don't know. The problem that I have, uh, Nathan, with this, which is a problem that's never being discussed or addressed, is that um, you need to have the intrinsic motivation to take the class and care in the first place. And I don't know how you get how you can make someone you know, cocaine have is them highly motivational. Find... I don't know okay. if you know this. I don't know not. how without cocaine you can help them find the intrinsic motivation. Okay. Well, I cocaine, mean, if it works, if it works, could, right? Look, if you could distill just the positive effects of cocaine, then sure, I'll be out for it. But I, you can't. God, what is science working on if they aren't working I on know. distilling the positive? Effects? Well, but see, this is but this is part of the problem with the whole. Um, drug war the way it is right now is that maybe science should be trying to distill the positive properties of cocaine oh right? my Without god the negative properties. oh that'd but be so no one, cool i don't think people are doing that because be they so can't cool it would be it would be amazing welfare would be so much more fun uh nathan Marcos for one dollar says in mexico the cartels were losing money due to the legalization of drugs and they moved to kidnapping rackets i'm not sure that legalizing drugs will fix the crime problem instead of just changing the crime problem um, I mean, yeah, I would agree that they would change. There would be an uptick in prostitution and kidnapping. Uh, oh, I don't think kidnapping. My God. Kidnapping, yeah, right? that I don't sucks. think that option is as available in America as it is in the countries that have cartels because they already have like a history of kidnapping. Like it's already mm. part of those countries kind of institutional. They have a business America, model. <laughs> right. It's like a business model. I don't think kidnapping for, for money is like – is that really that prevalent in American society? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think it is. I think it might be too difficult to get away with that yeah. because you have to transfer the money somewhere that can be traced, right? Oh, nice. I found the censored thing. I can put it over the red shorts. <laughs> uh, DJ Crunk Factory for $3 says, let us not forget the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Squad, squad, gang, gang, eye for an eye, only the strong survive. Jesus. What? Thank you, Come on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Nathan Margolis says, Ben Shapiro's solution to the black inequality problem is slightly more atheist. First, heavy policing. Second, heavy e economic investment, i.e. opportunity zones created by the Trump administration. Third, social structures such as religion, the Lions Club, etc. Well, that's good. He's like, okay. well, they can't become Jewish, so we'll, we'll figure out some other solutions <laughs> here. That's good. I mean, because I think I, I heard him recently. I'm trying to remember where I heard him recently said that he didn't think there was a solution. So this is better than if he's changed that stance now. Want to see the face and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is going to make when Trump wins in, in 2020? No. What's the face? <laughs> Are you sure? 
Sure, show me the face. Here it is, right here. You know, the sensor bar on my guy makes it look like my dick's out. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Election, well, election Eve 2020. <laughs> I'll comment on in 20 seconds when I can see it. Oh, that should be coming. Uh, Nathan Ravenstein for $2.14 says, Hello, Sith Lord Sargon. You have changed my life. Since making the video Sith did nothing wrong, I now live a life of upstanding repute. I will only destroy planets full of commie scum. By the way, are you A-team or S-class? P.S. Love you, Adam, and your shorts. Sargon is A-team. I hate to then, spoil it for you guys, but A-team That's only because you way. suck up to him a lot more than I do. So. <laughs> you're hilarious you there's yeah. the sad aoc face i see it why do you spin everything you got to turn objective <laughs> morality into universal morality you got to call me a suck up like what the hell you got to steal my red shorts like you you're speeding everything yep spin master that's what do you think the s class stands for it stands for spin. oh it all makes sense now it all makes sense uh carjackers for jesus fanboy there you go nice three dollars says this is off topic but i'm curious of your thoughts on the left's obsessive hatred of obama that has developed after bernie's loss in the primaries i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it but it feels like the hate more salt than sincerity so it's not uh it's not the left's obsessive hatred it's the internet left's obsessive hatred oh, because true. the internet left is unfortunately dominated by communist and uh far left uh, maybe not even commies but like very far left social democrats who be like uh, obama is a neoliberal shill he didn't put all the banks in jail yeah so he picked biden as a vice president and he beat bernie <laughs> right exactly that's a whole not exactly that's another take yeah. too so uh dj crunk factory for three dollars says dark matter isn't worried about anti-white hatred. Do you realize any black person could walk up to you and start recording you on their phone and saying, why did you just call me the N-word? Why are you being racist? And boom, dark matter canceled. Yeah, that would, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, contrast for 143 says, oi, cunts, point of personal privilege regarding ancient people talk ancient people taking religion literally i think people applied this as much as it suited i.e sacrifice chickens used in the naval battle of drapana let them drink since they won't eat be a squall there you go there you go a squall wow that's cool yeah. adam doesn't know what that is I that's why squall. contrast has to be s class okay. i am a squall uh-huh you're what you're a storm you're a gust of wind is that what you are <laughs> you remember I looked it up. What is what is Squall's iconic weapon, Adam? Hey, I threw Carjackers for Jesus link in the chat. There you, you go. DJ Crunk Factory from one dollar says, "Who cares how many peaceful protesters there are? That doesn't cancel out the riots." Bold take. Anyone who uses that as excuse is sympath is sympathetic to the rioters. Uh, Taker six ten for two dollars says, "Do you guys agree that atheism is not a replacement for religion? In other words." You don't convert from one to the other expecting to get the same thing out of them. I feel atheists are more of the opinion what religion offers is not real, not undesirable. Uh, true. Yeah, totally. But the thing is, the what is true isn't always correlated with what's desirable. That's the whole problem. Right, but that's what... 
Right, and that's what that's what uh, Taker is saying. Yeah. The the problem is in what Adam's position is that uh, even if it, it has to be, or certain people have to think it's real to create desirable outcomes for everyone else. Oh man, it's such a an irony. Oh my yes. god, it's so awful. It's uh, is that you, God fucking with us? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah. Well, I guess if it was God fucking with us, it would technically be true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, DJ Crank Factory for one dollar says, "Dark Matter is a chill ass mofo." Definitely have him back. He's yeah, chill, I cool. like I like John yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, Take your six ten for two dollars. Says Sitch, you seem to think the Mormon afterlife is very strange, but it really isn't. You mankind were born to parents, God, and raised in a home Earth. So one day you could obtain a you could obtain a home of your own and become a parent yourself. Is it really so crazy? Well, so I think it's crazy in terms of how other religions generally conceptualize things. So I guess it wouldn't be crazy. I mean, obviously, crazy is loaded language. It's it is not within uh, the average religious belief of an afterlife. Is that the, the, the better way? Is that the more accurate way of saying it? I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting the idea that you uh, get to become God when you die, if you're a good enough person of your own planet. So, uh, Why am I sober for $1? Says the CIA supervised the smuggling of drugs and the 9-11 attacks. They didn't coordinate them, but allowed them to happen to make money and get public support to stomp out to commie influences around the world. Blacks weren't targeted, just got a bad hand. I don't think I believe that the CAA allowed 9-11. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure where that comes from. Uh, DJ Crank Factory for $1 says, Zen does not promote detachment from reality. It promotes being one's natural self. If you think it's a problem, you don't understand it. Well, maybe I don't understand it. What about improving yourself? Like Jordan Peterson always says, your natural self is not really what you want. Oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. Uh, Why am I somewhere for $1 oh. says, to be... To be fair to religious texts, they originally oral stories passed down, later rewritten over hundreds of years, like a game of telephone. Uh, the original was lost. In some versions of the Bible, Jesus had a female apostle. The Bible contains conflicting philosophies. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I agree. But that's the problem uh, with taking them so literally is because exactly that. It is a game of telephone, and there's so many conflicting stories. Somebody gave me an idea in the chat. <laughs> what? I can. Oh, that's wrong. What's way. the idea? Nothing. I'm just trying something. Keep reading super chats here. Is Adam doing something sneaky, guys? Is he doing something <laughs> nefarious not, or bad? What are you doing, Adam? Nothing. What are you doing, Adam? Nothing. I'm doing a little experiment here. <laughs> just You've put the censored bar over your own face? Uh, Nothing's going on. Just continue. What's happening? What is, he's putting it over his dick? Is that what you're trying to do? What are you doing over there? Come on, Adam? I'm trying something here. What are you? What are you doing? Oh my god! Right. Trying to have serious philosophical conversations, and Adam is trying to make it look like his penis is out. <laughs> Typical man. Typical man. Damn it! I can't. Whatever. Us. 
CT for $1 says, wait, were you just complaining about Sitch picking French donuts then taking up French crullers? Oh my God. Tisk, 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 Adam. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Adam. terrible. You hypocrite. Now you're shooting me with laser eyes. Oh my God. <sighs> jealous. I was going to try jealous. to make it look like I was peeing lasers, but <laughs> oh my God. I can't move the laser thing around. This, I don't know. It's, this like, is a... it's like locked. <laughs> this is a serious. This is a serious, uh, serious stream. I'm starving. I'm getting delusional. <laughs> I want one of those French crullers. Uh, Gabe for $2 and 12 cents says donation for the donation. Gods. Thank you, Gabe. Churros aren't a donut, but God, but damn, they taste good. Sitch. Why? Which is why cinnamon donuts are the best donuts. No, fuck Hell yeah. No, I don't like cinnamon. Fuck cinnamon. Cinnamon is a pussy spice. Okay. For witches. What? Pussies. Fuck that. You're shit. so evil. <laughs> so evil because I don't like cinnamon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Everyone loves cinnamon. <laughs> That's not true. You're crazy. No. What's what's the best pie, Adam? <clears throat> what's the best pie? The best pie? Hmm. Yes. I do like me a key lime pie a lot, but I don't know if that's the best. Key lime pie is good, but I wouldn't say it's the best. Yeah. It's tough. I do like banana cream pie as well. So pecan pie is the answer to that question. Oh man. <laughs> pecan pie is like way down the list, but okay. Pecan pie is amazing. Okay. It's Get pretty out. good. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's okay. Okay. I mean it's pie. <laughs> I mean you're doing good just <laughs> eating pie. I can't believe you must be hungry too. We're both sitting here I am like hungry, oh, yes. pie. <laughs> It's 10 o'clock at night for me. I'm pretty hungry. I know it's seven. Uh, I told why my, am I sober? I told my wife yep. we'd be done early. She's like no, texting no. me. What the fuck? Uh, why am I sober for $1 says, wait, do you guys not know history is a lie? The real Shakespeare was Sir Francis Bacon. Plato was the real uh, Socrates. I keep telling you to look into the Freemasons. We're living in idiocracy. The people were created. Religion didn't believe in it. They were autistic. I didn't know this. Yeah. But Shakespeare was Sir Francis Bacon and Plato was Socrates. I didn't know. I do believe, yeah. No one believed anything was. It was all metaphorical. The history stuff. Oh my God, Adam! I'm gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> the Baconian theory of Shakespeare authorship holds that Sir Francis Bacon wrote the plays, which were publicly attributed to Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I'm not familiar you. with any of this stuff. History is indeed a lie. It's a conspiracy. Uh, DJ Crunk Factory for one dollar says it is natural to improve yourself. Being your natural self does not bar you from self improvement. That's in reference to Zen. So there you go. Take it. your Zen hating away, Adam. Let's shove it. it up your ass. <laughs> You're so cruel. I know. The Wizard for four ninety nine says, "Sitch, is it true that to convert to Judaism, all you have to do is marry a Jewish woman?" No, I don't think that's true at all. Really? Who told you that? No, you have to individually convert. I think. I hmm. think. I. I mean, generally, I think if if your if your mom is Jewish, I think you are generally thought of as Jewish. Hmm. Uh, the children are. But well, that's yeah, good. No. Uh, Neil, it's one of the few religions that actually the religion passes down through the matriarch instead of the patriarch for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Neil Ball for, for six some stars. Reason, you don't know the reason? Oh, it's awful. Well, it's because you know who the you know who the mother is. You might not know who the father is. But yeah, you know exactly. Who the is. Yeah. Yes. 
but it's interesting because Judaism is inherently patriarchal, like most Abrahamic religions. Sure, so. totally, yeah. Uh, Neil Ball for $6.66, very satanic, says, a good book on the Wild West topic is The Enterprise of Law, Justice Without the State by Bruce Lee Benson. It was basically anarchy that works. There you go. Uh, Stuart King for five. Vasi Buck says, people say Jordan B. Peterson was just against compelled conspelled yeah, was just against compelled speech regarding non-binary pronouns, but he was also against the C-16 bill. Did, did he misrepresent the bill? Uh, I thought the C-16 bill was the bill that compelled uh, pronouns, right? Yes. The left commonly says that he did m misconstrue the the bill, but I don't know. I don't, I didn't, uh, the, let's see. I didn't read. The, according I to Wikipedia, the bill is intended to protect individuals from discrimination within the sphere of federal jurisdiction and from being the targets of hate propaganda as a consequence of their gender identity or their gender expression. The bill adds gender identity or expression to the list of prohibited grounds of discrimination in the Canadian Human Rights Act. Mm. So I guess, I think what his argument was is that even if it doesn't directly say it, since it's adding gender identity and expression, to civil rights, it means that if you don't call someone by their preferred gender uh, pronoun, if they have like a non-binary gender and they're Z, if you don't want to call someone Z, then you're discriminating them based on their gender identity. And that would be compelled speech. Yeah, so. very serious. <laughs> oh my God, he did it. <laughs> Finally did it. You know, it's funny because I just got I just got an error message I never got before in my life that says, error, YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. Oh, my Such God. viewers will experience buffering. And you know what? You know why? It's as soon as Adam does his dick laser it's that YouTube power. mysteriously it's has a power problem. of the laser. Okay. okay. It's a go. laser. Of course it's there powerful. There you go. There you go. Uh, Hummer Eduardo Rodriguez Medrano for $5 says, is Sitch talking garbage about churros how dare you uh pinche gringo oh That's yeah why i am a team and drink pot pop oh there you hummer, go you're breaking my heart you're there you go hummer a team strong right there uh the wooster for 199 says sitch is insulting my heritage by hating churros the, see listen to this guy i mean it's damn near racist <laughs> Who doesn't like a fucking churro? A common cure for $10 uh, says, first of all, Adam, okay, I have nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with uh, Latin food. Oh, I love Cuban now. food. Oh, now. Backpedal, okay. backpedal, backpedal, so, backpedal, backpedal. I love Cuban food. And I even I even love Mexican food. So there you go. Well, you know, that, that guinea pig on a stick thing is a little weird. I'll give you that much. Yeah, I don't, what country, I don't know what country. What's the country where they eat the guinea pigs? I think Mexico. I've seen them in Mexico. Oh, oh I God, thought that was freaky. A, that that was a South American country. No, I've seen the guinea pigs. Yeah. Guinea pigs eating. Yeah. Oh, Ew. don't look it up. <laughs> yeah, they're so cute. Can you imagine eating such a thing? Oh God. Yeah, because they were they were domesticated by a South American country pretty early on, in the Andes of South. Oh, because they're from the Andes of South America. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. Anyways, 
Uh, Common Cure for $10 says, shouldn't all Christians across the board be pro-gay marriage? If they value the sanctity of a committed relationship and gays want the right to marry and commit, isn't that a win for both parties? You would think. Yeah, totally. You would think. Yeah. Uh, Devin Goat for 499 says, ah, geez, I meant that if you watch his broadcast on here, you'll get more eyes on him than he could actually get LOL stoned. Oh, I gotcha, Devin. Gotcha. Uh, Stuart King for two dingo dollars says, Trump ushered a wave of uneducated celebs to run for president. Yeah, Kanye is definitely. <laughs> oh my God, it's hard to, uneducated hard to argue celebs. about that. Yeah. Hard to argue that, yeah. Uh, good Mitchie for five dollars says, "Got any opinion on psychedelics and religion?" Oh, I think we, we did we talk about that. Yeah, um, I would not be surprised if a lot of I wouldn't think all, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of religious thought does stem from psychedelic experiences that people have. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I felt religious when I was on psychedelics. So, so I was just text. They eat guinea pigs in Ecuador, not Mexico. See, Adam, you're the racist, mm. not me. You were the racist the whole time. You have your IRL friends listening to this madness now? How crazy. I, I do have some. Wow. Yes, I, I do have friends, Adam. I know it's shocking, but what do they what uh, do they think of uh dussies? What's their take on <laughs> the dussy? They're very pro dussy. <laughs> uh Gemini Seven I provide dollars says in this in the South the church is a lot the government offers to do. A Catholic church helped pay my mother's rent despite her not going to that church. Well, that's great. Yeah, totally. Charity. Uh, Potato of Awesome for five Nazi dollars. Oh, my God. So what? Hey, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> NZ, so maybe New Zealand. New Zealand sure dollars. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Uh, hey, Sitch, did you get around to reading D'Angelo's book? Sorry if you mentioned it earlier. I dropped him late. No, I did not. I don't think I ever will read it because I don't really... Sargon gave us some juicy quotes, though, if you want to back up the stream. Yeah, Sargon apparently is reading. Uh, yeah, NZ is New Zealand. Sargon is, uh, did read her book, and he did give some quotes, some very juicy quotes. So, Dr. Carlin, I can't remember her last name. She's pretty new to YouTube. She, had a, she was a knitter that had an article blow up. She's been doing response videos to Bosch that are pretty hilarious. Uh, mm -hmm. She's reading and uh, the D'Angelo book, the Robin D'Angelo book as well, and doing response videos to it. They're pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm still going to do a, a video, or still work on a video about systemic racism, but I don't think her Right Fragility book really covers the, the information that I find applicable to this. Yeah, we're trying to figure out the truth. Robin D'Angelo is just trying to make no. a bunch of money off of guilty white right. people, so... Uh, Mahaviz for five dollars says just dropped in working on a response to woke cultural slash moral pandemic to share with everyone I personally know getting depressed inspirations and suggestions uh, a response to woke culture and the moral pandemic inspiration and suggestions Adam the moral pandemic working on a response to woke culture and the moral panic oh panic yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah I mean I would like to believe that it's not really a problem. I guess it really the problem is that we're, there's this new territory that we're all kind of staking out because we realize that it's a good place to, to have power, and that's the internet. And I think mm -hmm. that's creating a lot, of the, a lot of the distress over woke culture. 
I don't think woke culture would exist without the internet. So um, there's a, a guy on Twitter uh, named at so oppressed mm-hmm. in this or guy or girl. I'm not sure. Um, they, they have like a super long list of people that have been canceled. Oh, really? So, oh, that's so yeah. That's so if you're looking for inspiration about like moral panic, uh, you can start there. It's uh, so oppressed on Twitter. Mm. Uh, David Harrison for five dollars says, "Are you guys going to do a stream on the recent Destiny video about Jordan Peterson?" I didn't know there was a recent Destiny video on Jordan Peterson. We could do it, sure. sure. I think Destiny I would come on if I asked him. I think we could. I haven't been easily. listening to Destiny recently very much. I think uh, we could easily get Destiny on. I'll check that out. Why are you talking about Jordan Peterson like now? I think I started listening to it and it just, they never, they started off not even remotely talking about Jordan Peterson. So I just ducked out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyways, so yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, Stug for $2 says AOC 2024. Yeah, I saw that. I almost oh pulled up God. the boob pick, but I think I have an AOC 2024. That's like some sexy AOC, so. Uh, and there you go, Adam. <laughs> Jhouse one for two dollars says, "Oh no, look at these two dussies at it again." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Adam. Thank wanna, you. Want to so see much. what? Want to see what? <laughs> what Sitch no. looks like playing chess? What? Want to see what Sitch looks like playing chess? Sure. Do you play chess? Uh, no. Really? You never, I know how to play chess. You never played I chess. Mean, yeah, I play chess. I just Here don't like it very much. Here's Sitch playing chess. Oh, you got the twenty second delay. Yeah, twenty second delay. Uh do do do. Why am I sober for one dollar? Says Sitch. The Jews were in Egypt for four hundred years. Blacks have been in America for four hundred years. The Jews were anarchists rioting rioting in Egypt. Now blacks are rioting in America. Kanye wants to liberate his people. You should paint Black Lives Matter on your front door so the mob passes over you. Is that the new Passover? It feels like it is. That's funny. I actually, I saw a lot of indications saying that they think the whole Egyptians enslaving Jews is like a total myth and didn't actually happen whatsoever. Really? I see you have the the meme of the giant brain playing chess against himself. Yeah. Here's me right here. This one's me. That's, That's Sitch playing chess. Uh, Taker610 for $2 says, Guy, did you hear that Nick Cannon is telling all black people to leave Europe to prevent lowering their melanin levels? They can recharge their melanin reserves in Africa, thus gaining back their compassion lost. Just kidding. He hasn't said that yet. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Anyways, that's it. What? There's a churro in my not too distant future? There's a churro in your not too distant future, Adam. You can finally get your disgusting churro. And we made Ugh. it. We made it six hours too. That's crazy. My wife is super angry at me. She's like, "You I said bet she is. no." She's she never, never gets mad at me. No. no. Come on. Come you, on cause now. Because Adam is trying to say he's the alpha in the relationship. So. No, I just married a nice woman. So. Oh, okay, yeah. sweet, adorable. Anyways. 
thank you all for coming. Thank you all for your very generous super chats and Streamlabs. Me, 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 Thank you uh, again to Sargon and Dark Matter for coming on with this very interesting conversation. Both the links to their channels are in the description below. Please check out Nathan Margolis working very hard doing clips of our uh, of our super long streams on a, on a clip channel. Check that out. That's also linked below. And he's also doing podcast version of this. If you want to listen to a podcast version of this, check that out also in the description. Thank you so much for sticking through this till the end. We appreciate, we love you. Have a good night. Bye-bye!